Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 267. I'm Dave, I'm here with Rich, and we have a guest, Dion. Dion, how are you? Good, thank you. Did you say good, thank you? Was that it? Yes, that's it. That's it? Okay, well, that, we're done, I guess. Rich, how are you going there, man? Good, good, good. I've uh, been my two days um, and ready to party. Hmm. Relaxed and ready to go. And um, I will say this for listeners, we've been having a few computer glitches tonight, so hopefully this won't be a painful experience for the listener. Um, if it just comes to me recording with the torchlight on solo, we can always do that. But um, I do want to say welcome to Dion. Uh, is this your first appearance on the regular show, Dion? No. <laughs> Isn't it? Feels like it. No, I've been on, I had the Christmas special oh, and then I was on one. once before. Okay, yeah. It's just that you were so forgettable. <laughs> you know a joke doesn't land when you're the only person uh, laughing. I thought it was pretty funny. Rich, you could have chimed in with a bit of laughter there, my friend. Giving me a bit of a laugh track would have been... I just, thought it was, I just thought it was sad that no one remembers him, so... Yeah, it was bad. sad. No, um, and uh, we're on this this week uh, for listeners. We're, doing, we're entering the grim darkness... Of Warhammer 40k, the Grimdark, aren't we, Dion? And Dion, Dion, you're a Warhammer player, are you not? I do play Warhammer. I don't know how Grimdark we're going to go tonight with a very vibrant comic book. But I agree. Okay. They weren't quite Grimdark enough for me either. But um, yes, you, I, you play many, many, um, what do you call them, Dion? Like tabletop games? War games? Yeah, I ta- do play a fair few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I play D&D together, don't we? You're, you're a dungeon master. I'm a dungeon master as well, yes. Am I one of the greatest D&D players you've ever played with? Because I feel like I am. My warlock. Mr. Do you want me to be honest or do you want me to lie? Mm, you choose the middle ground. Choose the middle okay. ground. Okay. Yeah. Um, you, you're, you're, <laughs> you, when you say your one word, it, you, you do say it with gusto. Yeah. <laughs> what do I say? Eldritch Blast. Eldritch Blast. I say I worship the yeah, dark yeah. one. Uh, uh, Richard, Richard, Dave says he goes Eldritch Blast, and I serve the Dark Lord. That's literally all he says. I worship like, the a two-hour campaign. I say to be I fair, he, he says that in every show. So. <laughs> I, I say I worship the Dark One. So I say I worship yeah, the Dark One. He I'm says like, that, and he says El- I'm, I'm cast. And that's literally all he ever says. It's pretty funny. Well, what else is there to say? Let you let, let you know. Let my no, son. no raising of the dead for him. No, unfortunately not. Um, now, uh, you should have just gone mage then. What, <laughs> what was that? What was that, Richard? I said you should have just gone mage then. Well, interestingly, in D anD D, the mage is actually a necromancer. It's it's a subclass of wizard. So that's actually how you raise dead. You actually go wizard. Really? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, necromancer is uh, yeah exactly. They are a subclass, a subclass of wizard, yeah. but so are warlocks, aren't they? Or they're slightly separate. No, warlocks are a separate class that's altogether. Because right. and then sorcerers are the other separate. That's class. I mean, right. does he do, do you at least summon any demons or anything? When so, I get uh, high level, high level, I can. I think, yeah, yeah. So so um, the way warlock, he's actually he's formed a pact with the fiend, which is a yeah, demon, and that gives him special powers. Me and my demon are best buddies. We love it. We love it. We love the dark one. You should tell the party in D and D. 
Fuck the party. They better get with the program. <laughs> there, there's all this bullshit, like, where, where they want to they wanna censor me, Rich, when I say I worship the Dark One. And I go, I'm like, I don't care what you worship, but I worship the Dark One. You know? Why do they want to censor you? They, they, they always want to, like, you know, we can't worship the Dark One. You know, he's too evil. I'm most, like... Most characters in D&D are good, so they align with good, and, and so the Dark One's obviously bad. Oh, he's not that bad. Doesn't do that much. Okay. No. I thought the whole point was role-playing, but okay. I yeah, yeah. Them. So they're role playing their characters who are paladins and clerics yeah, and stuff. Right? There's a few paladins there and stuff like that. They don't so like the dark. In one. their role play, they're like, "What are you doing, mate?" Yeah. They're actually. Uh, it's actually okay. a pretty good group. I, I, I must say, That's Dion. I yeah. must say, Dion, you do do a good job um, because it's quite a sort of. I mean, not young in years, <laughs> but young in terms of you know experience. I think like, and there's there's one guy there I think who's played a lot, hasn't he? Andrew's played a ton, I think. Um, yeah, Paul's played a lot too. Okay, well, actually, maybe there's a whole a hell of a lot of experience, but but me, I've only played intermittently. I've been playing since I was in school, but only every now and then. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm always trying to get um them to play Oriental Adventures, Rich, but they won't allow it because we live in PC culture. And we're not no, the to reason play I won't allow it is one, I'd have to retrofit it to five E. Yeah, do that and shit. Two, do that. I, I don't. I as I as I said today, Rich, if you want to DM it, I will come play I, it. I don't want to do jack shit, man. I just want to. <laughs> I want to turn up and play my samurai. I don't want to do anything extra. Well, well you can play a samurai in the, in my next campaign. I'm looking okay? forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Now, but it is fun. Um, it is fun. We 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 did. Um, we're doing this. Um, campaign, Rich, which is. It's called Curse of Strahd, and it's like a, a vampire-y sort of thing, isn't it, Dion, kind of thing? Yes. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, the it's big like bad's horror. a vampire. It's horror. It's, it's from the original um, D&D Ravenloft. Ravenloft. It was, it was one of the very first campaign worlds they did. Like, it wasn't the first. I think the first was Greyhawk, but it was very early on in the piece. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they've... Um, you know what I found, Dion, actually? Have you heard of the author... Andre Norton. She was like one of the biggest woman sci-fi authors from the 50s through to like the 80s. Have you ever heard of her? No. Uh, what did she write though? Which World's probably her biggest book series, but she, she wrote a lot. She's like considered one of the grand dames of sci-fi. But anyway, the interesting part of this storyline is um, in the late 70s, about 78-ish, she wrote the first official D&D novelization. Um, and she was a very acclaimed author. I think she just wanted to try a hand at it. It's called Quag Keep, and I think yep. it's 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 like they go people from the real world go into the D and D world or something. Um, I got it on Kindle Unlimited. I haven't started yet, but she was a really really good sci fi author. Um, she wrote a lot of books that were you know big. Um, but yeah, I think it was really interesting that, that an author of that stature did the actual first D and D novelization way back in the seventies. Yeah, that's good. That's actually really. Get good authors to do um to do the lore of a thing, yeah. and you can see that in forty k. You can really see the difference between authors yes. with their books and the difference in the caliber. Well, like a Dan Abnett or a Graham McNeil, you know. They yes, uh, their books are easy to read, and then you've got other names, but their books are horrible and really hard to read. So yeah. Yeah, no, it, it pays when they... Because with licensed books, it's usually, instead of royalties, they usually just get a flat fee in general. I don't know what the case is with Warhammer, but I know with Star Wars, they might pay him 50K and um, they, to just write the book and the, the, the author gets no royalties from it. But um, I wonder if the likes of Dan Abden and Graham McNeil probably get royalties from the Warhammer. What do you think, Dion? Yeah, they get royalties. They write enough books for them. You think so, because they've got such a long relationship and big names. Yeah. 
Now, uh, well, it's a pleasure to have you here, Dion. Before we go, I always like to check what people are doing. Rich, how has your week been? What's been going on? Uh, no, not much. As I said, uh, I slept in till nine yesterday, so that was a nice little sleep in for me. Lovely. Uh, just went, did some uh, baseball shopping for the baseball tournament I'm going on in a couple of weeks. Really? Are you playing in this tournament? Well, baseball equipment to watch. Oh, you're gonna watch. You're gonna go watch it. Yeah, right. Okay, right. I see. Where, 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 where is that? Hey, I'm going to go. Sorry, you. Can't, you... I didn't. I didn't go buy equipment to sit and watch. I oh. bought equipment to play. Oh, okay, right. Oh, good. Who do you play for, Richard? Steelers. Yes. Ah, oh, yeah. Cool. And where is the tournament, uh, Rich? Oh, it's up in Tamworth. It's about a five-hour drive. Wow, cool. Oh, well, good luck, man. And, and in fact, uh, Richard is so committed to Signal, we're doing the Signal the day before he goes, actually. There you go, Dion. See, that's something called dedication, Dion, which you could learn something from, frankly. You know, take it, take I'll a leap. think about it. Yeah, to think, think hard, Dion. Um, <laughs> so, and what are you, what, what's your skill set in baseball, Richard? Are you a big hitter? Are you a pitcher? Are you a catcher? Are, you know, you work first base? What, where do you play? I've played different positions. Shortstop and center field. Okay, you're all over the shop. I like it. Um, what are you playing at the moment, Richard? I'll find out when I get there. Oh, you don't know. Nice. <laughs> wow. Well, they've, I played with these guys years ago, and they invited me up. So we'll. I I don't know where I'll be, playing, so we'll see. Awesome. Fair well, enough. Best of luck with that. And what about you, Dion? Just give us very briefly. We don't want your life story, but how how has your week been? What have you been doing? What have you been watching? shows obviously um i'm on a netflix show at the moment uh i've been watching the strain yes um i'm kind of binging that i'm really enjoying obviously it's an old old series but i'm enjoying that uh and i we just started watching silicon valley actually so yeah watching oh do you enjoy that i've not watched that but we've watched the strain yeah silicon valley has been pretty good it's a good little sitcom yeah Mm. the strain's good man i love it 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 could be more violent i think Mm. but doesn't so i've got a question um about silicon valley any boobies in that any any boobage or is it uh, strictly you know strictly uh, bg not not yet um i'll i'll when when i'm back on signal i'll let you know thank you Dion. i like you just keep me informed because rich knows that if i'm on the tipping point of watching a show that will tip me over to watching why not rich doesn't even doesn't even have to be a good show. <laughs> now, um, the first thing up on the signal this this week is the Thor: Love and Thunder trailer. I watched it just before the signal. Obviously, this is Tiger Watiti's new uh, Thor movie with Chris Hemsworth. Uh, the big news is, um, oh God, what's her name? Um, What's what's the woman's name playing playing Jane Foster? Natalie Portman um, is is Thor. She's like the Lady Thor. Uh, which is out of the comic books, Dion, if you weren't aware. Um, I'll throw it to you first, Dion. What did you think of the trailer? And what do you think of Lady Thor? Um, yeah, I mean, the trailer didn't give away much. It gave away the bad guy, who I obviously don't know anything about, but obviously he's being played by a Gore, good actor. Gore the God Butcher. is, is He goes yeah. around killing gods, basically. Look, it sounds like name. Obviously, Marvel's going to butcher him. He's going to be some some, like soft character for children but that's fine uh good name uh, um yeah i don't know i i didn't i didn't like the song for that trailer i thought it was weird having 80 synth pop with a trailer with such big action scenes yeah um 
and and then the the mix was off. But anyway, whatever. Um, and then yeah, La Lady Thor was fine. I don't really know anything about her. It's his ex girlfriend. He makes some jokes about it. Yep, yeah. cool. It's obviously from the first movie. Uh, and and she can lift the hammer, whereas he couldn't lift the hammer anymore. She basically takes that power because he's lost the power to to wield the hammer. That's from the comics. He becomes unworthy. Uh, I don't know if they'll play that's it. Not in, that, no, that's not in the movie because the the hammer yeah, was shattered in the movies. That's true. yeah. In the movie, he's got the axe with the lightning, and so she'll get her own hammer. I reckon. I reckon. Yeah. I reckon. Um, what's his Actually, face? It, it looks like the hammer reforged because it's got all those yeah. cracks on it, but. It's not because he can't build it. It's because it was broken. In yeah, the, I reckon that she was going to get the hammer from the weird. Um, what's his face? Um, Tyrion. Cool. Tyrion's going to rebuild the hammer for her in the weird moon place. Okay, who's that? The, the collector is he going to be in it? The collector. I love the collector. I don't know. No, no, the little dwarf. You know, they had the dwarf that oh, made the, the yes. weapon for Thor. Yeah, the actor that plays Tyrion. Good memory, Dion. Very good memory. Mm. Yeah, the guy who played Jamie Lannister. Not Jamie Lannister, Tyrion, Tyrion, Tyrion or something. Yeah. Peter, yeah. Dinkl Peter Dinklage. Peter yeah, Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, he, he'll probably reforge the hammer and give it to her, and then she'll come down in some surprise scene with the hammer, and he'll be like, "What the fuck's going on?" And then she goes and kills things. And yeah. And then do they team up, think, and they beat the bad guy like every other Marvel movie. Do you think? Do you guys think there will be a scene where he tries to pick the hammer up and can't? Do you think? No. Rich? Who knows, man? We have to wait and see. Well, it's, this is why it's a show, Dion. We speculate. Richard, do you think but, there'll be that but scene? But if there was a scene, I will say, if there was a scene, they would have put it in the trailer. Maybe. Well, they they showed that the hammer was going to him, and then she sort of picked it up, didn't she? It sort of flew to her, remember? In the trailer. I what think, do you think, Richard? I think he'll probably be able to pick it up. I just think he won't be. it won't respond to him. Okay. Right. Like he can't make it fly around the world and come back to him, kind of thing. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Does. yeah. Like yeah, like it, it, it's a obey only her. Okay, I'm looking forward to the movie. I, I I know Richard really didn't like Thor Ragnarok. I I loved Thor Ragnarok. Did you like Thor Ragnarok, Dion? Yeah, it was all right. It wasn't my favorite Marvel movie, but I I didn't hate it. It was one of my. It's in my top three. Um, Dion, if you had to list your top three Marvel movies, and I know you're not as into them as some people, and, and I certainly don't love them all, but if you had to name your top three of the Marvel MCU movies, what would they be? Um, the original Iron Man. Yes, good answer. Um, oh, it's a hard one. I haven't really thought about this. You're putting me on the spot yeah, here. It's all about Signal. Rich has time. Rich has time to do his list. Well, it nothing, nothing to do with Captain America. Jeez. Um, such a traitor, Dion. You're such a traitor. How can I be a traitor? I'm not even fucking American. Yeah, but you're a traitor to to the West. But anyway, continue. Um, what what okay. else? You, um, you've come up with one movie so far, the first movie. Hold on. I gotta, there's, there's been a lot of movies, man. Um, I wouldn't say Black Panther either. I know that's a big one for people. Racial. Do you know what? I liked the Spider-Man, the, the, the okay. Marvel Spider-Man. That was good. The latest one? Uh no, uh, yeah, I would say the f actually, yeah, we'll say the latest one. Okay, no way. I'm coming. Oh no way! Home, what the fuck is called? Um, I don't know. I'm All trying right. to think. Oh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. One. Yeah, one. Okay. All right. Finally, we got an answer there. Um, Rich, your top three. Uh, first Thor movie, Captain America: Winter Soldier, and Ant Man. 
Ant-Man. Really, Rich? Ant-Man was a good movie, bro. <laughs> Everyone knows It was that. a good I movie. I fucking... Yes. Yeah, I hate that character with passion. But, um... Uh, now, of course, everyone's wondering what, what my top three are. I know everyone's, you know, really at home just racking their brains. Uh, I was going to ask you. I'm going to go with Thor Ragnarok, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, and um, uh, Civil War. I, I really like Civil War. I'm tempted to say uh, Infinity War, but I'll go with Civil War, America, Captain America Civil War. Why not Captain Marvel, mate? I like Captain Marvel, Dan. I gave it an 8 out of 10, actually. I enjoy Captain Marvel, the movie. I, I, I really liked it. Richard didn't like it, but I liked it. Um, but it's not my top three. Did you like it? No. Do you think they're going to recast her or they just not, no. never show Captain Marvel again? She's in the next movie, Dion. Oh, is she? That's a, that's a shame. Why would you? Brie Larson. She's in. She's literally yeah. in the, the new Marvel Captain Marvel movie that's coming out. Like I think early. I in the there season. was some controversy with her, and they were going to like get rid of her uh, and shit. Lots of guys on the internet hate her. Um, I know that for a fact. Uh, Rich, you're not a big fan uh, of Brie Larson, are you? No, and I think it's telling that they bring in two other uh, Marvel people into the movie. Yeah, no, I think she's pretty shit. Wait, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do worse she... than that, Dion. Yeah, no, I, no. Look, I, I'm not her biggest fan. Like, but I, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a fun kind of movie. But, um, but I mean, people I, say she's got no personality and stuff. Well, know? that's my, I, my problem is, is I think her acting is wooden, and also I think she's just an awful person. Amen. No biggie. What Amen. Has she, what has she done though that that makes her so hated? I, like, she just seems phony. Right. Like, watch, watch that interview with uh, her. Cheadle and um, Chris Hemsworth. Right. My Watch issue with interview. her is, yeah, the, the interview is a good example. My issue is that she seems to just hate everybody and everything yeah, in the world, exactly. and she, she she has this big chip on her shoulder about like really? everything, and it's okay. kind of like, why? Really, I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, why? You're in a fucking hit movie franchise. Before this yeah. movie, I had no idea who she even was. Um, yeah, well, she hadn't done much, mate. So, well, know. that's what I'm saying. Like, but I've not even seen that much. Pre- she does seem a bit snotty. I-, I will say that she does seem a little high and mighty. No, just, you know. just go watch a few of the videos with her, and you'll understand what we mean. All right, fine. Um, okay, you know, I understand that. I know a lot of people on the internet don't like her. I, I just liked the movie, frankly. I liked that kind of, um, you know, Fury was in it. I thought it was a bit of fun. I liked the scrolls, all that stuff. Fair Did enough. you guys hear? They're doing the the Secret Invasion Marvel show is going to be set rich, I believe, like before the snap or something. I read that it's going to be set around Civil War or something. Have you have you guys heard this? The Secret Invasion show. Okay, Secret Inv- You know, you know, Dion. You know those scrolls that are in Captain Marvel, the, the who can turn into people. The, oh yeah, yeah, the, the race of people. Yeah. So yep. in the comics, it was this really cool um, event. Where, but you know the character Electra um, from Daredevil and stuff. Yeah. So she was. Yeah, on, yeah. She Played was by on, Jennifer Garner. Yeah, she was on in the comics. She was on some mission and she got killed, and it was this big shocking moment in this comic book. And then it turned over and she was a scroll. She was a scroll, and suddenly they yeah, realized that the scrolls had invaded or infiltrated all across all the Marvel superhero teams. And the scroll and like so, Mister Fantastic could be a scroll, or Sue Storm could be a scroll, or Hulk could be a scroll, and there was this. It was this really big sort of event. It was really, actually, I thought really good. Um, 
and I wonder if they're going to do it as well in the in the in the um in the in the movies because I, I think it's really cool. Like, imagine all these movies you've been watching Captain America, and then you realize he's been a scroll for about like three movies. They're not going to do that. They'll have the same situation as Spider Man being a clone. People will get up fucking angry at him. Well, they, no, but they, they're going to. It'll de- it'll definitely happen to some major characters for sure. I mean, maybe not Captain America, but it'll it'll happen to some. Yeah, that was it was a big event. Like, and then it's like you know the, the originals are either killed or kidnapped, and that's the storyline. So I'm with Richard here. It sounds stupid. You don't like it, Rich? Look, uh, I thought the in the comics when you have decades and decades of of history, and maybe the scroll the whole time. I get that, but is stupid to do it as a TV show when the MCU doesn't really have that much history or characters. Sure. And two, to set it before the snap means, okay, well, then we know it all gets resolved. Snap or yeah. It's not a big I don't know. Just, it just seems... It seems stupid. minor to me. It seems like they're, they're descaling it rather than upscaling it kind of thing. Well, yeah. I mean, if whether in phase four now, if you were telling me in like phase six, they were doing like the next Avengers movies would tie into some sort of scroll, you know, like the scroll war and some people aren't who they are. I go, okay, fair enough. You've been doing this a long time and it means you can bring back some characters, but I don't know. Doing it as a TV show <clears throat> right now just seems anticlimactic, I guess. No, I agree. I, when I heard that news, I actually thought that seems odd. I think it would have been really cool to do a movie and, and have it that say Hulk had been a scroll for like three movies um well you know well that's my point if you were saying like in phase six all the movies are gonna have some revelation about someone being a scroll and it all ties you know what i mean and and all then threaded into the avengers movies Mm. and it's a big event then i would say okay sounds interesting yeah but no you guys aren't on board uh yeah i i if if only they'd done it i think it would have been better to do it as a movie i think this i think this show will be one of those shows that feels very enclosed kind of like falcon and winter soldier I can barely remember what happened in that show. It, it just felt like nothing happened. Um, you know, they were just... Uh, like all the Marvel shows? Like, I... I yeah. Well, I, I want to talk about this. So th- there's a new season of Loki that's been announced. I liked Loki, even though I didn't like the, the finale. I really... En- Michelle and I really enjoyed that show. Dion, am I right in saying you didn't like it from memory? Mate, I couldn't even get past episode two. I was like, this is so stupid. What, what, was, what it was it that turned you off? Because I actually really enjoyed that one. The whole time, the time people, and I was just like, what's going on? This is fucking stupid. Okay. You just like, like it was just too out there. It was just too out there for me for a TV show. I, it's just something I don't like. Okay. I just don't like they mess with time in shows because it's just. Oh, well, I just that don't was like. The, that was the whole crux. It, it, it makes it complicated. Yeah. It also means that it, no storylines, like have any finality to them sure it's just it's, it's just bad storytelling i think well you're generally going in kind of loops you know and, yeah and be careful Dion, because some of the demon series there's some time travel in that so you be careful when you talk about time travel and stories that and as i said yeah. when you and as i said when you're writing it don't do time travel because yeah. it's shit but yeah. you didn't listen there's to me not did a, you? there's not a lot of time travel there's a little bit of time travel in it basically my issue is that once you put time travel into a show you can retcon everything and so nothing is final no characters die you know what i mean mm. i do but I, I just found it was interesting i thought it was fun I, I i personally really liked it now the big thing in that was at the end they revealed a version of kang which is like a time traveling villain in in the marvel comics 
was he was it was an aspect of him. Now apparently in this phase there's going to be multiple versions of Kang. And, Rich, I think we discussed this last show. Do you recall that multiple versions of Kang are supposed to be turning up in the movies? I remember us discussing it, yes. Yes, and um, but the fact that there's a second season of the show, because to me, it, am, I, am I alone here? It feels to me a bit like the Marvel Cinematic Universe at the moment is treading water and maybe even slightly sinking. I just feel. I just don't think they're quite as... The cohesion doesn't seem to be there. Uh would you agree, Rich? Well, they ju- well, yeah, because the problem is, is they they trying to juggle too many plates. Mm. Like, you know, there's so many plates spinning. Before, it's just the movies, right? So you only really had to worry about connecting Iron Man and Captain America and the Thor movies uh, to Avengers, and yeah. added a little bit onto that. You could add Guardians, you could add, you know, whatever. But there was. They were you were just adding on, but now they've got the movies, they've got the TV shows. Yeah, couldn't do anything important because go watch the movie, watch the TV show. Yeah, yeah, it almost Uh, like me. Yeah, exactly. But but like me, I don't watch any of the TV shows. But also at the same time, as you're right, Richard, they it's literally thinking under its own weight now. Um, I was just it was a meme, obviously, but. Like, trying to get, like, a kid into the Marvel movies now and watch 35 movies and 15 TV shows to get up to scratch is ridiculous. Would you, well, th- would you think some kids out there would do it, though? I imagine some... No. No, they won't. That, that's the thing. I mean, I'm sure some kids will do it, but the majority of kids won't. And, and yeah. this is probably... And this is much comics, probably. Just so much... Uh, there's like a plethora of stuff that, as a reader, you, you lose that uh, sense of choice. You know when you go to the video store, what's it called? When you yeah, can't choose because you've got so it, many it, options. It's like paralysis, yeah. It's, it's kind yeah, of you get like, yeah. What's happening with the MCU now, I think. I think there's so many movies that literally just, I don't know, it's obviously they're that I think they're ruining their brand because of it. But they well, also I think they, I think they should have had a movie universe and a TV universe. So the yeah. movies are tied together and the TV shows should be tied together. So, for instance, if you're doing Moon Knight, you're doing She-Hulk, you know, you're doing whatever. I think they should share a storyline or some overarching thing that connects them. Uh-huh. And then you just have the movies with their bigger, grander stories that, you know, with the Avengers. So you have the other characters, not your movie characters. Mm. You have secondary characters where you can build a TV world and you have. Now, they can connect a little bit, but they shouldn't really, like, really um, cross if they each were- other. If they were smart, Richard, and did what you said, which I think is a great idea, and then what they could do is if the TV show does well and is very popular, they could promote them into the movies and have a movie and obviously end the TV show there. Yeah. yeah. And that would be a good way of connecting it. But, yeah. I, but they I, didn't think like this, I Richard, will, so... I will say, in their defense, one of the characters I hate, Ms. Marvel, is getting a TV show to warm her up into going into the Captain Marvel movie. Now, I dislike Ms. Marvel, but I think that's the way to do it. They've introed the character... You, you watch a season of this character, you start at the ground level, and then she's in the next movie. See, I think that's smart, personally. I don't, because nobody's going to watch the show, and then uh, they're going to watch the movie. Plenty, well, of people, say- plenty of people watch these shows, Dan. We may not like them, but no, pl- no, millions I, of people watch them. I do, actually, I do agree with Dave in a sense that you, you, you're testing two different... You're just yeah. trying to test the feeling, right? So you put the Marvel TV, the Miss Marvel TV show out there, but you just want to see how the TV viewers view her. If they all love her, you go, okay, you know, let's, we'll put her in the movie. Now, I think they are jumping the gun 
by giving her the TV show and already putting her in a movie because yeah. the TV show everyone could hate it. It could not. Well, yeah, not but, but then that detracts from they're not testing the waters, right? So no, no matter but what, I, she's but, I, movie. but that's why I say I day in that uh, and you guys that I think it's a good testing ground. Yes, yeah. if just people watch at home make a character. If it's a popular show, if it's getting views, if everyone's watching it from episode eight to episode uh, episode one to eight or whatever episodes they do, mm. then you could say, oh, this character maybe could go into the movies. But if the character's like, oh, no one watched the show, then you go, okay, well, then we're not putting that, that character in the movie. Yeah. But so my issue is she's already in the movie or slated mm. for the movie. The casual oh. viewer probably isn't going to watch that show. Like, no, do but, you know what but I mean? to be fair, um, Dion, this is Miss Marvel. Yeah. This character yeah. gets not. Second chances, she gets 20 second chances. She does get a lot. She does. <laughs> they, they're determined. Dion, they're kind of determined to make her a thing. If you know, they just, they keep on trying with this character. It's like fucking mud you can't get off your shoe, basically. Um, yeah, she sucks. I mean, they even made her the main character in that in that uh, Marvel fucking, game that came out. That awful uh, Avengers, Avengers game. game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't play it. By the way, Dion, you, we I brought this on the show. You played Guardians of the Galaxy, didn't you, and quite enjoyed that video game? I did. I finished it. Yeah, yeah. See, and that was by the same people who did the Avengers game, but apparently it was, like, way better. Oh, yeah. The guys was good. I really enjoyed it. It had a good story. It was uh, it was linear, but um, quite fun action sequences. Yeah, it was good. I actually I finished it. I, don't, I very rarely finish games, so that was good. Really? Do you rarely finish? I thought you always finished games. No, I rarely finish games. I only finish games if they're good. So, you know, I finished God of War. I just finished Elden Ring. That's three right. times you didn't um you I, didn't finish assassin's creed valhalla to your no show. i stopped playing that after it got repetitive um <laughs> by the way i finished the paris mission this week guys the paris mission is complete well done killed the well king done, I, I i'm level 355 how about that i'll be impressed when you play elden ring i have played beat, elden ring i beat god well, grafted beat the next boss yeah I, I took a break i'm actually playing far cry at the moment i'm enjoying that uh, six. I just got that actually. No, I'm actually, I, I I'm actually playing five because I because I, I want to buy I want to buy six and and and, oh, I, and I will. Six is on special, bro. Six is on special for I go for thirty uh thirty nine dollars a big W. Oh well, then I might pick it up tomorrow. Yeah, why not? Mm -hmm. uh, but I just wanted to finish five first because I got quite far into five and then stopped. Um, but I enjoy them. I, I like the Far Cry games. Richard always makes a joke that all I like are Ubisoft games, mm -hmm. and they're all the same game. Isn't that what you say, Rich? That is correct. It's yeah. it's the truth though. Rich is it's completely not the right. Truth, like they're, simil they're similar. They're similar. They're similar. I no. will say that. But like, I like. Man, it they're all the same. They got the same UX and the same UIs. It's ridiculous. What's a UX? Is that the map? Uh, the user. The you No, the use. The whole user experience. But I like that because I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like the maps they have as well, so that I know they make it easy for you. Like you, you don't have to hunt around. You, you can it actually guides you to where you need to go and stuff. It's good. Hey, you, you'd you'd probably like if somebody would use the controller for you. <laughs> I would. No, but well, I like but, it. I like put it. Put it because, this way: you know. <laughs> Ubisoft is the is the FIFA. Yeah. Yes. Of 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 adventure game or action games. Yes. It's yes, the same so. game every fucking year, just with a new coat of paint on it. Exactly right. <laughs> you exactly guys should, right, Richard. You guys should really have your own show because, like, you just agree with each other so much. <laughs> Jesus. I don't no, know that would be a good show. We would, we'd be done because we just agree. That's why <laughs> yeah, you exactly. and I are better, Dave, because we can argue. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, 
I did want to mention Morbius. I watched it, and I think I reviewed it last week. Dion, have you oh, had I haven't it? watched it yet. Oh, okay. I haven't watched it yet. I want to watch it, though. I know it's, it's meant to be horrible, but... It, look, no, I'll give you a middle review. It's Look, I've it's not great. I've seen far worse movies. People are overreacting. It's not a great movie. It's, it's like a 5.5, but it is a bit of fun. And it's also, it's, it's thankfully one of those movies that doesn't overstay its welcome. Like, it's not horribly long. You know how, like, the Batman was really fucking long? And, like, yes, it's a much better movie, but I, I get a bit bored sometimes when the movies are too long, and I'm just kind of like, can we get to the point? Uh, am I alone, Dion? Do you know what I mean? Some movies don't need to be as, like, the Transformer movies are a great example. They were too long for what they yeah. were. Yeah, it depends on what you're going for and what the movie is, I think. But, um, like, Batman was long and slow, but the story kind of lent itself to being long and slow, whereas Transformers is an action movie. So when they have all these weird scenes that kind of a fluff, like buffering it, it, it yeah. seems, um, yeah, it's not great. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Well, Morbius doesn't overstay its welcome. It's not a great movie. I'd, I'm probably generous in being at a 5.5, but I put it on, like, a Thursday night and, and didn't mind it. Rich, you still haven't seen it, have you? No, 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 not yet. But I will say this, I, and I'm in the same boat. I actually think streaming has ruined our ability to watch and enjoy a bad or mediocre movie. Really? Well, back in the day, like, if you put on, you know, you were flicking through the channels, you found a movie, you watched it. Uh-huh. Or if you went to the, the, you know, the blockbuster or whatever and you picked your three movies, uh-huh. if you got it home, you watched it because you paid, you yeah, know, you paid, paid money. money and that's yeah. But now with streaming, if you're not enjoying a movie after 20 minutes, you can just literally go back and choose another. But it's better. <laughs> but it's better. I know, so, but I'm just saying, but sometimes you might miss that it's, it's a bad movie, but you enjoy it, but you never gave it the chance because... Yeah. You know, like in the first 20 minutes, you might go, oh, it seems like it's going to be a bad movie. I'm not going to watch I it. I find it hard. I must admit, it's probably because I'm a bit older. I do find it hard to give up on a movie. I will, I'll even, I'll, I'll stop a movie and I'll come back to it. I, I, I am weird like that. Like I, I'm happier not even starting some movies. And once I start them, I like to finish them. Um, even um, if it I'm takes the same. several tries. Yeah. In my household, if we start a movie on a streaming service, we usually like 99% of the time finish it. So do yeah, I. Even yeah. if it's bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but then I still go to the cinema when I can. I like the cinema. You go to the cinema a lot, Dion. I go as little as possible. I, frankly, I'm almost at that point now where I just, I, I, I don't need other humans anymore, almost. If the world was completely empty and serviced go, by robots. If you, if you go, but if you're going to the cinema for other humans, you're probably not doing the cinema right. The reason I go to the cinema is because they have a better sound system than me. I'm actually finding now the screens aren't as good because I've got an OLED now at home. So yeah. I've got a 65-inch OLED. So for me, the screen's a lot better at home and I get crisper blacks than the cinema. Yeah. But the, the, uh, the sound at the cinema is really good. I do enjoy And it's an experience. You know, you go, you yeah. get your food or whatever, you go in. So it's more of an Outing, I don't really. need that how experience, I though. I don't need it. Like the overpriced popcorn, you know, the 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 uncomfortable seat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but then the the long term is what if no if everybody thinks like you and nobody goes to cinema, so the what? cinema disappears. I don't well, care. Gonna, it goes to streaming. It goes to streaming. I don't care. Yeah, we'll see, man. <laughs> I think it actually means it'll go to streaming, and um, they will start making shitter quality movies because maybe obviously maybe. they make a lot more mo- money off a of cinema than they do off streaming 
True. Right now, I'm still seeing all the Marvel movies at cinemas. That they're the things that are. I am literally that person keeping the cinema industry alive by going to see Marvel tentpole films. I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna weigh in here because I, I, I kind of agree with both of you. Like, I, both of you got like good arguments. But one hey, thing thanks, I will Rich. say Thank is you, no, no. But one thing I will say about streaming though is people are less inclined to make. Uh, or take risks with a movie because it has to go to the movies and make money. I mean, I, I actually think more projects get greenlit on like Netflix and streaming because it's streaming, mm. you know, and they don't really have to make, you know, cause you get, you get in that person's 10 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month or whatever. Yeah. So you've got that guaranteed income. I, I find maybe trying to make shit like, might be bad, might be good. You might go, oh, they make 10 movies and only three are good. But it's because they're willing to let something that necessarily is because if it goes to the movies, it has to make money. Mm. It has um, to make so money. So if it goes to Netflix, it has to make money for them. Like if it, that's why they cancel shows within the first season. Like it's, they have the same metrics as the cinemas. No, no, but what, no, but my point is they still took a risk on making a show or a movie because they, they've got that monthly income. They don't make any extra money of you watching three movies. But they do check people your engagement, and it does help them uh, determine. You know, well, things get cancelled because it's a season. That happens with TV all the time. So, if no one yeah. watching it, you're so, not so going to ne- keep making it. Ne- Netflix is making their ten dollars, but when they make when they make content, yeah, they're actually looking $10. at the futures, right? So they're like, all right, it, we have to have, especially now, they have to have good content to keep their subscribers because, like, what's happening now with Netflix, they're losing subscribers because they don't have good content because obviously to Disney, Disney Plus, uh, to HBO. So, well, I was going to so, say so, it's not just so is, that. there's still a lot. It's not just that, obviously, but that's a big factor. But it's still, it's still, it's the same. Say they have the same mentality as a normal studio would with, um, with making stuff. They they want to make stuff to keep subscribers. Um, of course, but they also have to keep making means they may greenlight something and take a risk on it because they're like, we need content, like. It's a, yeah, yeah, they probably would take a risk, but I don't think it's as big a risk as um, what you think it is, Richard. I think it's they're being play, they're playing it pretty safe. And if you watch, see the movies, they're, yeah. Out, they're really, yeah, but but again, but that's again, that's because the the movies that go to the actual movies are even playing it even safer than that. That's why we get in all these reactions yeah. and sequels. Of and, and I'll be honest, it, it, it's and, an issue, it's an issue. I and I wish this service. Like what you said, we actually take risks and, and go into different genres of, of movies. Well, that's what I said. Like when Netflix had no competition, they took all the risks. But yeah, which was like, great. And I totally agree with you competition, So that oh. has... I've got so many issues with streaming. I all did right. my monthly streaming bill, $90 a month I'm paying now. I might as well fucking... <laughs> yeah, I fucking do, do what I do, alternate. I, I probably spend have like we, two going a month. I, I, I reckon we spend it, that, if not more, than uh, here. Yes, yeah, so Dan, you've, you're saying you've got a few issues with streaming services, and your your cost is around ninety Australian per month. Are you currently spending? Yeah, something like that. What I've uh, I've got Spotify, mm. uh, Netflix. Um, no, I don't have Netflix anymore. I got rid of Netflix. So I got Spotify, Binge. We like Binge, mm. Paramount, um, Disney. So it's probably less than ninety. Now I think it was ninety, and I just culled a bunch of shit. What have I got? I've got Disney and Ko. I've got Ko. Yeah, I've got Disney, Ko, HBO Max, Hulu, Netflix. That's it. Yeah. See, so we got rid of Netflix and Amazon and Amazon. Obviously, not that I really count. Them. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Yeah, I could get rid of Netflix well, tomorrow. Netflix seems to have the least to me. 
Yeah, it does. What have you got, Rich? Uh, just Disney and Prime. Yeah, okay. Well, that's that's not too bad. Oh, by the way, the Obi-Wan show debuts tomorrow. I, I, I saw a trailer that's for That's why I have the Disney, unfortunately. Okay, that means we'll be doing it um, weekly. Richard, doesn't it annoy you that they now do weekly shows when the yes. point of streaming was so you could yes. binge stuff, but do they want to keep the subscribers? It annoys me, man. It it annoys that's why I said they me. want to continuously get your 10 bucks a month. I know, it annoys me, Richard. And, the, and the- Disney are the worst for that because they, they're the absolute worst for that, Disney. Fuck them for that, actually. Well, then they need the money, man. They're a struggling company yeah, that doesn't sure. own anybody. By the way, we got a bit of fan mail this week, uh, and I want to read it out. Oh um, dear! Yeah, so this was on this was on the Signal of Doom homepage, which normally I don't promote because it's it's just that's where all the information comes from. It's like the nerve center, and it goes out to all the different podcasting services and blah blah blah. And I put up the the links on on the Facebook page. And so this was um, just a bit of fan mail from Karina, and I think it's she's a big fan of you, Rich, actually. Um, she says, hello, mm. guys. I know my message might be too specific, but my sister found a nice man here and they married, so how about me? Question mark, exclamation. <laughs> I am 25 years old. Karina from Romania. I know English and German languages also, and dot, 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 I have a specific disease named nymphomania. Who, can, who know what this, is this? Can understand me. Better to say immediately. Ah, yes, I cook very tasty, and I love not only cook. <laughs> I'm a real girl, not prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> and looking for serious and hot relationship. Anyway, you can find my profile here, and then she provides a link. I, I think this is one for you, Rich. And I, if I was you, I'd probably explore this option. Um, I just feel that there's. She's not a prostitute, Dion. She does say that, you know. So yeah, yeah, no. Cash it's doesn't have to true. change hands, Rich. Basically, at the end of the day. <laughs> this is why I don't. <laughs> it's why you don't what? <laughs> it's why I don't live on the internet. So, so, so is this the fan mail you get, Dave? This is it's, sort of thing it, that it's you an example get. of a bit of fan mail, but it, but it made me laugh because I got the notification for it today, and I actually laughed because uh, it comes to me for approval. It taught, if I approve the comment, and I laughed when I saw that comment, I was, I enjoyed that. Um, Grant Morrison has a new novel out. Um, very tricky sometimes for some of these comic book authors. Would you agree, Rich, when they do their novels? Um, yeah, it can be. Yeah, it, it's very apparently very wordy, very verbose, almost like poetry. And I'm like, hmm. Well, that sounds like Grant Morrison, though. Yeah, but. I don't know. I, I sometimes think some some writers translate really well. Greg Rucker, excellent novels. Chuck Dixon does it perfectly. But some writers, it you can see why they didn't choose. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's like when Alan Moore wrote that that book Jerusalem, and it's like two thousand pages long or something. It was severely in need of an editor. You know, like severely in need of an editor. Yeah, a two thousand page book can be trimmed down. I swear to God. What do you think, Dion? You're often very critical, Dion, of uh, comic book writers. We've heard it many times from you. I assume comic book writers get a word count because they can't write so many words in little bubbles. So really, once you say they don't have a word count, obviously they probably overcompensate and write too much. Yeah, good point. Good point. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know. Many a writer, though, in my opinion, uh, has verbal diarrhea. I, I think there's a lot of writers out there, even ones who are very big, that you'll read and they're just so descriptive. They're, they're so descriptive that at times it's almost like 
uh, it almost feels like, I don't know, tiring to, to read. Like, it doesn't flow well. It's just massive. They get down to describing the curtains and stuff, and I'm like, do we need this much information? Uh, I think Robert Jordan uh, was kind of like that. Like, I enjoy his writing, but there are moments in his writing. Dion, have you read Wheel of Time? Sometimes I'm like, oh, I my have God. never read any Robert Jordan. He's on my list, actually. He's not too bad, but he does at times become massively descriptive and you're like i don't know if we need this level of detail um that he provides what, what do you think rich where are you you've spoken before about descriptive writing haven't you i hate it but i also uh, um i really wish that comic book writers did have a word count mm. because unfortunately bendis disproves oh, that yeah. theory <laughs> yeah he just he just waffles on bendis if you don't he's, know him dion he's, he's he a pretty guy, much yeah. writes a novel yeah he pretty much writes a fucking novel there's no space for the drawings yeah. <laughs> and it's boring too. Don't think that he's packing it with exciting stuff. It, it, it's really generic conversation filler sort of stuff. The one good thing about comic books, though, is that you can't, you don't need to be descriptive in your writing because obviously there's a picture to show yeah. what's happening. Yeah. So I I find that that's probably one of the only good things about comics that I like is that they can be so succinct yeah. in what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. But I mean, but also, but it, it just it comes down to the writer because, as you say, there's certain mm. writers like you know Chuck and 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 all that that that's just their writing style. I mean, Morrison, if you read even his comic books, man, he's yeah. an out there guy. So I'm not surprised there. that yeah. you know because he has written before, right? Uh, there was a book that he wrote. I mean, it wasn't a he, novel. He, he wrote Super Gods, which was kind of part bio, exactly. part autobiography, which I love. I love that book. It's yeah. it's a great book, but. This is fiction. This is 100% fiction. And people yeah, yeah. are saying, like, Dion, have you ever read Arkham Asylum? The gra- have you ever read that one? That's that's a sort of famous one. Uh, no. Okay, that's in that and in some portions of his Batman run, he had uh, some text pieces and they were very verbose. And I personally found them a little challenging to get through. I was just a bit like, oh, I can't be bothered. Um, and I read a lot normally. I, I, I read like a lot of normal books, like prose is, you know, I read a ton of prose, but there was just something about it that I, I just personally found. It was very flowery. That's the word I used to describe it, Rich, you know? Yeah. And um, I don't know, but it does say that some someone had preview copies and they said that um, fans of like his filth and the Invisibles, it's that kind of genre. And I'm like, well, that's, I do love the Invisibles. That's probably my favorite thing, but um We'll see. I, I don't know. I, I, I sometimes think some writers are experts in one medium for a reason. Um, I'm doing a bit of a Superman read for Last Sons of Krypton, uh, Terror Man. I'll, I'll exclude you from this, uh, uh, Dion, because I know you won't know who Terror Man is. But, Rich, you know I'm very familiar with Terror Man, the Western Superman character. You're familiar with the old Terror Man, yes. Well, what I've been doing, Richard, in my spare time... I've compiled a complete folder of all the Terra Man appearances pre-crisis and post-crisis. How about that? Yeah, because he's a very different character in the post-crisis. He is, but did you know... So he's a businessman, right? He's a... Uh, so conscientious, but used to bother him. No, he's he's classic 70s-style Dion. He's like a Clint Eastwood, almost, like a pastiche of Clint Eastwood, but he goes up against Superman. He's like Wild West kind of style. And he rides Pegasus. He rides like a horse, yeah, a, a, this awesome horse, yeah. He's way more cool in the pre-crisis back in the 70s than when they tried to redo him in, like, the late 80s and 90s. But, Richard, did you know this? 
prior to getting torn in half by Black Adam in in uh, in fifty two, he did revert to the Western style. Did you know that? Well, he in in the post crisis he was as I because uh, I sent you that um, the book I was reading. Mm. He still talked like a cowboy. Yeah, it's just that he was a scientist, not a an old Western character that was abducted by an alien, which is way given, cooler. Way cooler. Yeah, that was so. so he still cool. spoke like that. It's just that um, it was more of an act now than yeah. an actual genuine. Well, fuck that. I want the. I want him. I, I'd like him in a movie or a TV show. Like like a like a Lois and Superman or whatever Superman well, and Lois. You might see him in um, Black Adam. Maybe yeah, might yeah. get torn in two. <laughs> um, don't, get, don't get Dave's hopes up, please. Uh, actually, Dion, are you, are you, I'll get the Rock on the phone, mate. Are you I'll, looking I'll forward to Black Adam with the Rock, Dion? Are you looking forward to Black Adam with the Rock? I am actually. I, I I'll, I'll be honest. I like the Rock. I actually think he's a pretty yeah. funny dude, um, and I think it, obviously he's. Pulp Fiction as an actor, and he does Pulp Fiction movies, but I think it's it's, it's entertainment. It's entertaining. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. I actually think he's a really good pick for Black Adam, who's kind of an anti-hero now. He was a flat-out villain for decades, and they've sort of made him more of an anti-hero in, in like, the last 20 years. Um, now, turning to some news, uh, the original Red Power Ranger, Austin St. John, was indicted on pandemic-related wire fraud charges. So the original Red Power Ranger is now before the courts. It's a fall from grace, isn't it? Well, not really. Uh... It's a, well, that's a big stretch. He was a man that acted in, in a show, and now, as most actors do, he fell, fell on the wrong side of the law. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I, I, his defence team was rushing out a kind of apology. They tried to blame it on bad accountants. Uh, they're trying to, you know, disperse the blame. Uh, what do you think, Rich? Do you think we should bring back public beheadings and he should be the first to go? No. From what I've read, it sounds like a, a sort of a Nicolas Cage, Wesley Snipes sort of issue. Right, mm. a tax issue. Well, again, he's... He's doing conventions. I mean, this guy, you know, he's he's worked as like a medic and all that. Like, I think he does like to help people. And I think he was some bad people got into something he was trying to do, mm. you know, with his name and, and whatever. And well, yeah, he's going to pay for it because unfortunately, you still need to know what's going on. Sure. You know, well, uh, ignorance is not a, a defense, sadly. Uh, but he probably, if he's not involved, he won't cop as much, I think, as the actual people involved. But he'll probably get some sort of charges because, again, it's under his name, his business or whatever. But it sounds to me it's like it's one of those things where people use his name, got in there, and and because he is quite popular. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you can say Power Rangers for kids, but these things put on massive conventions and yeah, it, it rakes in a lot of money. I don't think he would be stupid enough. He could be desperate, though. He like, could be desperate. There could be ex-wives. There could be no, alimony. You know? What's happened is, as Richard said, most of these actors have people doing their finances and their and their other stuff for them, and they don't even know what's going on. And then, obviously, they get uh, they, there's some issue, and then they caught up between the courts, and they're like, oh, shit, I didn't know. But, obviously, it's their name, so they still have final responsibility. That's probably what's happened. That's it. I mean, am I... I mean, that, that, that's what it sounds like to me, anyway. Mm. You know what I would like if they brought back firing squads? Because I think if there was firing squads, some of these actors they would have take firing more... squads, Dave. They yeah. literally have firing squads. They do have them, Dion, but, the but not get shot. but not in the United States. And if they had them there, perhaps some of these actors would pay closer attention to their financial, you know, dealings, and we wouldn't have these kind of, you know, flagrant, you know, abuses of the law. Um, 
Am I crazy, guys? Have I gone too far? Yes. You were always crazy. (laughs) All right. Well, fair enough. Remember the green Power Ranger was targeted by a shooter at a convention? This guy came in, Dion, with like a fucking hand grenade and like a rifle and wanted to kill the original Green Power Ranger and I believe got... Um, ah, America, never changed. Yeah, got a, got accosted by uh, by security. So the the Power Rangers have an axe hanging over their heads. Uh, uh, to be fair, the original Green Power Ranger was a bit of an arsehole. Was he? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know who he was. But I think he still is. Yeah. Well, he dodged the uh, bullet. That, he's the guy that played... Um, he, he That's the guy that played Tommy. Right. The, the ponytail dude from back yeah, in the I don't remember, man. Yeah. Well, he was the original green one, and then he became yeah, yeah. The, the the original white one, or the first. Yeah, white yeah, yeah. No, I know who you're talking about. I know what he looks. Like. I don't remember him at wow. all. Wow, he seems like a bit of an arsehole when I've seen him in interviews and all that. Well, he <laughs> he, he quite literally dodged a bullet. So, mm. um, I do know that there yeah. was another Power Ranger that stabbed someone. Yeah, there was. He did yeah, time. I, I think that. he did time. I think didn't he? Mm. Didn't he kill? No, he wasn't the original cast member, but he was a blue. Did he behead someone? Did he behead someone with a katana? Am I am I misremembering that? No, he stabbed he stabbed someone with a sword. Did he yeah. behead him? Uh, in my imagination. Oh, that's the guy with the, the home invasion, right? Yeah. He got six years for it. You, you know what? I think me? he was in the fight, though. Yeah, I so I'm with Dion here. If someone invades your home, no, all oh, no, 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 I'm wrong. I'm wrong. He stabbed his roommate, so I think he was in the wrong man. It was the other guys thinking about I'd the like to know. I'd like mixing to up two know, stories. I'd like to know what the roommate was doing, Dion. There's two sides to every story. If you were my roommate and I caught you trying to, you know, sneak off with some of my comics, I'd probably stab you too, and I'd be justified. I'd say to the courts... Well, that will never happen. I'd say, or if you're trying to steal my Xbox from my room or something, I'd say he was trying to steal my Xbox, Judge. I had to behead him. That was it. <laughs> Dave, I'll be honest. In a world where you'd even have the physical ability to behead me, is a world that I'd like to see. <laughs> um, yeah. So turning to more Power Rangers news, there's quite a bit of it this week. I've got my axe next to me right now. I know you do have. Dion has a Viking axe, and you have that sword too, don't you, Dion? Your ceremonial I sword. I've got my sword downstairs, and I got my bearded axe upstairs. That's pretty cool. Have you your bearded axe? Obviously, I'm familiar with him from Valhalla. Uh, you you able to throw that? If you, you is that a throwing axe as well, or just purely? So you can do the two handed throw. It's not made for a throwing axe, but you can do it. Yeah, is I have it... thrown. I've, thro- I've, I've thrown one that big. Yeah. Is it is it sharp, Dion? Like if you had a home invasion today, you know, obviously Jen's up there, and you know, you the kid, the kids around, and <laughs> would you just go is crazy? She... Yeah, of course. Yeah, berserker, berserker stuff. It'd be fun. I know, Finally, you, you'd man. enjoy it. You'd love it. You're almost begging for I it. I would. I reckon the guy would get about one step up the stairs and Dion comes charging down with his axe and that's the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, if, the, if this was an open carry state, I'd fucking have an AR-15, <laughs> fucking double pistols. <laughs> Dion, Dion's walking out of the supermarket, <laughs> kitted out for I'd World War like, III. I'd be that guy with the fucking double pistols while I go get my like fucking uh, groceries to for sure. <laughs> Awesome. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, so the Power Rangers have a new non-binary edition, which looks to be every bit as bad as the name Death Ranger implies, and they haven't yeah, even arrived so, yet. Firstly, this is a clickbait article because it's a fucking. It's just an. It's just an alien that has no sex. That's literally okay. all. It is. Well, let His me continue. Let me continue, Dion, before you get your little niggers in a twist there. Um, the new Ranger is being described as non-binary and using they slash them pronouns as does their entire enigmatic alien race. Decked out in a black and gold version of the Omega Rangers armor, 
and sporting a menacing skeletal grin, which actually looked pretty cool on their helmet, the Death Ranger's appearance is far from what fans of the franchise are used to. Yeah, I don't mind this. If it's an alien race and they're, they're sort of sexless or amorphous yeah, or whatever. It's a sexless um, alien race, man. It's just a fine. fucking clickbait article. Yeah, but that's the kind of articles we like to deal in on Signal Doom, Dion. So they get too <laughs> fucking critical. Um, Rich, your reaction? There seems to be a lot of non-binary aliens these days. There is. <laughs> there is. Uh, you know, remember, remember, remember. Um, what was the fucking guy's name? Limp Biscuit did it for the Nookie. You know, he would, he would, he would struggle in a, in a in a sort of non-binary kind of condition. What he's doing? Like, how do they reproduce? That's my question. The same way snails reproduce, bro. How's that, mate? You'd like to tell us? They just change. They literally change their sex, so a snail could be best male, female when they mating. But wouldn't that? Wouldn't they be changing to binary then? Yeah. Well, they can't be non-binary then. But they can. But they can be non-binary until they change binary form, right? <laughs> like so what? Not... A male snail can become a female snail. Yeah. And yeah, have yeah, yeah, but... Snails are actually binary, though, obviously. But um, well, yeah, I was going to males... say though, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, I don't know if you can start non-binary and then choose one. I mean, wouldn't the snails choose, they change from one binary to the other binary? I, like a hermaphrodite can probably um, get pregnant, depending on if they've got all their um, uterus and stuff. <laughs> that sounds like inbreeding. <laughs> no. Well, no, obviously. Well, they could. Else. I mean, it, pretend, it depends if they're... If they're but what I mean is, if yeah. they, they, somebody else could have sex with them or they could have sex with somebody else and totally impregnate somebody else and get pregnant themselves. Don't know. I haven't really thought about this, Richard. What I'll a freak honest. show. Something I think uh, about. Am I the only one who's saying what a freak show we've, we've turned this world into, you know? <laughs> mm. it's, well, I don't you know, think about it because it doesn't affect me in any way. I think, yeah, exa- exactly. I think about it. I think about it because I like to set the laws, you know. And I'm like, you know, it's a slippery slope, but we'll, we'll allow it, I guess. Uh, the gladiator. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, I am tired of reading about it, like, repeatedly, yeah. but I mean, I don't care about it. it. Exactly. Like, who cares? Dude, they're they're, they're spamming this topic all day long. Every day, trying to sort of make us all think one way, group thinkers. Um, there's going to be a backlash because people who are moderate like me are getting tired of being told what to say and when to say it by a small percentage of the population. This, this is the thing, though. In your everyday life, that's none of this happens. Yeah, it's just shit you're reading, no, and that's what you've got to remember. Plenty of plenty of times, the so you have people comes coming up. up to you in your life. Really, the topic comes up quite uh... a lot. The topic In my life, the topic never comes up. Ever. But the like, topic, the topic this comes up. This is the first up, time I've spoken about it. The topic comes up, but it is in relation to media, so it's not as if I'm not dealing yeah, with. So I'm not dealing. I mean. with, yeah. Let's be honest. The average robo doesn't give a fuck. True. But then, do we need to hear it's about just it all day media long? Headlines. They're just. Yeah, but this is the issue with the media. Yeah. Well, no, hang on. But hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It also depends on what field you work in, because I'm pretty sure if you work in retail, you probably are exposed to it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Because sure. you, you will have those customers <laughs> or, or whatever. But uh, as Dave says, it's mainly just media. Like it's it's not in your everyday in, you know, working, family, all that sort of stuff. But it is in your everyday life in your novels, your comics, mm. your TV, your movies. I guess I haven't you know. found that. I haven't, I mean, I find in the movies sometimes. Oh, dude, on, like on, the, on, on TV, they're spamming it pretty hard too. On TV, in in Michelle's like regular generic shows, they are spamming the topic fairly hard. Yeah, see, I don't watch a lot of that, and 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 then games. I obviously you play as the protagonist. 
just yeah. a me. Games um, less so. so for Game me, I guess, I guess in, in my own life, I actually don't get it a lot. Um, I guess I've just, yeah, try and I don't really, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't even notice. Yeah, but, but Dean, just because you don't notice doesn't mean it's not out there, my friend. It just means you've got your head stuck in the sand. <laughs> no, and you... Well, the, no, but it, and and they do the media does just oh, the media over the media is overplaying. We're we're all agreeing. Well, the media is overhyping yeah. and overegging the story. And and they certainly do because I'll give an example. It's like two years ago I was telling my father, you know, about two years ago about like all this like you know non-binary and you mm. know all the stuff. And he was like, oh yeah 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 whatever you know whatever. It doesn't sound like now two years later he's the one complaining to me about it. Sure, mm. shows and all that. It's, it's, infiltrated, it's infiltrated to him, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. dad has it's that reaction. It's becoming more widespread in, in terms, as I said, mainly on the TV, yes. Yeah, it is. But anyway, it is what it is. Now, turning away from that, and I will say the the Death Ranger did have a pretty cool grin on his helmet, which I did like. I will say that for him or her or it. Or uh, they, 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 well, not him. I, I said it as well. Are you allowed to say it? <laughs> <laughs> um, Gladiator. I've had this conversation, Dave. They're not in the room. They're not present. You can say whatever pronouns you want. Okay. Well, you know what? I like the Death Rangers uh, skeletal grin. Uh, the Gladiator 2 script is finished, confirms Ridley Scott. Now, I want to dive oh, into God. this. I want to dive into this. I loved the original Gladiator. Like, I loved that movie 20 years ago. Um, yeah, it was great. Apparently, and I apparently it's the, obviously the Emperor also died in the movie, if you recall. Spoilers for a movie that, you know, Commodus yeah, died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I think, haven't seen it yet. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> and also, too bad if you, if it's, as I often say on Singular Doom, fuck you. If you're going to be, if you're so sensitive, you're offended by spoilers, you've come to the wrong show. You know? Um, now, anyway, so I think it's the son of the Emperor, and apparently Russell Crowe is in it as well, perhaps playing like a descendant. I don't know. Maybe he's playing Zeus. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> he's double He's double shipping as Zeus. He's, he's now – and I've got to say, I tell you what. Jesus Look, my Christ. issue with Ridley Scott mm. as a director now is he's so fucking Christian and, and, and talk about trying to throw something down your throat. It's the way he throws Christianity down his throat in all his new movies is just shit. Does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, like Prometheus, right? Go, it's just full of fucking Jesus stuff. I did like Prometheus, though. Like, despite that, you know, yeah, 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 and and so, uh, and even aliens, it's all very there's Christian stuff, but it was a lot more subtle. But Prometheus, oh. it was really right out there. Um, and then Kingdom, even Kingdom of Heaven, but obviously, that was okay because that was the crusade, DC, it yeah, sense. it exactly makes sense for the for the sort of you know, um, mm. setting and stuff. But what but about that latest one? More. What did you think of his latest movie, the one with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon? What was that one called? I can't remember, it was, it was the something. I don't know what it was called, but it was it was like, it was like the, the alleged the last right. jewel or something. I don't know if I. Yeah, I think it was it. called the last jewel. I think you're right, Rich. That does ring a bell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah man, that was fucking shit. That was so shit. Uh, I thought it was uh, average. I thought it was average. I, I didn't. So bad. and it was, and it, it suffered from that exact same thing we start. You said at the start of the show where they're like, it's too long. I'm like, I don't need to rewatch the whole yes. fucking story. Again. I, I understand it from a different perspective, but I don't need to see the same fucking scenes. I agree with you on that. It was the rape scene, great. The, I'm a spoilers, right? The rape scene, really good from the two different versions of it. But I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been better. Uh, okay. So anyway, so he's doing this Gladiator 2 script, and he's also doing one on Napoleon, which I actually am interested in. But guess what? The title of his Napoleon movie is one of the worst titles of any film. It's called Kit Bag. What a terrible title for a Napoleon movie. 
Why didn't he just call it Napoleon? Oh, yeah. Is he an idiot? Like, uh, no one gives a shit about Kitbag. Napoleon, that's a that's a name. Even if people don't know much about Napoleon, it's a big name. You know what I mean? It draws yeah. a crowd. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I honestly think Ridley Scott's suffering from the same thing that happened to uh, Francis Ford Coppola, currently having a Stevenson, where, where they've just gotten too old and they're just not making great movies anymore. Well, Spielberg at least has kept it going for a lot longer than most. Yeah, yeah, he, he has, but I mean, have you seen Spielberg's latest movies? They're not great, man. The last like, Spielberg last... movie I liked was The Post. I quite liked The Post. Yeah, but when, when did that come out? About seven, six years ago, four or five, yeah. four to six years yeah, ago. Yeah, the last, the last five years, um, he hasn't made much Yeah, good, but dude, he's but... in his fucking 70s. I don't expect yeah, but, much from him, you know? But this is what I mean. It doesn't matter the age, but this is the issue that happens to these poor directors, and I think Ridley Scott's just hitting that now, where he's, the movies he's making and the decisions he's making aren't great. I will say this in his defence. He's fucking in his early 80s, I believe. And I, as far as I'm concerned, he's done his service. You know, like... Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. I, I, mind you, I will go and watch a Gladiator 2. I, I am interested to see what he's going to do with it, you know? Because I love that original Gladiator movie. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I would love... Um, I'm, I'll watch it too, but as Rich said, I'd love some originality coming out of Hollywood. I'm sick of the fucking sequels and remakes and fucking superhero movies. I'm just over it, man. No, I, I hear you. I'm not far behind you there. I, like the the way that they will take a franchise, and I'm I'm using Men in Black as an example. They take a franchise that had its time, had its day, was 20 years ago, and they just redo it. And it's like they they just love it. They just pick things that are sort of cold and dead and used up, and they're like, "Here you go again, audience," and they just try yeah. to throw a fresh coat of paint on it and. Just hope that it blows up again, you know. And then, and then my issue with it, Chloe, is that when something fails, like let's say they make a movie. Uh, actually, the Warner Brothers did it with their Dark Universe, and they had a, yeah. a movie or two that failed. But then they just don't try again. I'm yeah. just like, oh, just because one movie failed doesn't mean your whole universe is fucking dead, mate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They, they're sort of like very. It's weird. They're risk averse, but but I think they're too risk averse. Another example is: was it Ridley Scott who did the Blade Runner sequel? Was that him? Uh, no, Dennis Villeneuve did the sequel. Okay, um, the guy that did June. I got to say that was such a fucking boring movie. The Blade Blade Runner twenty forty nine or whatever. I was I, I honestly I was. I didn't mind it. Oh, but it, it was a very slow movie. It was slow. Like I mean, I enjoyed it a little bit, but for me, it was just way too slow. So non-commercial, and I'm like, do we really need a sequel to Blade Runner? You know, like years later, mm. I just, I just felt yeah. like, you know, it was. But they do it. Blade with... Runner didn't do well in the cinema, though, did it? No, or did it? That's why I got the director's no, cut. No, it became a cult hit uh, on video after the director's cut, right? Well, oh, I see. sort of on video in the years following uh, Blade Runner in the cinemas, it it didn't do amazing business. No. But it became a big cult hit through the eighties. You know, um, mm. it was one of those movies that that was really highly regarded. Yeah, there was all the question marks over the different cuts and stuff. So it 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 acquired legendary status. But at the time, it didn't. It wasn't a huge hit. No, but yeah. like a lot of things. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to remember that when people go to the movies, generally they don't really want to think. <laughs> sure. You know. Um, uh, there, there's certain movies that, like, even like, like The Godfather and stuff and all that, like, they classics now, mm. and like the thing. But I mean, it's not like they were setting, you know, box office records. And I mean, maybe the second or third one did after the, you know, 
the first one became. But I think most people just go to the movies because they just want to switch their brain off and be entertained and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's why the fucking Transformers movies make so much money when they're not very good movies is because... Well, the audience, has, got, the audience has gotten dumber. The audience has gotten dumber because the movies have got dumber too. too. You know, like they've... Yeah. Like it's it's like, um, what did Orson Welles say? We're going to wind up in the Coliseum, uh, you know, with the slaves fighting gladiators or whatever he said, fighting lions. We've dumbed down the audience. We've dumbed down the entertainment. Um, there has been a decline in in sort of... Like those movies that had a bit of thought behind them certainly don't kind of put bums on seats. Like, for example, you know, in years past, the Pirates of the Caribbean and the Transformers movies and many of the Marvel movies, like they're all following some pretty basic formulas that you could actually map out on a screen pretty easily. And it's been that way for Marvel since Iron Man 1. Um, you know, like they're, they're, Hollywood worked out that's the way to make money and a lot of sort of more... Th- not if not thoughtful, slightly more complex stuff has has gone the way of the dinosaurs, and I don't know. I guess it's found a home on TV. You could say that, couldn't you, Dion? That I think a lot of TV um, has has really elevated in the last twenty years. Yes, and no, I agree, um, and I totally agree. That dumbing come down, and Rich is right too, because the audience just wants to watch crap films, really, or po- I, popcorn films. Popcorn, yeah, popcorn movies, which obviously then dumbs down. It's 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 a cycle, right? Yeah. Brain dead movies. They make brain dead movies. The audience gets dumber. They make brain dead more dead movies, and then you have idiocracy happening. Exactly. Now, which was a good movie. It was a good movie, Mike Judge. Uh, now, Batman this week was hinted to be bisexual, and can I just say, oh. not a fan. Sorry. I run a very pro LGBTQ podcast, but. I do. I do. And often go into bat in support of these causes and have donated money and time. But, but, Superman's son becoming bisexual, not a problem. I could even go with Tim Drake because I'm like, fine, minor character. You've run out of things to do with him. But Batman, I'm sorry, no. They've, I draw the line at Batman. This It's not been a gay character, not a bisexual character. For 80 plus years, you're doing it for cheap clicks. Um... It's lame. It's this average. Is my, this is my issue with comics, man. It's the usual. Just the like, way instead they of just ending it, just in just instead of just fucking ending a character in a storyline, you know, like they do in manga, they they just change it, and it's so stupid. Yeah, I mean, if I don't know, uh, well, I, I know, I know you, like, I know you like that. A... I know you like that, but I fucking hate it. Like, no, 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 no. I am familiar with manga, my friend. I also partake in the manga, and I can tell you now, they make just as many changes to characters over the life of a project if they feel like they want to change a character's origin or motivation. And Name and one. I don't know. Stuff. All the ones I've read have, haven't done that. Uh, All the ones okay, I've read so, are okay, usually so cover are you, cover. You, so I, the ones I read are usually Okay, so there's one, one. Popular one, there's one popular one called Naruto. I'm sure you've heard of that. I'm sure yes, you've watched Yes, I've watched the whole that. anime, yes. So did you notice how Sasuke went from being the most popular kid to also being hated later in the seasons when they needed him and um, Naruto to connect a little bit more and be like, oh, they were actually the same. Everyone, they were both outsiders, but everyone loved Sasuke at the beginning of the of the manga. And the but there, there's, a, there's, a whole, there's a whole story arc for that. They have issues and issues where there's a literal story arc where Sasuke literally turns into a bad guy and then is hated. Like, no, 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 no. I'm talking about when they were both kids, 
Yes. Not, not, I, I understand he's hated when he decides to, you know, uh, take vengeance upon You'll the You'll have to show me the example because I don't remember that. When they're both kids, he was the most loved one. Naruto was the most hated one, always. Naruto was the outcast. Sasuke was the popular guy. And, they only start, and he only gets started, they only start hating him when he leaves the village. Right? No, no, no. Uh, hang on, hang on. I didn't say hated. I said later on when him and the, uh, when him and them are like uh, are fighting and they're basically remembering their pasts. They retcon Sasuke's past when they were both little kids to be that he that Sasuke was also an outsider. Right. That no, people it, didn't trust the Uichi clan because they then later made it the Uichi clan were were traitors and stuff and all that. I'm no, just saying, it's I, not, I, it's I not think major you watched things. that wrong. I think you watched it's not that major wrong. Things. Because when I watched it, that's not the vibe I got. I, the vibe I got is Sasuke felt like an outsider because he was the only one from his clan. No, no again, okay, so they changed it so that the, 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 the Uichi were betrayers. And then they had it that people walking behind his back and, oh, he's Uichi, he's Uichi, oh, they traitors, they traitors. And that was not the beginning of the show. That was not the beginning of the manga. He was loved. Yeah, so people what you're saying, him, what you're saying is they the you'll, you'll have Dion's to show me the example because okay. I don't remember that. I will. I will say this, Dion. I'll give you an. I'm thinking of this because I know your argument, and I uh, and I understand it, and, and I agree to a certain extent. Uh, whereas with Western comics, your generic big two Western comic, like looking at Green Lantern, they always have Green Lantern in print, for example, and there is no real end in sight ever. Now, there's fake endings. I will say this. I was reading Kenshin, and I've read all of Kenshin. Um, and I own all the volumes. Now, there's a certain point, probably about, uh, you know, more than two-thirds of the way through the storyline, where they he actually has the... I forget the ins and outs of it, but basically it wraps up the main villain and everything like that. And then there's this feeling where you can just tell they wanted to milk it more, and they tried to bring in a new villain and a new big bad, and, and literally it was just exactly what Western comics do, where it's just like, we've just got to keep the train rolling because we're obviously making money. And, and it, that's my issue. Yeah, but they did oh, that. Oh, hang on. Yeah, they Same did. with One Piece. Yeah, I'm just... Oh, look. Oh, okay, One Piece is a really bad example because One Piece has so much filler in the animes, and One Piece is literally... They stole the Western style for that. But that being said, it's the same author, which is a big difference. That is true. But even the author said he wasn't expecting to do it this long. But because it was so popular, he kept going and adding and adding. So my point is, that's just the nature of everything. There's no, there's no perfect example. I do, I do agree with you that manga in general, you have to remember that manga throws so much against the wall, though. Yeah, yes, and it does. And, only and, lost and, a volume and, or two. There's ones going for 20 volumes, 100 volumes, like... There's so much manga, but, and most of them don't last. Difference, but the big difference is there's one author per manga, right? They, 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 don't, they don't get multiple authors usually, and I think that's the issue with comics. You have one author writing Batman like super dark. you got one author writing Batman like he's bisexual. Yeah. You have yeah. one author writing Batman like he's some crazy um, detective. you got one author writing him as an action hero, and then it's just like, well, which Batman's real? I've got yeah. like 7,000 Batmans right now. Yeah, but again, no manga has been around for 85 years, though. So, you know what, though? I kind of wish Batman hadn't been around for so long because I'll be honest, like, while he's great, I just think that milking, I just don't like, I guess for me personally, I don't like having to w watch somebody get milked. Well, I like endings. Put it this way. I don't think comic characters have had any real issues until about oh, 2014. I don't know, man. I, Dave got me that Joker book, and I was reading the original Joker, and, he, and now the new Joker, I'll say, is a lot better, a lot darker, but the original Joker, I'm just like, this guy's just insanely stupid. 
right? That was back in um, the golden age of comics, you know. Which is fine, and, and obviously, yeah. But like, I don't know. I just, I just don't like comics for that reason because I just, I want endings and I want a, a decent story arc where that I want to feel for this character and I want this and I want to and I want this character to have a redemption arc or whatever. I and what I find with there. comics, you don't get that. I've got something for you, Leon. Can you guys hear me, by the way, or is my microphone stuffing up? Yeah, we can hear you. We can okay. hear you. Cool. Okay, so. Um... The there's a, there's a good example in Western comics outside of the big two in the last especially a last say ten to fifteen years there's been a huge push to uh, like image comics and uh, image comics uh, authors do write the in general write the entire storyline so Ed Brubaker for example has written multiple volumes of different stories and he writes it's the same author it's his vision. He, you know, he has carte blanche because of how big his name is, and he'll do 60 issues, say, and he gives it a, a start, a beginning, a, you know, middle, and an end. And that's, I, and I like that. That's the, that's that's quite the common. I like. But that's quite common in Western comics outside of the big two. That's quite common. So, yeah, which is great. Yeah, Obviously, I, the big two do the most popular comics, and that's yes, the stuff but, that you but see For in example, the Walking media. Dead. Look at Walking Dead. That was Robert Kirkman at Image, and he created, and he actually did write the whole thing, and he he actually finished it as well. And Invincible, he did as well, same thing. Rich didn't he from beginning to end, mm-hmm. most most of most of the time with the same artist for the v- vast majority of the. And Ed Brubaker, most of his stuff is with Sean Phillips. So what I'm saying is, it's it's sometimes I think. Okay, I get it. For, for, for fucking Batman, Superman, name a DC or Marvel character. Yeah, they're designed, unfortunately, to be almost more logos on a lunchbox, you know? Yeah, and that's, and that's, and that's what I think, what my issue is with comics. But is, you've just got to pick and choose, Dion. This is the thing. When you get to a certain point with it, you accept it and go, that's it. But you can still pick out really good Wolverine runs and stuff. Because like, authors generally do really quite long runs on, like, say, for example, Chuck Dixon did 70 issues of Nightwing. And you can read that, and it's his storyline of the whole thing. It goes for 70 issues. And yeah, you have to accept that at issue 71, he's gone, and someone else comes in, and they've got their own version. And, you know, but once you get past that, there are still lots of good runs that you can pick up. But see, the other issue I've got then with an 85-year-old character like Batman mm. is that the comic artists obviously can't tell the backstories as much. Obviously, other than the main stuff. So then you, or Batman meeting a side character from this comic. So actually, we have anyone about issues today that we'll talk about. Okay. But like, as a person that doesn't read comics, sometimes I'm like, I don't know who this fucking person is. Sure. Nobody's explained who this person is. There's no intro to this person. Sure. I have to just accept this picture. Obviously, you don't have their name half the time. Yeah. I'm meant to accept that this is a good person or whatever, and I hate that. I'm just like, I just can't deal with that. I know, I get you. You, you, you like to have I like reading backs. novels, and I write, yeah, I, I, I want to know about a character, and I want to know why a character made the decisions they made, mm. and that's what I enjoy, mm. and I find with comics, you don't get that. You just get a really simplistic thing with a really one-dimensional character is what I find from mainstream uh, comics. Uh, I, 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 I think... I so the. So, uh, here's the thing: uh, the the comics that you're talking about, you have to look at them at like uh, as long running sitcoms, right? If you've never watched that sitcom, you could just sit down one day and watch an episode, and someone just walks through the door, and everyone claps, and you have no idea why they're clapping or why their character's popular. Yeah, I personally don't right? do that. If I watch, but, yeah, I but I'm just saying, one. manga is more like it's a it's movies, right? Yeah. It's generally, mangas are not that long, but you got to look at com as Western comics, especially from Marvel and DC. You got to look at them at like the long-running sitcom 
that just has so many characters that if you were to sit down at any point and just watch an episode, you wouldn't really. But you may have to put time and the effort to go back and maybe. Yeah, yeah, which is which is fine, and I and I totally get that. So I think that's a great analogy. It's something that I don't want to do, mm. and unfortunately, I think it's something that a lot of people don't want to do, and so that's why Western comics is a declining market. Mm. Whereas manga isn't a declining market. Manga is still a very popular market. Mm. Uh, of, I, it, look, uh, I agree with you, but it's more than just that. Like, no, there's because, obviously because, more, because Western comics used to be popular, and it was the same formula. They sold by the millions. Mm. It's more to do with the dec uh, declining quality in in the books, and especially with Marvel, the amount of reboots. I think also price, okay. uh, price, okay. and other, price oh, and other mate, options. I hate reboots. I, oh, yeah, price is another, yeah, price another is, factor as well. I hate reboots. I, ha I hate retcons. I fucking hate yeah, all of that unfortunately, shit. Unfortunately, Dion, I Kill the fucking character. So do I. Do, dude, Dion, frankly, so do I, but I tell you who loves it, Marvel and DC. Fucking hell. Yeah, the, I... And, and Look, let's be honest, their businesses, they're there to make money. But, guess, but you know what? They're, they're making less money now, and they're selling to less readers, and what they keep doing is jacking the price up and rebooting the series to try to get the speculators to buy the comics. The, the way that they're running their businesses right now is the, the comic line I'm talking about is the thinking yeah, is yeah. so short-term, it's almost, it's, it's almost not even quarter to quarter. It's almost month to month now. And they Do you are, think that's because all the the, the, the CEOs and stuff are, are focusing so much on the MCU and yeah, the DC universe, yeah. and, and they've put their little lackeys in the comic line, and then obviously lackeys don't know what they're doing? I, well, uh, I, I also think as well that the entire – I think they're scared to shake up the distribution model because the stores are dependent mm -hmm. on the week-to-week -week hardcore audience just to keep the lights on. And the second that they move away from that, and they already are, that both Marvel and DC now have – really quite big comic book apps where you can have a Netflix experience. You pay an annual fee and you get access to mm. a vast amount of comics. Oh, are you, are you guys there still? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, okay, sorry, you cut out for a second. Um, they are starting to move away from it, but they're scared to radically move away from the format, which has got the declining audience and the higher prices, because the second they do that, it's going to shake up the comic book stores and it'll probably wipe out a good third of them. And they're sort of in. They're sort of trying to have their cake and eat it too. But what they're not doing is reaching new readers. They're, they're, they're and they're actually losing readers. And they're in a quandary. At the same time, though, the the, the movies are making billions. So I think, you know, in, in essence, part of part, part of the question is the overall company is making a lot of money out of the IPs, but the actual publishing lines they're really struggling uh, to make any real money at all and it's it's kind of sad frankly uh they've lost a lot of audience they're very reliant Dion, on reprints they reprint everything now all the old stuff is all getting reprinted and i think does quite well for them so they're very reliant on sort of their reruns almost um to be honest so from what i'm hearing is that really they should get better authors in and they should up the quality do long runs with their characters, yeah. Like what I want with mm. with a start and a finish. Don't retcon it. Just you know, just maybe have a, a few issues where you kind of tell a bit of the backstory, whatever, and like a sitcom. Um, and then should just do long runs with better quality authors. Really, is what yeah. I'm, I'm I'm hearing. I agree. I I think um that's a big factor right now. I think that unfortunately what they've done right now is for a while they chased an imaginary customer. They, 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 after years of being 
massively old-fashioned. Like, for years. For years, it was like the criticism that it was all male, white, straight heroes was actually quite accurate. You know what I mean? And mm. that was that was that was really quite an accurate assessment. Then what they did was over the last I'd say five, six, seven, eight years, they chased the imaginary Twitter user, and they've gone really woke in the, in the most superficial way possible too. Can I say? And unfortunately, what they've done is they've further hurt the brand. They haven't increased sales, and they've alienated a lot of readers. So- and you know they're struggling. So as you were just saying, Batman, my issue with this is, like, why retcon Batman to be bisexual in this? Why not just oh, make yeah. a new character that's bisexual totally or a new character that's black or a new female black character? Totally like, agree. I don't think they have to change their characters no, no. to pander to to this audience. I don't know why they can't just make new they characters for a newer you. audience. And the Bat family is massive. It already has, by the way, gay characters in the Bat family. There, there are gay and bisexual characters in the Bat family already. The Bat which fam- is great. I- which is great, yeah, and, but- I, and I'm for it. And they could easily create uh, an alternate gay Batman in Earth-47 if they wanted to. They could easily do that, yeah, you know. I will tell you why that they do it. Mm-hmm. Because if they create a new character, it has no name recognition. Yeah, and I get that. I do get that. And I, I'm, But at the same time, I think you should, they, if they built the name recognition yeah and advertised properly and had a great authors yeah but again that's too long they need they need immediate results yeah. right now they need they're very they're right. they're very yeah. short term they they're, don't yeah. need that because they've got the money from their MCU that they so they got, capitalism wise they don't actually need this money they could actually spend yeah. it's not even that much money really no, I know. it's a, it's a yeah. to make these characters good to get new IPs which they can then convert into movies to make lots more money it's true Unfortunately, Dion, they what they do instead is, as Richard says, the publishing yeah, line they, is just so they're they're so focused on trying to hold on to their jobs because they're all getting cut. You know, they just they they're, they're just how many bisexual people are reading Batman compared to straight people? Do you know what I mean? It is a small like, amount. It's a small amount. Pers- you know, yeah. just, like, but, mate, but even look, even if every single bisexual person was. It's still not enough reason. <laughs> that's what like, I mean. So what's the point? You know, I don't but know. That's, yeah, I do, but yeah, but as the but as they've said, they they chasing the activists, the loud activists on Twitter. And guess what? They don't buy comics. Yeah, they just no, I know. They, they just complain. They, they they love to complain, basically. Yeah, no. I mean, it, look, they may buy the first issue to to show. Yeah, I buy the first issue because oh, he came yeah. out as gay, but they won't buy issue two or three or four no. or five or six. Well, funnily but, enough, and the other thing is this: the story's not strong enough, anyway. The so stories, kind of, oh, the stories cause... are often Dion. The, the stories around it are, are often so mediocre. What they're also they're they're so short term that they're actually just thinking of that month's sales and all the speculators who will buy that issue. Because they're praying yeah. to God that that's the issue that blows up in price, you know, in 20 years. It's like years. when the news, you know, when like a Disney movie comes out, like Star Wars 3 came out and they, the box office blew up because everybody goes to watch it. And yeah. then they don't care about the critical reviews where this was a shit movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So they, they all just, they want their short term money. But I'm like, yeah, but you're fucking your franchise up here. Exactly. You don't even see it. And and but, then you pay for it years later because you mm-hmm, fucked it up so right. badly. You've got to then write around it and fuck around with it all. If, mm-hmm. if only it had a plan. Yeah, it's it's. But a, my my yeah. issue is is that they do it in such a childish way. Yeah. Like you look at the authority with mm. Midnight and Apollo. Yeah, it's a great book. That was written in such a, a mature and adult way. Yeah. That it never bothered anyone that they were gay. 
they were fan favorites. That's right. Of those books, and they were because it was in a mature adult way. It was everything well told. that's done now yeah. is all yeah, but everything written now is just written in some childish mm. way. daily mail so I don't care. Like, like you, you you've lost me. I don't yeah. give a shit. Now moving yeah, exactly. on to this for Daily Mail headlines. It is anyway, it yeah. is, unfortunately. Now moving on to the next item. Rich, you brought this item up about Batman Fortress. What's happening in Batman Fortress? So Batman So I haven't read it yet, but uh, someone uh, uh, told me that in Batman Fortress issue one, uh-huh. there's basically a, 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 a rioting and looting going on, right? There's people uh, kinda like how like this BLM riots were going, and things are burning. Oh, yeah. People are smashing shop windows. They're stealing crap. They whatever. And Batman's just on a rooftop watching it, going, "It's not my job to <laughs> stop writers and protect businesses." Bottom what? line. So Batman, Batman's like, when did Batman not... become Green Arrow. Well, when did Batman stop fucking defending? I mean, normally a riot, he'd be in that. Like, so what? He he's approving of the riots now, is he? Yes, he's the he's now he's gone the Green Arrow route where he's a millionaire who's decided oh, that Jesus. other millionaires, other rich people, even just probably even people above the line are don't need protection from right. This is where because, it's you know, so they lame. deserve it. it. This is this is where Dion, you're so right. This is where you get the social activist writing the comic, Dion. And this Batman and yeah. this comic is so different from the other Batmans and all the other Batman comics and there's no consistency. And then as somebody that's, you know, a casual comic book reader like myself, I don't want to read that comic, and I don't want – and I'm just all, turned off pretty much Batman at this point. Well, so then, sucks. You know, so. Yeah, well, again, the issue with these activist writers, right, is generally they have this, like, oh, I want to write about, you know, lesbian ducks. Yeah. Right? And then what happens is someone will come to them and say, oh, we want you to write Batman or we want you to write Star Wars, right? And instead of them saying, oh, I'm, yeah, oh, yeah. let me think of the best Star Wars or the best Batman, they go, yeah. hmm, they how jam can the I get my lesbian into ducks into this mm. uh, book that they need me to write? And so that's the problem with the writing mm. today. Yeah. That's a shame, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, and you could do it far more subtly. Like, frankly, yeah, that's if, right, I, if I was writing Batman, I would probably introduce – I'm just saying if I had a long run, it's quite likely you could introduce a, a, a gay character or two or whatever and have a storyline and whatever. I guess not – Unheard well, like, of, but if, if, do it if I was writing BLM Batman, you'd have you let the protest peaceful protesters go, and then if there's <laughs> riders as Batman, you'd stop the riders and you'd say, I I I, st- I stand with black people here, but I don't condone violence and rioting. Like, you know what I mean? You could do it yeah. that way too. But they're scared. Like, to, that's and that's how they used to do it, Dion. That's how he was been done since the late seventies. But now they're scared. They're so scared. And they're cr- they're craven and they're fools. Scared of who? But they're scared of who? This is oh, they're they're scared of they're scared of like the inevitable Twitter backlash. Basically, they're scared of getting their their name in bleeding cool. They're scared of a bit of Facebook heat. Then, as you say, Dion, that's what makes them so cowardly. They're scared of not much. All publicity is good publicity, mate. I, I, I know, bet but... you right now. I, I, they wrote like that, and then somebody on Twitter blew it up and said, oh, my God, like, you know, some some crazy person. That, but, Dion, you know, that's how it always what? was. A that's... bunch of people are going to buy that issue to read it. Yeah, but, Dion, that's how it always was. But in the last five years, or I would say five to eight years, They've gotten really averse, and they're real. They are. They are running scared, and it's hilarious because yeah, you're right. What are they scared of? They're scared of a fucking Twitter mob. Who gives a fuck about a Twitter mob? You know, As like you said, Batman's 85 years old. I'm pretty sure he will. Uh, he he's not going to get cancelled because of one he's comic. Not, he's not going to get cancelled. But but I'm Please, just saying. Anyway. But DC, I agree with you guys. DC and Warner's they they are very scared of their of their kind of going again. They they don't want Batman to be. 
the old man with the old man views, you know, get off my lawn. They want Batman to yeah, somehow be fine. young and trendy. And that's fine, but, like, young and trendy doesn't mean, like, what this issue sounds like it no. means. I think they've, they've, they've what they've done is they've read the Twitter ecosphere and think this is what young people are thinking when really it's probably not. Again, it goes back to me. It shows the immaturity of, yeah, of the, writers, the, the writers because yeah. they, 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 a lot of people they're thinking today is, oh, it doesn't matter. Business has got insurance. And you go, yes, and half the time insurance don't that. get fucking paid out or yeah. they don't cover the full That's amount. That's a fucking like, shit argument too. Or they, or they, or they up the premiums. Yeah. It's also the editors, though. Who are the editors? Yeah, the, 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 editor, the editors, editors are well. asleep. You know what I would have loved to have seen? Batman go straight into that fucking ride and start belting people left, right, and center, as he used to do, just beating the shit out of people. Uh, and, yeah. you know, letting the cops clean it up I would like that. to see Batman kill people personally, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, we had an interesting one here. A kind of common obsession of mine on Signal is trying to get to the bottom of the Sith and Richard often explains it to me. Now, apparently, Rich, I was reading an article on Facebook that the Sith, you know, like, you know, what's his name, Palpatine and all those other guys, the Sith eyes are generally mm. yellow, correct? Is this right? In general, they turn yellow, especially when they're being evil, such as Anakin in the, in the prequels. I think when he kills whoever he kills, the prequels of the sand people or something, his eyes flash yellow. Now, the, um, yeah, this yeah. is what this is what the article claims, Rich. I don't know how true it is. You know a lot more about the Sith than me. Now, but the question was, why was Count Dooku's eyes never yellow? And the answer is, and I, this is for discussion, because he did not have the same motivation and emotions as other Sith. He was an idealist who left the Jedi because he thought they lost their way. He was displeased with the growing corruption in the Republic Senate. As such, he was motivated by philosophical and political goals, not by dark side ambitions. Um, Why did Kylo Ren never have yellow eyes? Like then? Rage and Conquest. I don't know. That's another. I'm throwing it open to the panel because I don't know enough about it. Did he have yellow eyes at any point, Kylo Ren, Rich? No, he did not. No. Look, look. Uh, don't don't put too much stock into the Sith yellow eye thing because there's lots of Sith that didn't have yellow eyes. It's just a. Uh, what about Palpatine? It's one his of those, eyes weren't yellow. It's were one they? of those inconsistent. No, his his eyes. They went. They red. made his eyes yellow. Um, when he was the Emperor. In the original movie, and then after he burnt his face, they went yellow. But it, it, the entire time that he was um, Emperor, uh, he was Palpatine. He didn't have the yellow eyes. So, so when he was just a chancellor yeah, or whatever. I mean, he was just normal, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So don't don't put too much stock into the whole. Like, oh, okay. when you become Sith, your eyes turn yellow because, there's, as I said, there's. I don't think Darth Revan had yellow eyes. I don't think Darth Malak had yellow eyes. Uh, there was a couple of um, like a. Uh, to pull again, these are old ones, didn't really have yellow eyes. Does I think Darth Vader? What someone did, uh, no, because remember when he takes the helmet, well, people argue, oh, but when he became good, then his eyes went back to yellow. It's like, yeah, it doesn't, it's not, I don't think it works like that. I don't know. Right. Um, it's the yellow eye thing is a very uh, inconsistent right. thing in the Star Wars universe. Okay. Mm. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, it'd be interesting to see. They usually in... did it in like, they usually did it in the video games to show, like, if your character was going to the dark side or uh, becoming evil. So I think they maybe incorporated that a little bit, you know, because, again, in the originals, when you first see Palpatine, he's got those yellow eyes. And so I think, you know, people just made, like, uh, leaps of logic and, 
conclusions and just use things and and you know it's it's not a it's not a um uh, a concrete law or anything like right, that. right okay all right well that's interesting um it'd be interesting to see in the uh in the obi-wan show firstly if obi-wan and darth vader fight will be interesting and secondly will we see surely we're going to see hayden christensen with the mask off surely we're going to see that scene it would um maybe well again you see, but, you see, but even, even even that movie was inconsistent because he's and then when he first started fighting Obi-Wan, they weren't yellow. Yeah. They were back to normal. And then by the end when Obi-Wan, they were yellow again. So I go, it's, yeah, the yellow eye thing is just a, it's just a thing that is not set in stone. When Obi-Wan says, I have the higher ground, Anakin, uh, Anakin's eyes yellow then? I believe so, yes. Okay, right. Uh, now, guess what? Our fucking favourite director that we just love to fucking hate, J.J. Abrams... Is fuck it. Why does JJ Abrams get all the good properties? He's revving up a new live action speed racer. I would prefer I would prefer almost anybody else in the world to be directing this. Why does JJ? Why does he have so much hype about him? He hasn't. I was trying to figure Uh, out if he did Star Wars, but he didn't do anything else other than what uh, eight millimeter. It's not what you know, it's who, it's you, who know. you know. I know that, and but it's so weird. I fucking like, hate he's not it. even a very good director. He's never done, he hasn't done any good movies. Dude, and if you look at his stuff he's directed, he hasn't even directed that many movies. He's more he's oh, pro- that's what I mean. He's produced hundreds of hours of fucking TV, but um and, and movies. Well, but start, I think he started his career off as a screenwriter. Okay. He did Lost. He did Lost. He no, did even Alias. before that, he did Alias. Um, Alias. Uh, no, no, but no, no. But even before that, man, he wrote the 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 script for Rega- was it Regarding Henry with Harrison Jesus. Ford. We're really digging back yeah. in the files then for that. Yeah. What did he say when he got shot in the head and he loses his memory? Yeah, I've seen uh, the movie. It's not he, bad. He was yeah. he 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 wrote Taking Care of Business and Regarding yeah. Henry. So he started his career off as a screenwriter. Yeah, screenwriter. Maybe he should have stayed that, and maybe he would have got he, better. He, better. And he wrote Armageddon. So he wrote a few good good films, but obviously. Early on, yes, <laughs> but 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 no, no. But you got to remember that a film's rewritten three times, right? As uh, Stanley Kubrick said, it's it's written in the screenplay, then it's rewritten when they shoot it, and then it's rewritten in the edit. Yeah, not not the new J.J. Abrams movie. And let's not no, forget his, his that's the issue. He did one of the most shit TV shows of all time, Felicity. God, I used to hate that show. That was just yeah, the well. the show that the girls were always watching, and you're just like, oh my god, when will the show end? Um, I watched it, mate, so I can't tell you. Super 8 was a decent movie. See, out of all these movies, oh, Super 8's probably my favourite. I didn't like it. I didn't mind I didn't it. even get through it all. I didn't love it, but I didn't mind it. Um, but what what annoys me is just the way he gets his hands on every fucking property. Star Trek, and then he got Star Wars, and he fucked Star Wars hard, and now he's on Speed Racer, a fucking property that I personally love. Why does JJ to have to fair, be to be fair to him, Ryan fucked Star Wars, I feel. Yeah, but I don't think JJ did a great job either, Dion. I don't think Force no, Awakens' well, storyline was very I, good. I have, I have big issues with the first movie. I have big issues because he literally took A New Hope and um, Just replicated Empire Strikes it. Back, put, yeah. put a female protagonist in, uh, put a black guy in that, when you think about it, really has no meaning at, ever, at all so in the whole shit. fucking He was universe. so shit, that character. Um, and, and then just remade... The fucking a new hope. I'm like, what the fuck's this shit? And then was, and then I, I walked out to him and was like, how good was that? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's just the new hope with neo Nazis. Was just a re, was just a reheat, basically. Literally, 
everything was the same. They found her on Tatooine. He's, he's a very unimaginative. He's a very very unimaginative man, and I and I've never understood the hype, like the level of hype. But he's so rich that he obviously gets on all these fucking properties. You know, he, as Richard says, who you know. Oh, he now, drives hang me on, crazy. hang on. So you, you got to split the blame though a little bit. Um, Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy, Kennedy. Gets oh, most of the, most of the blame. I fucking hate that bitch. I hate her. Now, where where JJ mucked up is that he thought he'd be only doing the first movie. So he thought all he would have to do is remake the first, you know, between him and yeah. Kathleen Kennedy, they were like, oh, let's really do the, 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 the first movie, but we'll make it with a girl. <laughs> and they just remade that. And yeah. JJ set some things up. And he just thought, well, not my problem. Someone else will have to figure out. Classic JJ. Classic go. JJ, ah. by the way. Mystery well, box. You know, well, Ruin Johnson came in and said, fuck it. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm <laughs> chucking everything out the window. Yeah. And that's what, yeah. And that's where the, if, if, if they had just got someone who said, okay, okay, what can I do with all these fucking plates that JJ has put there? What can I do with it? What can I spin out of it? We could have got a better movie, but he yeah. said we got a guy who came in and said, "Don't want any of it. Chuck it all out. I'm kind of rewriting my own movie with yeah. no but ties." But then to the J- JJ tried to, in the third movie, tried oh. to type all these uh, storylines that really weren't really there and really like and he could have. He failed. Well, that was, he that's failed. the pettiness because right because JJ came and said, oh, "You're going to throw out my stuff. Well, I'm going to throw out your stuff. Fuck you." Like it's fucking it. weird, man. And, but then now Ryan's got doing three Star Wars movies. I'm like, uh, what? They're, they're, they're very delayed, Dion. They're, they're very they, delayed, my friend. That that that, that uh, trilogy is still up in the air. Well, it was, it was put back on ice officially like last week. But Thank they've been God. talking about they've been talking about that trilogy uh, before Last Jedi came out. They were talking about that. So that is still going on, but but can I just say, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be brave here. I I know it didn't do well at the box office. I know everybody hates it, but I have a soft spot for the Speed Racer movie. That the oh lo- no, I love the Speed Racer. I like it. Speed Racer. Yeah. is fun. I, I I own the Blu-ray. I, I I like it. I saw it at the cinema. I enjoy it. Sometimes I just go. I don't give a shit what happened at the box office. I like the movie. Yeah, you know. This is the thing, and that's what I was saying before. The studios are so focused on the box office; they don't think about the critical acclaim of of a whole franchise. And yeah. but you know, yeah, it was a good movie. I was it was fun as well. It was fine. Yeah, people liked it. Yeah. Now, um, I don't know about this, but you probably don't know this character, Dion. It's called Blue Beetle. It's a it's a minor DC character, but they it's actually a pretty cool character. And they're doing, I think, a TV show on HBO. Rich and they have you seen the suit? I think it looks badass. I have it. It looks it looks good, even in daylight. Yeah, they've, hmm. it's actually a pretty cool character, Dion. It's he's what is it, Rich? It's kind of like a it's kind of like a, a cybernetic suit, but it, it it almost has a mind of its own kind of thing. It's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a scarab that's of like alien origin that basically has fused to his spine, like in the middle of his back, mm. and it basically creates an exo. Skeleton mm. suit around him, kind of like Iron Man, but uh, it can like just um, like Iron Man and Venom mixed together. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, mm. yeah, the 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 thing speaks to him. They like communicate. Yeah, it's pretty and cool because it's an alien technology. He has to keep like it just wants to sometimes like kill shit, and he's like, no, don't do that. Like, and it was an so example. Yeah, it, yeah, that's actually a fantastic. That's actually a fantastic uh, amalgamation. It, it's Venom meets uh, Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. And it was a fantastic. It was a long-running DC character that they rebooted with a L- Latina lead. Like 
20 years ago and it was really good and it's actually been in some of the animated movies and stuff and I think some of the shows and everything and, and, and Jamie Reyes is that the name of the character Rich I think mm. uh, yeah no it's good stuff I, I, I will definitely watch that is, is the show actually just Blue Beetle or is it Blue Beetle and everyone else is it or is it just Blue Beetle? Blue, I, I think it's just Blue Beetle, but I think it's going to have. It's probably going to have a boost of gold or something. It's like. blue. I'm just, for, this is my reading. It's called the Blue Beetle movie. Um, oh, movie! It's not a show. Okay. No, it's a movie. Yep. Um, by Warner Brothers. That's all I've got so okay. far. Well, yeah. I, no, I, it looks like it's just it's, it's a standalone. Okay. Well, um, I tell you what. And, um, go ahead, Rich. Blue Beetle. I just want to. I just want to say, the Blue Beetle, in some form, has been around since 1940. Wow, really? Yeah, uh, it's Conrad Carapax as the, did I say that right, as the villain. Okay, cool. Well, I'm definitely down for it. I, I, I will check it out. And, and all these all these shows come and movies come to HBO Max very quickly. So the streaming window is getting closer and closer to release date now, which for lazy yeah. viewers like Man, I wish I wish HBO Max was in Australia. Dion, you can easily I, get it via a VPN, as I've told you about a thousand. I know times. I can, but but my issue is the way my my setup at home is. It's hard to put the VPN. I could, I'd have to run off my router, which is just I can't be bothered. Okay, fair enough. Well, it, it is a good service. I will say, will say that. Now we have a a kind of the Jurassic. I don't even know what it's called, but the the latest Jurassic World movie is on its way. Cool. I think they're calling it beating a dead dinosaur. Um, it's seriously this <laughs> franchise. This franchise peaked. In about 1999 or eight, and we're still yeah. going. You know. You know what? That that first movie started off so Excellent. well, and then Excellent. they fucked it up. They fucked it up. They but they fucked up the movie, man. That storyline was good, but it was so weird. And then they did the second movie, which was just shit. And then I don't even know if I was there a third movie. I don't well, even well, know. I think well, yeah, there was, was three originals. I, I think I I watched the third movie on the plane. I think and it was forgettable. Mm. Yeah, it was. But anyway, so. In the original, Laura Dern and Sam Neill were obviously in it, and now they're talking about the age difference because now apparently we all have to be offended because the age difference was 20 years. Um, Sam Neill was talking about it. I'm 20 years older than Laura, which at the time was a completely appropriate age difference for a leading man and lady. Uh, Yada, yada, yada. Um, They realised that this maybe wasn't completely appropriate after all. Uh, it never occurred to me until I opened a magazine and there was an article called Old Geezers and Gals. People like Harrison Ford and Sean Connery acting with much younger people. And there I was on the list. I thought, oh, come on, it can't be true. Dern was 23 when she started filming Jurassic Park and she too thought the age difference with her leading man was completely appropriate. And it was only now, this is her quote, it was only now when we, when we returned in a moment of cultural awareness about the patriarchy that I was like, wow, we're not the same age? And I'm just like, God, Laura Dern, could you please be quiet now? Um, yeah, I mean, you took the money. Again, I, I noticed you turned up for the sequel. You took the cash, and here you are kind of having a bit of a sort of like moment where you're like, oh, wow, well, it's not appropriate after all. It's like it was not the point of the fucking film. Why isn't it appropriate? Well, like, exactly. This is the thing. I, yeah. You guys bring this stuff up I've never even heard about. Like, the age is just a number, like – when you're 40 mm. and somebody's, you know, 20, it's a bit weird, I guess. But when you're 50 and 30, it's fine. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Well, dude, there's people out there now. There's girls out there now walking around with guys who are 20 years older than them in real life. So it's not like it's not a thing. You know what I mean? Like, and you can no. flip the script. Like, it definitely happens. And I won't get into it, but there's let's... lots of guys walking around with girls that are 20 oh. years older. You got, well, so. One, you guys are missing the most important 
aspect of this What's that? shit. <laughs> it's called acting. They weren't acting their age in the movie. No, yeah. I, that's the other thing. You're right, Richard. Like, they're not acting their age. And, and I don't think Samuel looked 20 years older than her in the no, movie. She uh, looked yeah. quite older. Than and she by did the way, look old. I don't she did look 23. They kissed in the movie. I don't even think they kissed in the it movie. Was for bare, God's sake. The, 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 the so-called relationship was fucking barely there, you know. Like, so wait, what, so what, what's this article? Say? I don't, Jay, what is the point of this? What's the point of this article? The point, the point of this article is that Laura Dern felt she had to sort of like give a bit of a think piece because she's renowned now for being little miss, little miss, you know, uh, PC. And she was just doing the. I like the way she's like. It was only it's, once it's I took the enormous check, of fame, bro. It's what is it? It's, it's, it's her fifteen minutes of fame. She she's like, oh, I'm not I'm not relevant anymore, and I'm a Hollywood actor. I need to say something I need to say that's going to be controversial. Yeah, that's all. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you you turn up to the opening of the envelope if there was fucking a million dollars in it, Laura. So please, you know, don't don't um don't 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 try to dilute us. Now, something of interest. Viggo Mortensen, we know him as Aragorn from the Lord of the Rings movies, uh, Dion. We did all of them on Cinema of Doom. Remember? I know him as the Russian mobster from that really good movie. Eastern Promises. Eastern Promises, is that the one? Uh, yes, that one. So yeah. I, I know him from movie. Hidalgo. I love that movie. It, good movie. I like Hidalgo. Also, Hidalgo is one of my favourites. Also, Hi- History of Violence. History of Violence he's in as well. Yes, that was good, yes. Anyway, so Viggo Mortensen was um, – the, the article says he didn't remember about the Amazon Lord of the Rings. Well, firstly, he's not in it, so I don't think he needs to fucking remember it. But anyway, um, he, he, he was asked about it when he was promoting something else about the Amazon Lord of the Rings show, and he said, oh, yeah, right, I'll watch that, he confirmed, though he immediately inquired about the law. Do you know what source material they're using? What were they allowed to see, to use, he asked. Which I, I like this guy. He's actually got a brain. And upon being caught up and learning it was connected with the Tolkien estate, his official verdict was, that's cool, it'll be fun to see. This is a classic case of a, of a reporter trying to make something controversial or, or newsworthy, which really is just him going, oh, yeah, they're doing that. Oh, and he and he knows enough about the Tolkien estate. How how involved with the Tolkien estate? Like, or is it just another fucking rip off? Like when they tried to get him in Hobbit, he said there is no way I will appear in Hobbit because Aragorn isn't in the book. <laughs> he actually just Legolas shut... didn't fucking care the boss. No, Legolas did not care. You are right. Uh, Orlando Bloom turned up in his own separate fucking film and was just fucking awful in the Hobbit movie. I agree, the Hobbit movies, which is another. I honestly think. Dan, would you agree The Hobbit should have been one movie? No need for three. Hey, look, I've got a very, I've got very big opinions on this because I actually feel really bad for Peter Jackson. You know, he was brought in late. The, the studio wanted three movies when he only wanted two. He had to retrofit a bunch of stuff in from the Sumerian or however you say it um, for the third movie. And I just feel the studio fucked him and fucked his um, reputation with those three movies. But, but can I also just say mm. he's. <laughs> In a way, it's also his fault, and I'm being it's been this in a funny way because they wanted the original Lord of the Rings movies to be only two movies, and Peter Jackson said no, it has to be three movies, and he fought them, and then he comes along and says this needs to only be like two movies, and they're like no, three movies, just like the Lord but, of the Rings. But like, yeah. if you're the studio, you're like, well, wait a second, Lord of the Rings was three separate parts to the book, three yeah. books really. That makes sense that it's three movies. Hobbit's one book, but it's a long book, two movies. What? But they just wanted to, again, it's just yeah. they want to milk it, the milk the IP. But and the, then they the, the Hobbit isn't sure a particularly down. long book. The, the, like Lord, no, of the Rings, Lord of the Rings are three fairly chunky books. You could yeah. really, if you really wanted to, if you wanted to include more, you could have made Lord of the Rings even more than three movies if you really wanted to. 
But, Actually, but, what I like to see is them recut all three of the Hobbit movies into one or two, one long movie or two movies. I reckon it'd be a yeah, lot better. I agree. Um, I, am I right in saying Guillermo del Toro was originally going to direct the Hobbit? I believe, and then he, yes, and then he, he pulled, he pulled out. out. Yeah, he pulled out late in the piece. He was a producer listed, but yeah, he pulled out quite late in the piece, and that's when they went to Peter Jackson, who was fighting him in the courts for a long time over, I believe, Return of the King profits. Um, yeah, and he eventually won that court case. Actually, damn right, he um, won it. Yeah, because uh, they really tried to screw him. So there, there was quite a poisonous relationship between Jackson and New Line Cinema for a while. Um, now, speaking of the Blue Beetle film, it's reportedly cast uh, Ted Lasso star. How do you pronounce his name? Jason Sudeikis as a major character. Yeah. I like Sudeikis. this actor, Sudeikis. Yeah, I like this actor. Yeah, he's good. He's very good. He's been off. He's funny. He's, he's obviously going to be Booster Gold. Come on, is he rich? It has to be. Okay, yeah. I mean, have you seen Tadakis and the yeah. characters that he plays yeah. in movies? Yeah. That's Booster Gold, man. Okay, well, yeah, I'd be down for that. Um, did you see the thing the other day? You know how he split with his wife, um, Olivia, is it Wilde? Um, you know, the actress who's now a director? And she was presenting mm-hmm. her film at this, at this um, like a sort of some sort of uh, Hollywood uh, presentation of films. So she was presenting the film and she actually got served with custody papers as she was presenting. Really? <laughs> by, by him because they're broken up. Yeah, they broke the marriage broke up. And yeah, he served her with custody papers as she was presenting her film to, uh, that was about to go to be screened for the first time or something. It was it was pretty amusing. Uh, this the process of it just came up and left the uh, the papers like at the, on the podium. And she went and picked up and goes, "Curious, what's this?" And then she looked at it and her face just went kind of like blank. And she's like, "Okay, thanks." <laughs> was, oh wow! Yeah, it was it was they're having quite a bitter custody dispute. Anyway, um, now. Our old friend Kathleen Kennedy had a uh, really great had a great uh, quote this week. Star Wars. I'm sure it's another gem. It's another gem. It's along the lines of we don't have years worth of comics to make stuff about, and we we do. Well, they had about twenty years, but anyway, she's saying Star Wars is now about persistent storytelling, not trilogies. We needed to all work together to create the architecture for where we are going. This is her quote. Um, can we unpack this, Dion? What do you think? Um, Persistent storytelling makes it seem like no matter where you go, there'll be a Star Wars fucking TV show. It's just it's the same issue they had with Western comics. That's all they're just milking it for yeah. the money and the which IP, and but the, which is the short term. The long term is that are literally eroding their IP to the point where people won't want to watch it. Um, so yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan. I like Star Wars, and at the point this point, I'm like it's it's, it's something I don't want to watch anymore. Will like, I'm not Obi-Wan? even excited for Obi-Wan. I'll, I'll watch it, obviously. I'll watch it because I, I like Star Wars, but I, I'm not excited for it like I was for Mandalorian. Yeah. What I did mean, you even think? Book what... of Boba Fett, when they fucked up Boba Fett, yeah. I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? The best part of Boba Fett was the Mandalorian. Yeah, they and fucked up I, Boba Fett like you wouldn't believe. But, like, I don't even understand why he's a bumbling fool getting beaten by fucking, I don't know, anyway, whatever. Yeah. No, I tend to agree. What did you think, Dion, of the blue bounty hunter? Because I was a big fan of him. What was his name, Richard? The blue bounty hunter who turned up Cad at the end? Cad Bane. Cad Bane. I was a big fan of his work. Yeah, no, Cad Bane was cool. I like Cad Bane. He's got cool armor as well. And, um, yeah, I like that duel with the dark saber in Boba Fett where he fights the Mandalorian and loses. Yeah, he gets, he gets owned. Din, Din, Din Jin or whatever. Din Jaren beats him. Yeah, yeah. 
No, it's pretty cool. Um, Rich- I've, I've, I've got a Boba Fett and a Mandalorian um, Funko Pop now. Did I tell you, Dave? Oh, that's cool. That's pretty cool. I might come to your house <laughs> and steal those. I would like well, to. Hey. You know what, Dave? As you said at the start of this show, you can come to my house and steal them, but I'll probably behead you with my axe. <laughs> also, who steals Funko Pops? Exactly. <laughs> Me. Me, because I want Dion's, uh, I want Funko Boba Pops Fett. are like the worst thing ever invented. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I only own two, Richard. I, I, I agree with you. I actually don't like them, but I do like the, the Mandalorian and the Boba Fett ones. They just, you know, they, I like the aesthetic of that. I mean, no, I, take my hat, hey, I take my hat off to the guy that, that did the whole thing and just said, I literally have one mold. Yeah. And one stance, and I'm going to make a billion dollars. I take it's my hat insane. off to it, but it's insane. the people that spend this money and they've got like 50... Funko Pops on the show, and I go, why? They all look the same. Dude, so I bought my Mandalorian Funko Pop for like $15, right? It's, I think it's worth like 200 and something dollars now. Just, it's ridiculous. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Well, um, what do you think, Rich, about persistent storytelling? Anything to say, or have we kind of this said already? This woman is a idiot who <laughs> always seems to learn her lessons after she fucks up. Yeah, but she doesn't learn her lessons. She doesn't even learn them. After no, no, no. She I didn't up. say no, no. I didn't say that she learned the right lessons. I just said she learns lessons <laughs> after what? she fucks up. I don't. I don't think she learns anything. I think she's just a fucking. No, moron. she learns the wrong lessons. Yeah, I know. Like, she's fucking. But she learns lessons only after she fucks up. So I can't stand her. I, I really can't oh, stand this woman. Again, I, th- this is why I said, you know, you know, again, why is The Mandalorian the most successful show? Not because it's like the best show, like made for Star Wars, but it's an original character mm-hmm. that you can't fuck up because there's no real <laughs> expectations or history. That's Every right. single ma- original character Disney has fucked up. Mm-hmm. Aunt Luke, Leia, R2-D2, 3 Boba Fett's a classic example of how to fuck up. In the, in the movies, he doesn't talk much, right? So you really could do go anywhere with him. And, but he's a pretty much a badass. He's a bounty hunter. Yeah. He kind of doesn't have a big role in the movies, but you know. So, but then what happens is they make this weird backstory mm. where he's like, you know, like oh, oh, he gets he comes out of the Sarlacc pit. He somehow doesn't die. That's fine. I'm like, you know what? You're a badass. That makes sense. And then it goes to this weird way where he he spends time with the Sand People. But and I'm like learning how to fight. And I'm like, but he already knew how to yeah, fight. Exactly. Before yeah. this. So he, was, he was he was he was already then, a very gets, fucking handy fighter. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, and then he gets beaten by this girl with the fucking stick, and I'm thinking, why the fuck would the girl beat you? You're literally the, one of the best bounty hunters in the fucking universe. A sand lady just beat you yeah, with a stick. I, it makes no sense. They don't explain any of that. No, nah, shit. And, the, and, and Except to give him the stick for a later fight. And then, like, he's fighting, and, and he can't aim and shoot people. I'm like, what, are you a fucking stormtrooper now? It, anyway. Yeah, no, it did It made suck. no sense, Richard. It made no sense. The big, Look, the biggest mistake they made with Boba Fett is that he should have been a... Uh, a side character in the Mandalorian show. And yes. when I say side character, I'm a friend of me, uh, yeah. you know, who there's like some relationship between him and Dejaran. It could be, you know, friendly, but also, you know, antagonistic, you know, cause they both, and you know, and he could still show up and one day you find out in the next episode or when he appears again, that he's a crime boss and you're like, Oh, cool. Oh, he's big but you don't have to see it. You no, just, and, just and the other thing that doesn't make sense is that they would be frenemies. They're not friends. Din Djarin is a Mandalorian who follows the creed of Mandalore. Yeah. Boba Fett is a fucking guy wearing some armor. He's not a Mandalorian. He doesn't follow the creed. They have nothing in fucking common other than their Beskar armor. Mm. So why the yeah. fuck are they friends? That's what I'm saying. He should have just been yeah. using the Mandalorian for really cool storylines. 
Yeah, but I agree. Anyway. I agree. But anyway, it was. I should be running Star Wars Day. <laughs> I think a lot of people. I, I tell you, I, I I found the one person, the original character, that they didn't fuck up, and it's a miracle. And that character is Lando Calrissian in the in the in the um, Rise of Skywalker. Wrong. He's entertaining. I will say that for him. Wrong. Yeah, they fucked him up pretty bad, Dave. <laughs> well, I they turned, him, they turned him from this handsome. Slim Casanova mm. to this uh, old plump guy who can't even stand up Dave. or negotiate. Yeah, no, but it. dude, but he was so old. Like the actor, what do you expect from Billy D at this point? Like he's like pushing like eighty-five or something. But that's why I said they should never have used the original characters. <laughs> they should have gone further into the future. Yeah. But oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, in that movie, the only thing that I enjoyed was watching Lando kind of like choke out a few lines. You know. Hey, hey, what what did you think of Solo as a movie? Uh boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not. It's it's. Uh, I mean, it's mediocre. Best I can say. Like, I mean, I'd give not... it. A, I'd give it a six point five. I personally didn't hate it, but no. it wasn't great. I mean, I give I give it a five. I give it like completely middle of the road five, just because it's it's a movie that didn't need to be made. There's nothing in it that is cool, like. Mm. What you did know, you think, like, I never can I can I be honest with you? Not once growing up did I ever wonder. Oh, I wonder how Han got the last name Solo. Yeah, no, I just I assumed think, he was born with that fucking name. I give it about a six day, but I, I think I think they should have. It, so obviously the Kessel Run was in it, but I think they should have made the whole movie about that Kessel Run and how hard it was. Yes, yes. Instead no, of having it as like a side no, fucking story. No, that's where you're wrong because <laughs> the whole fun of the Kessel Run is you don't know what it is and whether Han's lying or not. <laughs> which is which is fair. Which is fair. Um. But yeah, or or he actually, I think Han would have been a good one for a TV show, yeah, like Young Indiana Jones style. But I would have, I would have. You see, you fall, you falling into the same trap as as Disney. (laughs) There's certain characters, they don't need any, they don't need backstory. Like the cool thing about Han is his mystery of his backstory, or like you know, that's why I didn't even read a lot of the novels. That yeah. they that they wrote back in the day of like young Han Solo because I'm like nah I don't I like the mystery of this roguish character who came into their lives. Richard so hates you prequels. Ri- Richard hates prequels. Uh, Dion he hates Which prequels. Is fair. So, so I, I like Han Solo as a character. Me too. I like to watch a show because I I'd like to get to see more of Han Solo. But what an interesting thing to that, Richard. What about if it was uh, what's the there's a the story trope. Um, an unreliable narrator. If there's yeah. an unreliable narrator, so you actually don't know if what Han Solo is saying in this book was true or to, 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 go, to go down. Yeah, I mean, sure, if you did something like that, if you had, like, old man fucking Han telling his grandkid story, and then you don't quite know whether he's lying or embellishing. Exactly. Sure, that's, yeah, that's semi outlandish. I think that would be just a fun little show, and I think you get to see a bit you more know. Han Solo. But anyway... We're As I said, I, I, the, the books I read were all after Return of the Jedi because I wanted to know what was coming next. You know, what does Han, Luke, and Leia get up to? How do they rebuild? You know, I'm more interested in that because the future is unknown. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't know where it's going to go. The problem with prequels is, one, you already know where it has to end up. And two, the, a lot of times they, they, they twist themselves into pretzels to make it happen because... They do they that. They contradict they or they and, and I just don't enjoy that. I just, but I don't, what I they're don't, hoping, Rich, is they're hoping for viewers like me who don't really yes. care that much. Like, we enjoy the ride, but we're not sort of, like, obsessive. But 
they also what they forget to do is make a very good film. Like I, I thought Solo was entertaining, you know, enough, but unfortunately, I think it was doomed. A because I think honestly, Harrison Ford cast a very long shadow as Han Solo. I really think that that was a very tough role for any actor to take. And the film, although I enjoy it, it's not a classic. You know what I mean? And mm. and it's kind of like well. And and they didn't, well, and, okay. you know, they didn't I'm have sorry, the they didn't it, have the strength it, to continue on. Like if but, I was there, but sorry, go but ahead. That yeah. movie failed on many levels though, because it wasn't just the Han Solo character. They completely missed the the, the Lando character. That is not Lando. But see, I, I liked Lando in that. I know you didn't, but I thought Donald Glover did a pretty Richard, good Dave. job. I agree with Richard. Yeah, fair enough. No, and you're, no, you, he you did guys in the majority, version, but that's yeah. not. But mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. As Richard said, he did his version, and his version was fine, but it's not... It's not the classic Lander. But I do... Yeah. No, but, but Dave, I do agree with you. And, yes, I do, in a sense, agree with Kathleen Kennedy when she goes... But, again, the problem with her, she goes, we must never recast. No, 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 no. You you just can't recast characters who are a bit more set in stone. Now, Obi-Wan you can get away with because Obi-Wan doesn't have that much of a presence in the original three movies, right? We get only snippets of Obi-Wan. You know what I mean? It's, They're going to fuck it up. You know, no, they didn't because Ewan McGregor did do a good job as playing young Obi Wan. No, but, but this series that's about to come. Oh, out no, no, this series gonna, will undo it's, it's the, the, This series will undo that good. Hundred percent. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward know, to it, guys. Like, I'm the optimist. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure I'll be disappointed. <laughs> you know, but I don't know. Well, again, you may not be because you've also kind of somewhat been enjoying the Halo TV show and it's absolute shit. Oh, my so. God. No, I'm, no I, I, it is it's a slog. It's not true, is it? It's it, not true. It is, no, I'm not really. It's it's a slog and... Why the fuck it's did they punch. take his helmet off in F1? I hate it, Dion. I, but I hate my it point too. is, for the first couple of episodes, you were like, it's not terrible. I like, was, it's middle I of the road. It's not that bad. terrible. Yeah. But as a Halo fan, it is absolute garbage. It's, it, it is garbage, yeah. Can but we? See, but Richard, yeah. Dave, Dave hasn't played much Halo. No, no, I haven't. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I haven't. I haven't. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. He's the perfect audience member mm. because he has no expectations going into Halo. Like, he doesn't it's know. It's true. If that's I've, I've barely played Halo. I actually read Halo. an interesting opinion on why we hate it. I read an interesting opinion on why we hate the Halo um, shows, Richard. It's actually because... Halo Master Chief, you, he never takes his helmet off. So you play as him as the protagonist, and you can feel that oh, I'm actually Master Chief because he never talks or he doesn't. No, talk I, I disagree with that. <laughs> really? So when you, so you, you, you just assumed he was just going to be a big burly white guy because I just assumed I was Master Chief. And no, I'm like, no, I'm no, 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 no. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about their race. But in the first Halo, yes, you are kind of just playing as Master Chief, right? Yeah. You just think, but. As Halo has gone on, Master Chief has kind of developed his own personality. He's become okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give his you own that. standalone character. And the whole fun of Master Chief was the relationship between him and Cortana. You know, yes. that's the thing. The human is the machine and the machine is the human. Do you know what I mean? That's She's in the show, emotion. though. That's she... in the show. That's in the show. Can I just say that? But, but, but Master Chief works for the UNSC, right? In the fucking show, I'm only watched two episodes and I can't watch anymore, but, I, you know, I, maybe I'll, I'll slog through it. He's already fighting the UNSC. It makes no sense, man. Like, Mate, the storyline makes no fucking he sense. He doesn't wear his helmet. He's banging chicks and having sex. Yeah, and that's I can, weird. I can already spoil it for you if you haven't got to the end. Mm. No, you can Go tell me. It. Go for it, yeah. They kill him and Cortana takes over the suit. <sighs> oh, oh, my God. What? See, like, this is what, it just makes uh, no sense, Richard. Yeah. 
It's not That's good. What I'm no, saying. this is not Halo. Not. I don't know what is on the TV that I'm not watching, but it ain't Halo. Can I can no. I ask a question? Move because I agree with you. Halo. Uh, we've watched five episodes, and it's getting to the point now where it's like, are we just watching this because it's just on and free? You know. But here's a question. You both know, you guys know, a video game franchise that I do love is Assassin's Creed. Now, that's a franchise I've put hundreds of hours into. Now, there's a Netflix show in development. Obviously, they did that appalling movie. Um, do you guys think that I will be? it'll be like a Halo experience for me when they get around to doing the show, or could they Mate, do it uh, you'll, you'll, you'll probably love it, because you like Assassin's Creed, which is like the, it's the video game equivalent of fucking shit. So you're going to probably love the show. Dion, I don't, uh, where, did this hate, where did this hate for Assassin's Creed come from? Because I remember when you were younger, you liked Assassin's Creed. Yeah, the first one was fucking great. And then when okay. on the 30th one, I realized this is just shit. <laughs> there's not 30, Dion. You you know there's not 30. Mate, but as Richard said, it's just the same game. Feels, well, actually, it feels like it when you add it, Assassin's Creed. Uh, it, Far Cry, uh, Watch Dogs, I remember, I remember Dion loving. I remember Dion loving Assassin's Creed 2, which is actually a very good game. I do remember yeah, you I, loved that game. I probably did like 2 because, you know, two. Uh, I liked 1. 1 was actually really good. You learned a lot of history. 2 was probably good. But then after that, I'm just like, when they did 3, and I think I even played 3 and went, this is just shit. This is the same game as well, 1 I, and 2. I, I can tell you, I, I played 1 and 2 in Renaissance Italy. I loved 2. But I never played three, and I played a bit of Black Flag years after it came out, and quite enjoyed it on the pirate ships. But my re-entry to it properly, and I didn't—they—they—they they, they did do a lot of bad sort of side games. I didn't play any of them, so I didn't get poisoned by it. Then I picked up Origins, and I was amazed by just how good it all looked. Like I felt they really upped the visuals. Like a lot. Yeah, look, I'll be honest. I, I don't play video games for the visuals. I play video games for a decent story or a decent gameplay mechanics. That's what I play for. Well, and yeah, I don't but Assassin's, Assassin's Creed has one. Assassin's Creed has one. You're running around. You're jumping. It's super responsive. You know, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, I want a, a game that I'm enjoying. It's challenging. It's not repetitive in the way that I'm fighting everybody. Mm. It's not the same reskin fucking mobs where every oh. time I go to a castle. Repetition isn't a problem. For Yes, that's, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's but why, like, Bun that, like Bungie that, makes good games because even though you're just repeatedly running around shooting shit, it's fun to do. Yes, it. and that's why Quake was really fun and, and stuff. But like with uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is a good example. I went to the first fortress, great. Went to the second fortress, great. I went to the third fortress. All right, this <laughs> is getting a bit samey. Went to the fifteenth fortress. What the fuck? That's yeah. when I stopped playing. I'm just like, oh my god, is this the game? Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, you, your point's been made. But my wider point isn't to debate that because I know both of you guys hate the Assassin's Creed franchise. <laughs> but do you think that... No, I, no, no, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I, I hate Ubisoft. Okay. But my concern is that in my... I, I am so hyped up for this show. I, I search for news for it every week and there's hardly any news. I am worried that when it comes out, it's going to be like Halo is for the Halo fans. You know, but, I mean, it might not be, man. Might, if they'd done Halo right, it would have been great. So it just depends yeah. on who's the showrunner and how they're going to run the show. Yeah, I know. I also want to know what... I also want to know What's, what... What network's it on? Netflix. Yeah, so it's probably not going to be great. There's going to be a Netflix animated show and a live-action show. Yeah, so, I mean, already sounding a bit crap. I'm loving the know. sound of that. Are you kidding? Um, have you guys played Ghost of Tsushima? Yes, mate, I showed you the it's fucking a, game. I bet you did too. It's a great game. 
that yes, that, I finished it. But that's quite like Assassin's Creed. That's quite similar, except it's totally different. Okay, and but like I, well, way better done. And then they stole a bunch of shit for Valhalla. Yeah, but that was good. That was clever. <laughs> I, I liked no, that. Yeah, they it's did not that. clever. Of them. I liked that. Like the wind mechanic in Ghost of Tsushima, oh, I love which. That. I like love that. that sort of stuff was unique, and and it did get a bit repetitive in the end. But like the story was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I I, I think that's an and, amazing game. Yeah, and and, and I felt like that if you just did the main mission, it wasn't too repetitive. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, I I see. I I think that's a. I think that's almost an underrated game. I think that's a fantastic game. But um, I'm pretty sure it won Game of the Year, so I don't think it was that underrated. I suppose so. But people aren't talking about it enough. They're not. Oh they're... god, that game was not underrated at all. Okay. God. No, I'm pretty sure it is. All right. In fact, people were complaining how popular it was and that really? it was cultural appropriation and all that sort of oh, shit. Well, you know what's funny, off. Richard? No, no, this is the great thing. So Sucker Punch made an American studio, and they and then the work activists on Twitter were like, "Oh, this is cultural appropriation." And then the fucking Japanese studio, which on the one that makes Final Fantasy, said, "No, we wish we made this game. This is the most amazing Japanese game ever." Yeah. And then everybody shut the fuck up. Yeah, God, I yeah, hate those people. Well, it was people. the same when they when they were showing that game off at E3. They had uh, uh, one of those Japanese flute players come out, but mm. he was white. Yeah, <laughs> everyone was like, "Oh my God, that's so racist!" Again, it's called progression. And again, the Japanese were like, "There's no one that plays this instrument. He's like one of <laughs> three <laughs> yeah. people in the yeah. entire world yeah. that is a master at this instrument." Yeah, it's it's it's. Have you noticed, Richard, that the people that usually complain about cultural appropriate and stuff are not actually the culture, but just random people? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yes, so I, weird. I've noticed that. Generally, generally college students. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah. weird. They're very, they're very up in arms. They're very sort of like, um, very high in their own supply. Now, um, the former Xbox Xbox vice president is worried the games pass could hurt the industry. Uh, Ed Fries is concerned the success of Game Pass could cannibalise future sales of games. Um, well, seems yeah. an odd thing for a for an Xbox vice president because Games Pass has been, I think, hugely popular. Dion, you know. Yeah, that's the issue with it, though. So, how much are you paying for your Games Pass? I don't even so, know. Fifteen ninety five. I think. I, I hang on. I remember Ed Fries from the documentary that I watched. He wasn't a vice president. He was a vice president of the uh, game publishing. Right. So not the actual Xbox, but mm. he was. Uh, uh, he was like a video game programmer who became the vice of the game publishing. So that company. makes more sense. He so, dealt so, with game publishers yeah. or, or so, publishing so, the game. So Dave, if if you're paying fifteen ninety five a month, I think right? So. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah, and and, and you're. A, let, not you. Let's change it to somebody here that's good at games, and you're and Fuck you're, you. uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know somebody's good at games, and they're smashing through their games. So yeah. they're playing, you know, they're finishing a game one a week, let's say, or one wow. every fortnight, Jesus. right? Definitely so not there, me. <laughs> there are gamers like that, right? And and so you know, and then they're playing the next game. Yeah. Um. Normally, they'd buy both games at what sixty in America, sixty bucks, fifty nine ninety five. So it's one hundred and twenty dollars they would have spent, right? No. Nope. You're uh, assuming they would have spent that money. They may have only bought one game because they can't afford to. But even then, right, let's say they only bought one game because they couldn't afford, so they bought one game, they've waited for the next month, and they spend another $60 or wait a couple of months. Whereas with Games Pass, they're playing two or three, two games a month at fifteen ninety five. So, so you're losing money there. Mm, no, you're not. But you are. No, you're not because uh, uh, the only people that are losing money is Xbox because Xbox pays – those people to put the games on the thing. They, they work the out a deal. No, that, that's right. That's and right. And they Obviously, pay them a couple of hundred million or whatever. The, the game developers are, yeah, but Xbox is the one losing money. But what happens when Xbox is losing enough money? They're like, oh, we can't afford to pay the developers. 
<laughs> is it an issue? Xbox is not gonna run out of money, buddy. Uh, no, no, no. But, but you know what I mean? Like, or, or they're like, they're like, oh, look, we're gonna have to. We can't pay you three hundred million for this game. We can only pay you one hundred fifty million for this game because we're not making the profits on the game, which is what Xbox would do, uh-huh. right? And the, and yeah. and I think that's the issue with Games Pass. But I think it's great for the. Customer. I don't give a fuck. I, I only care about the customer experience. I'm not a shareholder. In some in, in Xbox, you know. Yeah, that's fair. It's just it, for me. I guess it's a bit short term thinking because. But think about it, dude. What they want, surely, what they want when they launch, because you've got a and I and believe you me, I I've owned more Xboxes and PS fives or P, than PlayStation. So I'm I know I'm pretty neutral. But in this generation, it seems to me that the PS five definitely got the the leap on them. But the the Games Pass thing is so attractive that I'm sure that it's dragging some customers back to buy the new console. Because well, PS5 just has a Games Pass now as well. As this they month. haven't announced, but it's not live yet, correct? As of, it is live as of this month. Is it? Oh, cool. Well, I can't... Well, I'm yeah, they, I think you can get it now. Can you? Oh, well, see, I will, I will get it in a heartbeat. I wasn't I think, aware of that. I think, I think I, you can get it now. I, but, I do have some sort of subscription to PlayStation, but I don't think it's the full thing I, I there's, there's only one at the moment but yeah there'll be three tiers but but yeah i, I don't know let, let, we'll see how it pans out i guess but i mean to me it's it seems like instead of paying 60 dollars for a game mm. you're paying 15 dollars or let's say 30 dollars in two months and and if you're an avid gamer you can play two or three games in that time yeah so uh, yeah. i guess we'll see right well I, but as a consumer I, it's great and yeah. sure, you know at the end of the day they want their consumers to be happy because no, no, they'll, they'll come back. Yeah, but that the unless they're first-party games, mm. the games don't stay on Game Pass forever, okay? And the studios have said that they've had an uptick in sales for their games that have been on Game Pass mm. because people like the game and so they might go, oh, well, it's not going to be on Game Pass forever, so I'll buy it. Mm. And... Game Pass gives them a discount uh-huh. for being on the Game Pass to buy the game. So yeah. I think Xbox has done it in a way where it's not hurting. They're not taking money away. It is actually helping gaming because, again, if you've got only like a hundred bucks, right, and you're like, oh, I've got to buy, I want to buy games, I want to play games, you, you're not going to, you know, you might go, oh, okay, well, I'll just buy one game. Mm. But you're more willing to try games because, again, you're paying your $15 or your $10 a month. You're willing to, like, go, I'm not familiar with these games. I've never played before. I'll play it. And you're like, oh, God, I love this. I'm going to, you know. And, again, if you're generally gamers, like hardcore gamers, they want to own shit that they like because they love collecting things. So they're still going to get on top of the money they got from Xbox. They're going to get money from the sale because someone really wants to own the game because it won't be on Game Pass forever. I just, I don't see it as a, a, a bad thing yet. It's also a no, great. It's a, it is a it is a great ad for the new console. It is it is a great ad for the new console though as well. I think that's part of it, surely. Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing yet. But I'm sure they'll fuck it up somehow, Richard. Probably. Well, maybe, but at the moment, it's not a bad thing. I think at the moment, it's very consumer friendly. And mm. it's and uh, it's it's a fantastic deal. I mean, it's really cool. I wish I had Game Pass when I was a kid. Like instead of having to fucking buy games. Oh, and again, I'm not even opposed to the price going up. Like you know what I mean? If they're like, hey, look, we're getting a lot more games on here, you know, or whatever. We want to get more games. We've got to uh, we've got to increase the price from fifteen to seventeen dollars. I'm, I'm okay opposed. With it, I'm, I'm still I'm saving opposed. so much money in the long run. I always stand up for the consumer, are, Richard. Okay. I'm opposed. Fuck that. 
I want as much yeah, sorry, as possible. How much did you say that you were paying on streaming now? Uh, how know. much was it? Like a hundred bucks a month? Oh, geez, $20 a month for all the games you can play. Oh, not, what a ripple. Not including my adult entertainment subscription either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, according to the Writers Guild of America, Agatha, House of Harkness, who was the character in um, WandaVision, uh, will be a comedic series that will also include dark comedy tones. Very specific fucking description. Um, blah, blah, blah. So this is the character. Was the, It was the chick who's quite, I don't know her name, but she's a really popular character actor. And she was Agatha, so the neighbour in the WandaVision series. I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, she's a reasonably... Right. Catherine, someone, is, is the actress's name. Did you watch it, Dion? WandaVision? Oh, yeah, I did watch it. You know the actress then, the Agatha. Yeah, yeah, remember yeah, the neighbour? Yeah. So yeah. she, she's getting a spin-off series, which I think is ridiculous, oh. personally. Like. Yeah. But who the fuck cares about her, really? I, I mean, I didn't like her as a character. I didn't like her as a villain. And yeah, I won't yeah. be watching that show. I, I thought she was okay, like forgettable. Uh, they're like, wow, we're going to spit it out into a series. I'm like, no thanks. <laughs> wow. Uh, we, we're looking for like 10 viewers who are interested in that. Um, that that feels like it's one for the real. That That's where they get down to at the end of the day. You, you're going to be watching ants crawl across a wall. Um, with like you know, it's like wow, it's the latest movie from, from the latest show from Disney fucking Plus. Just in their absurd need for content, they just you know anything that hits at all. Now some big news here. This is kind of funny. Um, the Amber Heard Johnny Depp court cases have been dragging on, and my God, I've said it so many times on Signal. She is a poisonous fucking bitch, this Amber Heard, uh, and I've said this many times. And everything she does just makes me dislike her more. But um, apparently something leaked in the movie, uh, le- leaked in the witness box about the plot of Aquaman 2, that apparently she, she basically, it's all about how she gets kind of written out of the storyline and apparently it's to do with the baby. Um, uh, she, she ends up in hospital early in the new Aquaman 2 movie. Um, that doesn't really come out until the end to kind of wrap things up. All the interactions with Momoa's character and certainly the action scenes were taken out. So effectively it sounds like... She has been written down. Oh, I think we can hear Dion's baby in the background. Yeah, he's a bit unsettled tonight. Okay, well. Must be the Amber Heard court case. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, so basically, in essence, uh, what do you guys think about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp? Dion, what are your views on Amber Heard? Oh, I don't like her, and, the, and I've been watching the case, and it's pretty funny. But, um, yeah, I think she's totally lying, and I think she might be up for perjury. Yeah, I, I'd like to see her dragged off to a prison cell, frankly. she's. Been... I think she might be up for perjury because Good. of the Photoshop pictures that they just proved. Good. She deserves it, man. She deserves everything she fucking gets. Um, Rich, uh, you, I'm sure you're, 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 you know, you're probably refreshing your browser every few minutes about the court case and the Aquaman 2 storyline. I know that you, you, know, you really care about that. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't really care about this court case at all, honestly. I have barely been paying any attention to it. I just think it's really a waste of time. Yeah, it's entertaining, yeah. though. It's a bit I of do agree. But at the end of the day, guys, like, think I about I don't this. find it entertaining, though. I yeah. find it just sad. Like, really? it's just really sad. Like, honestly, it actually sad? makes me feel miserable. Why? It's, kind of, it's just so pathetic. It is pathetic. But, you know, it's the misfortune of others. And, you know, it's it's kind of like... She- uh, I'm not actually that kind of person, though. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, 
Now, okay, so enough about that court case because you guys weren't outraged enough for my liking. Finally, in news, uh, there's a new, I think it's a game coming out. And, Dion, I want to get your take on this. It's called I, the Inquisitor. It's a story-based action-adventure based on popular books by Jacob Picara in which, in an alternate history, Jesus of Nazareth responds to his crucifixion with anger and rage rather than forgiveness and compassion. Sounds pretty cool. Is that is that Jacob or Jacek? Don't know, don't know, Rich. I, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce his fucking name. Like Jacek, Jackik, Jacek, Jacek, who knows? But what about this storyline where he's going with an alternate kind of Jesus character who's pissed off about the, the crucifixion? I kind of like it. Dion? Yeah. I don't know. It looks meh to me. But, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Really? What, too sacrilegious Just, for you? Yeah, man. Fuck, I don't give a shit. Well, okay. All right, not a great reaction. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> um, what about you, Rich? You know, an angry Jesus? Is this what we've all been waiting for? Uh, I mean, it's it's a bit weird because, I mean, it kind of goes completely against the against whole the grain. purpose of Jesus. Yeah, but maybe when he was up um, on the cross and he was nailed to the cross, maybe he started having second thoughts about the human race. I know I would have. If but then I why was he nailed to the cross? But then Jesus already knew he was going to be nailed to the cross when, like, yeah, that's, that's the point. So he yes, did, Jesus. He Jesus knew God. He already knew. That's yes. Yeah. He, he knew. Yes. Yeah. That really? was the point. I didn't realize yes. he knew. I thought it came as a rude, sh- a rude shock to him, and he was like, <laughs> no. "What the fuck." Um, no, it actually it actually makes more sense if you're going to do an alternate sort of thing. Is if after he's dead, because you know obviously Jesus Rose. rises. Yeah, rises. Um, you know, he's, well, alive. He, he's alive. He's alive. Catholic, you do. If you're Jewish, you don't believe that. But he's alive. Um, or you don't believe the second coming. I think. But um, if you had made it, then maybe like a demon took over his body and then went around undoing his teachings. That could be something interesting as a. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. You, but in this version, I'm remembering my, I'm bringing back my Catholic school uh, knowledge from dialing that back 35 years. If I recall, Dion, you'll probably remember this, uh, in the desert at some point, Jesus was in the desert and the devil came to tempt him. Yes. And in, in this... Seven days. It wasn't 40 days. Uh, whatever it was, Dion. It was, it was a long time. But it, during the seven days, and I, I, are you sure it wasn't 40? 40 no, days 40, in, it was 40 days in the desert, yeah. 40 days and 40 five, nights in the desert, thank yes. you. And um, when the devil tempted him, in this version, it seems as if this Jesus was tempted and fell to the dark one. It doesn't make, doesn't make sense, right? It he doesn't make the any dark sense because, I mean, yeah, but it doesn't make sense because Jesus is God. No. So, okay, he, that means God fell. From, Dion, Dion. No, yes. He's God made flesh, Dion. He's so, still God. He's no, still but God. when when he he's becomes just God, Holy Spirit, bro. but when he becomes Jesus, he no, loses some aspects of his divinity, I believe, because he's he's he's, he's still flesh, God, though. But he's flesh. He's still wait, God. wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. What, what did he lose? He won. Yeah, what did he, yeah, lose? What did he lose? I don't, I don't know. He's still God. I, I, I think he lost some of his um. What do you call it? Omnipresence or whatever, where you can omniscience, like but God. He did it. The, the Catholic God, speaking of the Christian Catholic God, famously, I believe, is supposed to know everything that happens all the time, everywhere. I believe that yes. when he's, I believe yes. that when Jesus is flesh, he's a bit limited 
as opposed to the normal god. I but, think that's uh, it. But, this, but the issue you've got is that you're treating them as two, two separate entities when they're not. The, it's, it's one person. Well, okay, right? whatever, man. Still... Like, uh, you know, whatever, dude. Like, uh, you know, but what I'm saying is in this fucking alternate version, it seems as it if... It doesn't make sense. The devil has tempted him in the desert. He, but the he, issue is the he, devil tempted Jesus in the desert, the devil tempted God in the desert, which means the devil has tempted God. Well, that's what he did. So the... He did that. Which makes no sense because then th- that means that God was tempted, so then God unravels as as, as an actual God. I will say this. There is a quote, and I know my Jesus because the I logic was, just, uh, there yeah. is a quote in the Bible where Jesus says, I come to bring not peace but a sword. Did you know that? He says that at a certain point. I come to bring not peace but a sword. He says that in the Bible. And Absolutely. It's true. You may have to. I say you may have to have a bit of context with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, look, I, 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 I don't remember the context, that. but I'm not to send peace. The, but it's, yeah, it's a true quote. Like it's, it's thirty-four Matthew ten. Some people take a more militant version. Of it. I'm not saying they're right. Obviously. No, you've given a snippet of it. You've given a snippet of a quote, though, haven't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, but like oh, what I'm saying is, there's another side to Jesus. If you cross him, just take a line in a thing, and it's a pretty damning line. You know, it's usually we get the like, oh, you know, be kind to thy neighbor, blah blah blah, treat your neighbor. Which in this one, Jesus on a bad day said, "I come to bring not peace but a sword." Dion, that's what I say to you. Um, what you all right, we're reading the Bible on your fucking podcast yeah, anyway, now. Whatever. Uh, Matthew ten twenty six. <laughs> so do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. When I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim to the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body, soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. Okay, what even do you? Where is this going? Hold on, we're getting there. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my father in heaven. Uh-huh. Do not suppose that I come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For yes. I have come to turn a man against a father, a, d- a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be m- the members of his own household. Yes. So he's literally he's, he's sowing discord. He's sowing discord. Yes. The rebel Jesus, my friend. Anyone who loves their father or mother for uh, more than me is not worthy of me. So what he's saying is that if you don't put God first then he, you don't belong to God, and, and that means that in families will break up. So he, he's, he's yeah. talking totally metaphorically. Whatever, man, but also quite <laughs> violently. And that's what they call the rebel Jesus, and there are followers of that preaching. I'm telling you there are, man. I, I've met them. I've I spoken believe you, to them. that's I've, fine. I mean, I've I, met just, them. I just quoted the Bible. I've met them. I've spoken to them. I've dined with them. I've broken bread. I've looked deep just in so their eyes. Just so everybody knows, I'm a fucking atheist, all right? So, you know, I like but I got worship. brought up. I got brought up Pentecostal. I worship so, the I dark one. To, I worship the dark I nearly one. Went to my, I nearly went to the seminary, so, you know. Well, it's good that you all believe in something. I worship yeah, the dark I, one, I as we all know. I, I, I must admit, I could, I'd, like, I'd like more time about those 40 days and the devil tempting him, because maybe the devil got in there inside the head, you know? He didn't. Well, you don't, you don't know that, Dion. You weren't there. Well, I feel well like it, but if you have to take, fact and like truth 
Whatever, man. I, I, I do my own fucking. <laughs> I do my own version, man. I got my own version but going also, on here. But, but don't forget, Dave. You, you. It's, it's like Shakespeare, right? You can't take the words in the Bible as literal. Mm. <laughs> well, except, except, except Richard. Uh, there's a lot of uh, pastors that say you should take the words in the Bible. There's plenty as literal, that because... do, yeah. Uh, Look, I'm clearly when they, when not religious. A sword, I don't, he doesn't literally mean a sword. He's well, using the sword in, as a in, metaphor. In, the, in this passage, he is actually using it as a metaphor. He's saying that there'll be discord in families because some will turn to, to God and some will say no, and then there'll be a rift. Yeah, is what he's I'm saying. saying. Not, not everything in the Bible is like a literal <laughs> I no, sword no, to yeah, chop yeah. you down. And, 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 that, and actually, that's a great example of when people take verses from the Bible out of context. <laughs> well, Dion, I personally have always rated the fucking saying, and I I think he was preaching discord amongst the realms of the non-believers and um, and whatever, man. So at the end of the day, in this alternate version, it sounds like you guys won't be picking up the game. I, the Inquisitor, I've got a really bad feeling it will have really bad graphics and be really shit, you know? And, um, well, yes, maybe sounds even, like it. Maybe even like a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing. Must- you know, it, it's funny to me how, like, everyone is more than happy to, like, um, do, like, books based on Jesus and, and, and Christ, you know, like these comics and these yeah. these alternate earth stuff and all that. God forbid you do that with someone else's religion, then. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, can you imagine? <coughs> well, you'd be killed, probably, if you did Muhammad, mm-hmm. for example, or something. Can you imagine it? Yeah, but even even you. if you do that with a Jewish, like, you know, if you do, like, the Jewish version of, like, Jesus, they'd be, like, pissed. Because the, the Jewish is different to the, the Christian. Um, Richard, I bet you if you put that game up and you showed some American evangelical Christians that that they, game's they being made. Crazy. They go crazy. No, no, no. I didn't, no, no. Hang on. I didn't say you'd get backlash. I said, God forbid you did it because oh, yeah. It'd be you, funny, you wouldn't get just like, they would be like, oh, how dare you? But you would still be able to do it is my point. It would still oh, be yeah, published. Yeah. It would still go ahead. I'm not saying no one would be angry. I'm just saying there's no consequences. There's no... Yeah, yeah, no, no one's going to say, "Oh, oh, the even the, the Christians are angry." Better not publish this book. Oh, dude, what about if you what if you did this? What if you did it to one of the fucking I don't know Chinese gods or something? But a Western publisher, <laughs> can you imagine? Or, or like uh, Chinese gods? What? The Chinese don't believe in God. Well, whatever, or the Japanese, no, or something. They believe in Buddha. Oh, an Asian. Buddha. Uh, yeah, no, but, but, did but, it with but, Buddha. But, did but, it with Buddha. Okay, do it with Buddha. Yeah, uh, actually, but, sorry. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, that that's actually not true. They isn't it? Do... But isn't the isn't the Tao religion about ancestry, just like the Shinto? I have no idea. Uh, uh, they, so God is different in in so people get elevated to godhood in yes. in, in Christian yeah. history. So they do believe in gods, just not our sort of like they believe that that's someone right. who accomplishes something super great. Mm. In Their gods are like our saints. They so, become you know, godly. They I become actually, I, I say this without, e- I say this without ego. I actually think that on the three hundredth episode of Signal, I may ascend to godhood or at least sainthood. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me at all. And believe you me, for me, it will be no, a sword. For me, it will be a sword. I'll be quoting that fucking. I bring a sword, not peace, and it will be literal as well. Forget about it, metaphorical. Throw away metaphorical. I'll say to Dion, Dion, don't worry about metaphor, pal. We're going with swords. <laughs> wow, I'm sure everyone would be so shocked when you do that, Dave. <laughs> so shocked. Anyway, so that wraps up the news section of the show. Now, we have uh, a segment called Shopping with the Gang, 
And in this segment, Dan, what we basically do is we take out a couple of things that are worth noting that are coming out from the comic book um, companies each week because the product comes out on a weekly basis. Now, basically, there's been very little recently, but The Incredible Hulk by Peter David, Ominous Volume 4, is coming out, and this wraps up Richard his Peter David's Hulk run. I've actually got the previous three omnibuses, so we'll be picking this one up. Um, and it's so funny, Dion. Over the last few months, the amount of new stuff that has been worthy of getting to mention in this has slid down dramatically. Marvel and DC, would you agree, Rich? Are really struggling. Like DC are just Batman centric, like you wouldn't believe. If it's not Batman, oh, everything's Batman at the moment. Everything. And there, and even me, a lifelong Batman fan, they are diluting the fucking flavor somewhat. I feel you know they're just stretching the. It's like the soup, you know, you know, which has been sort of like, I don't know what the word is to describe it, but like sort of the broth or whatever, and it's becoming very weak, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's even worse for me because again, I love. Um, I, I I love the the lower tier characters. Mm. Nothing comes out of them. It's just all, it's all Batman related. It is, it is all Batman all day long. And they do say that the comic book industry rises and falls with the sales of Batman. And I do think the sales of Batman actually have slumped recently. So, not a good sign. I'm not surprised. Now surprised. we're doing trade of the week. Um, we're doing two, two Warhammer ones. Which one would you prefer to do first? I'll ask Dion, seeing he's the guest. And he's going to give us a bit of, uh, you know, history. Uh, I don't care. You, I, I'll let Richard pick. Go, Richard. Which one would you prefer to discuss first? Well, with the, we might as well start with uh, Marnus uh, Caligar one. Marnus mm-hmm. Caligar. Okay. Now, uh, this is the Grim Dark Future uh, Warhammer 40K. Uh, it's the Imperium, um, basically the Ultramarines. And what is he doing? He's like the most famous of the Ultramarines currently in battle, isn't he? He's like one of the. No, Ultramarines. he's not the most famous. He's the chapter master of the Ultramarines. The chapter master. Okay, but he's he's pretty. He's a badass. He's the boss. He's the boss. Of the he's the boss. He I didn't realize. I didn't realize he was the boss. I did not actually realize that. He's but, the boss. Okay. Well, he's not the boss anymore. Obviously, the Primarch Robert. Yes, but he was. So he's second in command. Second in command, and he's a badass. And can you give listeners just a very brief description of the process to become an ultramarine, which we do see happen in this comic book? Just you know. So yeah, yeah, you do. It's it's quite violent. So what they do is they uh, this ultramarines probably do it the most nicest way. Uh, they get a, what they call aspirants, a bunch of boys, usually between like 12, 13, 14, 13, 14 I think, and they um, put them in through trials where they pretty much murder a bunch of them so they die and the people that survive get to become neophytes which is like a baby space marine mm-hmm. uh, some other chapters unfortunately even if you do survive they don't think you were they just shoot you in the head <laughs> um and just say you became and they tell your parents you became a space marine when really they just threw, throw your body into the into a pile and anyway um so then you so the process is you undergo all these trials they're brutal people die um, if you survive, you become a neophyte, then you undergo um, a whole bunch of indoctrination and you get new organs put in, like you get a second heart and lungs so you can breathe toxic air. Pretty awesome. You get poison glands put in, you get uh, muscles put in, uh, things like that. Uh, to make if you, you taste flesh, warrior. you can, if you taste flesh, you can actually yeah. see so, the so mind. If, yeah. So if you, if you eat flesh, you can see the memories of that person. That's cool. Uh, you know? So then 
then you go through as a neophyte and you do these surgeries for a few years and you get battle experience and then if you're still you become a space marine that's pretty cool and uh in in this storyline we kind of get the backstory on how manas kalagar became a space marine and actually also that he took on the name he was actually the sort of serving boy to to the actual yes, so was, kalagar. which i mean i was all right the combat was pretty good um he he friend is killed by so actually working for chaos a god of chaos. um i should probably explain this for chaos cause there's corn it's niche i never say that right slanesh uh-huh. and nurgle yep and there's a few other gods there's the orc gods up at name four um and then they're always trying to get everybody to convert to them mm. Uh, so he was working for Corn, who's blood, violence, and all that stuff. Yes. Um, yeah, so he survives that, and he becomes a neophyte because of that. But he takes his best friend's name after his best friend is murdered. And you actually saw in the um, in the Caligar estate, you actually saw the plaque to the original Manus Caligar, died age 12, I believe, is it? Yes, that's right. Was that a reveal just in this comic, or was that always established that he was always... I, I th- think it was always established right okay um i think so i i gotta be honest i when i i read this comic the first couple of issues when it came out and i at the time i wanted it to be grimmer and darker but reading it through uh, now i i read it i read it today i was impressed actually i actually felt that this was actually i, I thought it ended really well i i felt it was a a good storyline for someone like me who knows a little bit about Warhammer and wants to know more, it was kind of a soft entry into understanding what an ultramarine is, you know? Um, yeah, so I, I guess for me, uh, I thought the story was pretty good, and, and as you said, it did do all that. My issue is actually with the art style. I think they went too comic booky instead yep. of more grim dark with their art style, Agreed. which kind of detracted from... I thought the, the actual pictures were lovely with all the gore and the blood, and mm. I just think it was a bit too colourful. Yeah. Well, I think it, I, I, when I think of Warhammer, I think of that 90s aesthetic that I remember seeing, and it was definitely more extreme, if you know what I mean. Um, it, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, Warhammer's come a long way since the 90s. It's a lot darker now, like mm. a, a lot darker. So mm. I, I think I would have preferred to stick to that. But, I mean, it was fine. For a, it, was, it was good. I actually, for a comic book, I enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, I... Even if it is a if it, horrible, horrible chapter of Space Brook. Like, now, uh, can I, and I want to bring this point up with you because you know I love the Ultramarines. I'm reading the Ultramarines Omnibus. I've got both volumes. Mm-hmm. I think they're a lot of fun, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're, they're, to me, they're the ultimate soldiers. Like, they're so brave. They're so powerful. They're fighting Chaos. They're fighting Xenoses. You know, there's there's so much on their plate. And it is the most stable part of the Imperium. You know, it's a, it's quite a stable sort of empire, a sub-empire within itself. Um, yeah. which I which I like, and they're also bigger than normal humans, aren't they? They, they he's definitely yeah, they're about seven foot tall. Yeah. Um, why do you dislike the Ultramarines so much? Because I don't understand it. So lots of reasons. So there's lots of Space Marine chapters, for example. Yes. Another big one's Blood Angels, who are vampires, pretty much. Yes. Um, you know, so um, they fight for the Imperium, of... don't they? Yeah, yeah, they fight for the Imperium, um, but they have a there's a, a mutation in the gene seed, so if they get too much bloodthirst, they literally turn to vampires. Mm. Um, but the issue with I've got the Ultramarines is that they're very much cookie cutter, generic uh, army. 
like when you collect them, they're the they're the army on the box. Is what everybody when their kids collects. They don't really have much fluff to them or flavor. They're just you know they're that. Oh, we're gonna we've got to protect the Imperium. That's our job. That's where then that's all they've got going for them really. As yeah, a chapter. yeah, yeah. You know they're not cool like Blood Angels who who they, get to drink blood or the no, they're just the backbone of the Empire. Well, they're not even that. They're the black backbone of Ultramar. They're not even the backbone of the Empire. You've got the dark. dark you've got so many other chapters that do so much exactly the same thing, right? Mm. In different sectors, like you've got the Dark Angels. Dark Angels are great. Everybody likes the Dark Angels. Space wolves. Even with their, space wolves. You, you've got space wolves. Yeah, you've got white scars. You've got. There's so many chapters, uh, but GW focuses on Ultramarines because they're the pretty boy of Space Marines. That's what they are. Yeah. They're the jock. Well, yeah, they are, and I also think they're the most sort of simple. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah, they're, they're, they are the most simple. Like this, Manus Kaliga has Manus Kaliga has no doubt. He's just one hundred percent, you know, focused laser vision against against the um against the chaos and and all that kind. Of, you know, you know what I mean? There's no sort of yeah. uh, There's no. I I, I I like it though because it's kind of like it reminds me of sort of like Superman or something like the generic version of Superman, where it's just like he yeah, is the ultimate. and that's good who guy. the Ultramarines are. So I personally don't like them because I don't like their – they don't have a lot of flavor. For example, I like salamanders. Yeah, salamanders yeah. are all about humans. They don't go – they don't go kill humans unless they have to. Uh, their leaders are very much about um, – they're crafters, so they artisans, so they make really beautiful weapons and stuff, and they live on what's called a death planet, so they're really tough mm. uh, and survive. Uh, and then, you know, you've got other chapters uh, like the Space Wolves, which is just Vikings, let's be honest. They're just crazy fucking Vikings with actual wolves that they get to ride I've got battle. a question. I've got a question about Space Wolves. Do they have a mm-hmm. problem with Inquisitors? Because I, I was really... Not, a, not exactly. They have a problem with authority. Right, okay. They have with psychers. So, you know how in Warhammer, something I don't quite understand because I haven't sort of played it enough you know how you've got the imperial guard and how the imperial guard are kind of like the cannon fodder yeah not exactly not exactly okay the imperial but, guard are the actual are the actual army of the imperium so the space marines think of them as like special forces they go in the scalpel the imperial guard are really is what protecting the imperium gotcha. billions and billions of soldiers yes i understand that now here's my question though when you you get the because what i've read is mostly ultramarines but when the Imperial Guard are there, do you ever have, like, the Imperial Guard there and the Space Marines there at the same time? Yes. Okay. That, so that's common. So would there, like, be, would there be would there be less Space like, Marines? Maybe a million Imperial Guard and 100 Space Marines. Okay. So it's, they're, the spe- they're far more elite. There's, there's, yeah, they're super elite. Like, most Imperial Guard might never see a Space Marine. Okay. And Space Marines, are, they try and cut off the heads. So actually go and wage a war, they... They, they use tactics to figure out, all right, if we do this, we're going to stop the war quickly, and that's their job. There's okay. just not enough space marines to... Yeah, it's, basically, it's basically like Halo, Dave. Right. Yeah, yeah. it is similar. Kind of. You know, what it reminded, like you, you know what it reminded me of when he was fighting all the forces of chaos? It reminded me a bit of Doom as well. Yeah, Dion, so are you saying that um, the Warhammer 40K, it, it took some inspiration from various sources itself? Yeah, yeah, so Games Workshop, the guys that actually started Games Workshop, I forget mm. their names, they're not really good with names, mm. but they actually used to run a D&D store in England, like, mm. obviously, and then, and, then, and then they made Warhammer from D&D characters, obviously, cool. or, you know, like Warhammer Fantasy, and then 40k came later, oh, so that, yeah. a lot, 
a lot of 40k a lot of warhammer all came from D. yes that's where they a lot of their inspiration came from and other stuff lord of the rings was a big one um but yeah that's and then obviously in the now you know halo and all those yeah. take a lot of inspiration from 40k you know what I remember as a as a not a young kid, but as a as a moody teenager. I and this is so this is like mid to late eighties, Dion. It's not even nineteen ninety yet. I remember mm-hmm. going to a bookstore like an Angus Robinson in the mall, and they mm-hmm. had the Warhammer art, and it, it totally entranced me. Um, I remember the box art, and maybe it was some books, but I, I, because I, you, you know how kind of like full on the Imperial Guard can look like they can look super Nazi-ish kind of thing almost, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I was like, wow, what is I I I, I sort of I couldn't get my head around it, but I thought it was really fascinating, you know? So like, the thing about Warhammer and the running joke is, and and, and it's it's a joke that some one players don't get. I don't think is. It's the empire's not good. It's a fascist empire yeah, with yeah. so many issues and problems. Yeah, yeah. It's not the good guy. Whoa, the, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yes, yes, Richard. No one's a good guy in that world, but that's I, right. I, that's I would what choose I mean. them over the other assholes. That's right. Well, 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 as you read more of the the lore, you find that, that that chaos is bad. But chaos is all. It's like the Sith, really. It's it's about emotions, and the, the gods obviously use them as puppets and stuff. But that's because they're trying to get emotions, and that's how the gods were born in the war, because of the emotions of um, different races there. Yeah, but I mean, all the alien races are pieces. The tower, the tower, I think, are not too bad. The tower, the greater good, and they're. Um, yeah. I think the tower are probably the safest. That the the. What best. about the elder? Uh, the elder are pretty shit. The elder are really all about themselves and. Uh, they're all about um, just like keeping to themselves and making sure nobody else is around and, 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 and making sure chaos doesn't come near their webways. Right. And then you have the Dark Elder who are like 100% evil, aren't they? Yeah, so the Dark Elder are... Um, so the Elder actually created a, a chaos god. They created Slanesh, which is the god of ecstasy and all that. Yes. Um, and Slanesh eats Elder. That's actually what he does. But the Elder actually have uh, these stones that protect them from Slanesh. The Dark Elder don't. So to keep Slanesh at bay, the Dark Elder do all these perverse things uh-huh. um, to, to use dark magic so the Slanesh can't find and eat them. So that's well. why they'll the Dark Elder will go to, like, a world and grab a bunch of humans and then they'll, like, butcher them and massacre them and torture them and, and slowly kill them to create. So all their pain satiates Slanesh so that the Slanesh doesn't kill them. Gotcha. I think, I, I think that's my understanding. It's pretty cool. And then the orcs are just full on, just like nuts. Well, the orcs are real, actually really cool. So the orcs are a bunch of fucking mushrooms, right? So the way orcs um, recreate is uh, they send out spores as they walk and then more orcs grow up. So they're plants. Yes. Uh, but uh, the orcs actually believe in Gork and Mork, who from their <laughs> are actual gods. And the, and the cool thing about the orcs is they actually have all this warp power because they're so confident in their abilities that they just can do things. So, like, they could build a car that really shouldn't work but because they believe it's going to work and believe it's just going to go. They get powers from the warp so the car goes. So and, and the orcs are probably the simplest, most innocent race in that all they care about is violence. Yeah. And that's it. They just want to fucking kill shit. Oh, that's all so they cute. care about. So yeah, that's right. They're super cute, right? So, so, <laughs> so they, they don't care about anger and betrayal and politics. They're just fucking biggest orcs the leader. We yeah. just want to kill shit. And they have a war band and they go crazy, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So so um, the Imperium ships, as they go through the warp, they have what's called a Gala field, which protects the ship from demons and things, from chaos. 
So the orcs don't actually even run a Geller field. They're in their ships. They just go, and if demons come on the ship, they just get to fight the demons, so they love it. It's like an amusement park for them. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy world. It's, 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 it really is. It's 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 also kind of was explaining to Michelle as we we're walking today, like on top of the tabletop game, which is enormous, Dion, isn't it? And like the buy-in is quite oh, steep. Massive. So massive. they've also built this uh, alongside the game. They've built this huge lore and this whole black library of books and and now comics and everything. Like it's it's very impressive yeah. what they've done. I think personally, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now, yeah, no, it is. Back it to is the comic, cool. I guess. Back to the comic, uh, Rich, you had some sort of question about, about Marvel's records? No, I was just curious as, as a, a 40K fan if um, so, so if you like the retcon about uh, Calgar, but as so, you said, you're not a massive I'm not Ultramarine a massive Ultramarines fan. fan, but I can see fans getting angry. So um, actually, um, so Ultramarines don't even do what they did in the comics with aspirants a lot of the other chapters do and a lot of the other chapters really do uh and my understanding was that ultramarines just kind of go through the school system uh the the, the citizens of ultramar and they find aspirants and then they kind of teach them how to be space marines mm. and they do it very civilized the ultramarines are very civilized that's what that's their whole shtick they're civilized so the comic actually makes it look weird and i don't think many space marine uh um ultramarine fans would have liked that but I also don't think many Ultramarines fans read the comic. I'll be could, honest. Could it be comic. because the guy doing it was actually a Chaos agent? Oh no! But then later on in the comic, right after the Space Marines oh, get it, that's right, the yeah. last one, but, and which which I don't think is actually canonically. That's correct. right. When 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 the Ultramarines but, come and kill him, they then put the, the Manus and all the others through it. Yeah. I'll be honest. I haven't heard of any single player that's read the comics. That plays forty k. I was going to ask you that question. Like in your Warhammer nobody, groups, nobody, yeah. I, in or any of my Warhammer groups, nobody spoken about the comics. I will Nobody's say this. Really read the I will say this. A big shout out to the Lawhammer podcast. Um, great podcast. Great podcast. I, and I chat with those guys over Facebook. Um, they, uh, the guy I was talking to, I think it's Mark, loves the comics. He said. He said he loves the comics. Yeah, um, I actually think other than that, that the uh, there's a few things, Richard. Like you know, um, I, I I was just looking. I can't find even a backstory for Marnie, so maybe that's just they just decided that's going to be his backstory, which is fine. Yeah. Um, if there isn't any, any well, it kind of it kind of fits with the thing, and he comes from humble stock originally, kind yeah, of yeah, which know. is what they're doing. Because I don't think GW would have let them retcon it. I doubt GW. GW is very protective of their IP. Oh, yeah, massively, yeah. Like, so so yeah. GW they're, they're licensing it to Marvel, and they, they definitely would have script if approval. If Marvel had done yeah. any, yeah. So I, I, so I don't think that's a retcon. Um, and, and I think the aspirin thing's a bit weird, but it's not unheard of. Like the, most of the other Space Marine chapters do do that. I think the Blood Angels do that and then have a final test. For them. I got my friend to read these books to give me his um, uh, view. He liked the uh, Sisters of Battle one, but he thought the uh, the Calgo the one was pretty meh. Okay. All right, well, let's. Uh, uh, I'm going to give the Manus Kalga 8 out of 10. I, I quite enjoyed it, and I felt it built really well, and by the end I felt it had a good story, and I thought it was a good entry point uh, for just the person like me who... I mean, I've read the books, some of the books, and, you know, it was kind of cool uh, entry point for someone who maybe likes to dip their toe into the lawn and is thinking about Warhammer. I thought it was like a good advertisement for it kind of thing. Mm. Um, I'd give it a 5 out of 10. It was fine, but it's not the best Warhammer stuff I've read. And, um, it, and do you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and there's, be there's, 
if you want to dip into 40k or warhammer there's a lot better source material i'd recommend the book like if you were interested in the ultramarines i would recommend the ultramarines omnibus by graham mcneil i would recommend don't read anything about the ultramarines <laughs> stay away from the fucking ultramarines and actually read about some of the interesting stuff like i think eisenhorn's eisenhorn's yes. a really good entry into 40k because it kind of talks about inquisition and inquisitors yeah. and he, he he uses space marines a little bit. i'd agree with that too um, and also gaunt's ghost gaunt Gaunt's Ghost is amazing. Gaunt's yeah. Ghost is probably my favourite series of books. Dan Abnett, um, and it's about the Imperial Guard, which the Imperial Guard, I think, are the backbone of the Imperium. And the, and for me personally, they're the, they're the coolest story in the Imperium. Like, it's just you and me, Dave. Well, not it's, it's the cream of the crop of a planetary defence force. <laughs> it's you and me going out and fighting fucking aliens, like, with like blades on their hands and shit yeah yeah that's cool like you know it's, they're, they're cool and the horace heresy series is actually really good as well richard you like the horace heresy series i reckon yeah my friend's been uh begging me to read it for about five years now you should do, do it, it. Man. it's pretty do good it. man yeah it's good stuff rich what would you give manus caliger out of 10 five out of 10 it was okay. very boring okay now then we go to sisters of battle now i did my research on the Sister Battle, but I'm going to need your help, Dion. I mm-hmm. I preferred this book. I when I first read this comic uh, a few months ago, I found it very confusing. But coming back to it now, reading all five at once, I I actually thought this was actually a really well told comic. And the Sister mm-hmm. Battle, I, I I dug it heavily. I dig these these chicks. So they're part of the. How do you say it, Dion? The Ecclesiastes? Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiarchy, yeah. The church. The 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 church, and they're sort of like the warriors of the church, aren't they, Dion? Correct? Yes, they're the military arm of the church. Military arm of the church. So the church church is obviously the god emperor is the god of the church. And they, uh, yes, exactly. And um, they work often, like the Inquisitor is actually in this book. Remember that Inquisitor who's like up in in the spaceship? Um, I thought yeah. this was cool. You actually saw the the section where they sort of prayed to the emperor or believed in the emperor so much that that woman actually got healed. Um, yes, and you were explaining that Dion that, that they sort of took some of the emperor's power because they believe in him so much. So really similar to the orcs, right? You know, the orcs can when they're so confident, the warp helps them. Yes, same thing. So that the, the sisters of battle are so confident in the emperor and the emperor's power that the warp actually feels that and then kind of does what they're thinking mm. and then they believe it's the emperor, you know, so they believe it's the emperor helping them through the warp, which it, it could be because that's literally all he does. He's a skeleton in the throne that just literally keeps the um, – Keeps the I forgot what it's called, but he keeps the uh, the pathways open so the ships can travel mm. through the warp. So yeah, he, he he is he actually sentient? Dean can 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 like a psycho or someone talk to him? We don't know. Mm. They don't really explain that. We don't know. Um, after Horace after Horace mortally wounds him, he's put into a, a, a throne. Mm. Um, and he can't move, he can't speak. Nobody can go near him either. Like, if you go close to him, you die because he's so powerful with right. psychic power. Okay. Uh, it takes 10,000 psychers a day to keep him alive, um, which they're fed to him, and his job is to keep the, um, the all the paths open for the ships through the warp. Yes. That's what he does. Right. Yeah. And- now, the thing about the Emperor, though, is he's what's called a perpetual. So if he did die, mm. he would just be reborn. So why don't they let but him die? Because if he dies, he'll be reborn, but there won't be any more Imperium. All those pathways would close. There wouldn't be any access to any planets. They ah, couldn't get right. to any other sectors. So, like, Ultramar would be shut off from Terra, and so that's why he's still alive. 
Gotcha. Right. Yeah, he's necessary for for the maintaining the empire. Now, I I dug this. This is a battle, Dion. Um, give us an insight into sort of gameplay. Uh, how often do you come across this as a battle on the on the battlefield when you're playing the tabletop? Uh, I'll be honest, I don't play that much tabletop, but they're they're pretty good. I've got a friend that collects them. Um, they're a pretty good force. Um, yeah, they're they're um they they actually just got a new re-sculpt and a new book, so they're they're up there now. And yeah. I did my research. They they're very effective in close combat. They use uh, bolters. They use a lot of flame weapons, and and they're especially so, appears to so be close combat. They're in between Imperial Guard in terms of law, Imperial Guard and Space Marines. So they get power armor like Space Marines. But yes. They don't get the same set of um, organs and implants as Space Marines. No, and partly uh, that's because the church the, is the, so rich that they can afford the weaponry, apparently. Yeah, that's right. Well, the church is like super rich, right? Mm. And But then also they believe that the weapons are from the Emperor. Mm. Cool. Um, yeah, on the tabletop they're pretty good though. If you like, um, if you like a shooty army, they are good. They've got some really cool heroes, um, and they get what's called um, miracle dice. Mm-hmm. So uh, you roll some dice at the start of the game, and then whatever that roll is, you put it up the top. And then if you roll badly, you can switch a dice out for those miracle dice, mm-hmm. which is a pretty cool mechanic. That's awesome. Um, so, Rich, what did you think of Sister Battle the comic? Uh, also boring. <laughs> <laughs> Is there just too much setup? Uh, you know, I totally agree with you, Richard. But... No, I just, look, one, the art is horrendous on both mm. his comics. Um, uh, I, I just would have preferred to see something like that we saw in 2008 if you were reading like ABC Warriors or Slain or, or stuff. I, I just want over-the-top suits, action, blood, gore. Yeah, like yeah. I want body parts flying around. I know that they did it, but it felt like a PG yeah. thirteen version or an MA fifteen version. You know what I mean? Like I want intestines flying out and jaws being smashed off. And I totally agree. That's what I was saying at the start. I'm just like the art style doesn't reflect the world that you're in. Yes, yeah. and it, it makes it gave me a big disconnect. Mm. Yeah, like my friend, as I said, my friend enjoyed this one. This is about because he's a big sister of battles because uh, fan because. Um, they're not augmented, you know, like they hate yeah. the they hate the Marines, the Ultramarines or any of those because that they're all augmented. And well, sisters, I don't know about that, Richard. They don't hate them. Who? No, well when when I say hate, I mean they they don't like them. They they, they you know, because they see themselves as pure. They pure warriors with pure faith, no augmentation. They they yeah, yeah. Warrior humans. So when I say hate, I mean like there's like animosity um, between them because the the sisters are more pure in terms yeah. of fighting and all. Well, that also uh, the other thing they probably the animosity. Did you know Space Marines don't believe the Emperor is a god? I did not know that. Really? Yeah, that's what the yeah. Mm. The, so the, yeah. the Space Marines, it's more about, from my understanding, as my friend explained to me, they're more about duty, honor. That's right. Um, and the the sisters are, are like almost like zealot paladins. Oh, really. they are zealots. Exactly right. And they even have fucking and extremists. they even have like faith magic, you know, and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um, um, so yeah, but they're yeah, still yeah. boring. Dave, Dave um, <laughs> Space Marines in this comic anyway. Yeah, David, Space Marines don't believe uh, the Emperor's God because the Emperor said himself he wasn't a god um, before the Horus Heresy. And then through the Horus Heresy, uh, people started 
writing things a little bit tickets do whatever it's fucking called the bible for him and then uh he became a god emperor after the horus heresy right so they they kind of realized that some, of, some of those though. space marines are old enough that they were through the horus heresy so they they don't think he's a god how long can a space marine live immortal oh really okay i didn't realize that's, that that's not so yeah. if a space marine loses his arm... Well, they've arm, got two hearts and all this. Yeah, well, that's a question yeah, I've got. Yeah, and then obviously they get... So that's a question mm. I've got. When, when Manus lost his heart, can he just be re-implanted with another one? That's no, right. he has, Well, yeah, because he has two. He has He's a backup heart. Yeah, that's exactly why he has one. So when he gets it, he'll just get... They'll just put a new heart in. Gotcha, right, out. okay. And if a space marine's arm got blown off, does it regrow like Deadpool's or would he need to get it, you know, a prosthetic? No. Yeah, you no, so just get a robot arm. Just yeah, they get a robot arm. They get a prosthetic arm. That's okay. pretty much nearly as good as their actual arm. Just cool. like he has that cybernetic eye, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. Thing. Although, didn't one of the sisters have a, yeah, a she cybernetic did. eye? She did. She did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The sisters, the sisters take augmentics too. Everybody in the forty k takes augmentics. Mm. But aren't you seen as like not pure? Then did you have to fight your well, way back to get that position? I've, or I've what? never, I've never heard that, Richard. So I, I'm not sure. Um, I've never read that in any of my comics. I know that they're um, extremists and they believe in the Emperor, but um, as far as I know, they use augmentics all the time. Because mm. it wasn't that I mean, if, you, if she was the only one that had augments on her, all the others did not have augments. Yeah, so uh, because because they, they probably don't need them, because to be honest, as they don't have any, usually when they get shot, they just die. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're just normal humans, they're, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and bolter rounds are especially designed to block inside you. Mm. Yeah, which they say in this. Now, I've got a – yeah, uh, okay, well, that makes some sense. Now, one thing that I found when we went – that time I went with you, Dion, and you were playing Warhammer, I, I'm so stupid. I didn't realise that the Imperium forces could, would fight each other on the – actual field. Yeah. I always thought you were fighting like Imperium versus Chaos or Imperium versus well, you know whoever. The game's very different to the law, so just whatever army you're fighting. Yeah, but that's cool. Like, it's cool. Though. So yeah. you, you could be fighting... Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize that. So when you play Sisters of Battle, that's its own like... Faction. Um, faction. Yeah. So everything you bring onto the tabletop, it, they're all versions of Sisters of Battle, like all the different, you know... That's right. Classes or whatever, yeah. right? Okay, gotcha. And you have and a certain tanks and stuff are all like full on, full of the church stuff. It's and do you fun. have a certain amount of points each of you that you can spend? Yeah, to put so on? most tournaments are two thousand points. Right. So okay. you play, yeah, and then yeah, cool. Um, and then if you're a space marine player, you've got the space marine codex, which is the ultramarine codex. Mm-hmm. Then you've got this, then you have a supplement codex, which is the chapter. So but I play salamanders. I have. The space marine rules plus salamander rules. Gotcha. Right. Uh, it's it, interesting. Yeah, one thing I'll say, both of these comics kind of, I think, the necessary curse, because they're trying to dumb it down for uh, you know, a Marvel audience, is they are very much intros into the world. And I would imagine, um, for me, who's who likes the lore, who's read a bit of the books, likes the ambience of it all, although I felt they sh- both of them should have been, as Richard said, kind of bloodier and more visceral... I did like the way they introed it in, but it also did make the stories a little bit stagnant and slow, you know? Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah, so I'm going to give... I'm going to give this one an eight as well for what it is, but I, I, I do understand what Richard and yourself are saying. There is a slowness to both of these stories, which doesn't make an exactly thrilling reading, but I found it quite interesting, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd give it a six, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, but I like 
Warhammer, and I like Warhammer lore, even though it's very pop fiction-ish. Mm. Um, but I don't, I don't like Sisters of Battle, though. I actually hate them. Um, I hate them as a faction. I hate what they stand for. And so reading that comic was hard for me because they're just so pious. I just they're just so extreme. They're they're, they're Um, so ridiculously extreme. Richard, if you want to read a really good um, book, um, there's a a novel series called uh, Caiaphas Kane, and it's like a comedy series, but not it's. Uh, it's amazing, and he actually deals with the Sisters of Battle, and he hates them in the book. It's fucking hilarious. It is a really – I've started reading the series, Rich, and I – It's so I, good. It is really it's like, good. It's like super be, dark. I was going to say, to be fair, everyone in this universe is extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, so so the point of this comic is he's a, he's a, he's a, a commissar in the Imperial Guards. So he's a political officer. He's there to make sure morale's up. Um, he thinks he's really bad at his job. He hates his job, and his point is to never be in battle. He just never wants to be in battle, right? Obviously pretty hard to do when you're on the front lines of every fucking war. Um, and so he gets super lucky or something happens. He always ends up being in battle. And then but he's telling it from his side. So he's like, I don't understand why these people are praising me as a hero. All I did was blow up this thing so I didn't have to fight this and this. So it's it's really funny. Um so yeah, definitely recommend it as a book. Sandy Mitchell, really good. Yeah, I've started reading, and I, I can also recommend it. I think uh, it's a particularly cool read. So, Rich, what did you give it out of ten? It's a five as well. A five as well. I, I'll be honest with you. I feel like both of these um, series could have been done in three issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, totally, uh, totally. And, and, and is the I haven't read the Walking Dead comics, but aren't they really dark? Like this, the the art style. Yeah, pretty dark. Yeah, like why? I don't understand why it was so comicky. Like, obviously, yeah. you know what I mean. Like superhero comicky. These two. I'm like, it's just yeah. weird. I think it's because it's Marvel, and they're and they're trying to they they they're always dreaming, uh, Dion. They're always dreaming of the of being big again. If you know what I mean. And so, but they can't help themselves. They they get the Warhammer license, but they're like, no, we can't do Warhammer. How fans would actually want it? We've got to PGify it. Um, we've got to make it really colourful. Um, Speaking of which, yeah. um, Richard, do you have any nieces or nephews? I have plenty. Because they have a Warhammer Kids series, if you want to. Um, <laughs> like, no, kid, they no. literally have a Warhammer Kids series of novels. <laughs> no. I don't think their mothers would appreciate that. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. no, but the kids don't die, just planets and shit.
was covered with sweat My younger brother calls me a killer And my daddy calls me a vet Everybody says I'm someone else Then I'm sick and there's no cure Damned if I know who I am There was only one place I was sure When I was still in Saigon Still in Saigon So we've come to the end of our trade of week. Now, we do have two weekly comics. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about, uh, first off, Action Comics 775, What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, The American Way. I love this comic. We've done it before on the show. It's basically the elite, which is uh, an analogue of the authority, which we mentioned earlier this show. Basically, uh, basically heroes, not even heroes, they're superheroes who believe the ends justifies the means as opposed to Superman's, you know, all-American way, good guy, boy scout routine, and Joe Kelly, who did a long run on the character, and readers might know Joe Kelly from Ben 10, uh, and from, uh, I think it's Generator Rex, and um, also he did a lot of comics. Uh, he's a very good writer, and, and he did a very kind of pacifist version of Superman, and he wanted to sort of play with the concept of that version of Superman versus what was then a very trendy move to make the superheroes more violent. Um, that's the basic, you know, storyline behind this this one shot. Um, I love it. I I actually really like it. I've read it often. Now, Dion, from your reading and comments that you're making, I believe you had quite an opposite reaction. Um, give us your take on it because I understand you're not a comics reader and. But I will say this, this is the first time that any of these characters had been in a comic book. They were created specifically for this storyline for him to do this kind of morality play, if you know what I mean. Yeah, look, I'll be honest, I, I like the Elite. I was rooting for the Elite. The yeah, Elite was, yeah. was my jam. I don't, li- I don't like Superman. I've never liked Superman. I find him boring and shit. Mm. I know Richard likes Superman. <laughs> um, 
which is fine. You can like. I'm just, shit. I'm just a good, decent guy. That's all. Yeah, well, no, my issue with Superman is not that he's decent. It's just he's boring. But, but that being said, my, but my issue with this comic was like. Yeah, that everyone. It's boring not to kill people. <laughs> no, 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 not killing people is fine. I like Batman, right? Um, but, but my issue with the comic was. Like page eight, I've got the comic open, right? I'm looking the, at it right now. Yeah. Who the fuck's he talking to? Who's this black guy? I believe that is Steel. Who? Who's Steel? Like I don't know who Steel is. It was weird. Anyway, and where are they? They just they just randomly. Is this? I'm bringing up the comic now while we're talking. Is this the part where he's in the Fortress Solitude and he's kind of dipping his hand in kind of yeah the yeah gold? right? Is that so? That's the Fortress. I don't know what the Fortress Solitude is. But it's okay. in the, he's in the Fortress Solitude. He's talking to Steel, who's an ally of Superman, basically. Yeah. So so none of the, like it doesn't. It literally he doesn't. It doesn't even say Steel in this comic. No, he doesn't. Um, and then is that Lex Luthor that's the president? Yeah, Lex Luthor was the president in lo- in the late nineties, early two thousands. So is weird, weird, right? Well, what like was this... the storyline they're doing in the comic? What you've got to understand, Dion, is I, I I get your point, but they are marketing this comic to Joe Kelly's and run was quite long, so these were all subplots that were running in it, like Lex yeah, Luthor oh, being fair, president. Fair, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. So obviously, I've never read it. Actually, didn't know any of this. Dion, I'll say this. Watch the movie. Which movie? There's an animated movie. There is about an animated movie of this. Oh, okay. That, that might help me, right? Anyway. Watch, watch the animated movie. I actually enjoy the animated movie. I, I love this issue, but I actually enjoy the movie over the, the, the issue. Fair the enough. movie is quite I, good. Superman versus the Elite. It's the, the issue is actually fine. Like, after thinking about it, I, I actually like the Elite, and, 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 I, and I, but they're really villains, let's be honest here. Sure, sure. Um, I didn't like the end, though. Like, obviously, Superman didn't kill them, but obviously you knew that wasn't going to happen. So I mm. think they could have done the end a bit better where instead of pretending like Superman's killed them and then he's like... Because that doesn't even make sense what he did. Like, I'm mm. like, I watched you kill, kill... Like, literally crush somebody. They would be fucking dead. I did like what he did to Manchester Black, how he how he lasered the thing in his head. Yeah, yeah. So, so concussed him, and then said yeah. that he lobotomized him. That was cool. I liked that. I, but I, I thought to myself because I, I must admit I'd forgotten this. I thought he actually had lobotomized him, and I was kind of like, well, at a, but, but the whole point of this comic, and I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying Joe Kelly's point is Superman will not cross the line. Um, yeah. Whereas I think if you or I were writing that comic, Dion, he would have lobotomized him. You know. Well, I wouldn't write Superman. My issue with people like Superman and Batman, and Richard, tell me if I'm wrong, but by letting – Batman's a good one because I like Batman. I've read a lot of Batman. I like the Joker. Um, letting the Joker go all the time and then the Joker killing lots of people, yeah. doesn't that make Batman have – isn't Batman killing these people indirectly because he's not really fixing the problem? That's the old argument. No, because then he's a – is the cop responsible because the guy that he arrested was let out on bail or the lawyer got him off or no, but the lawyer's responsible there. And I think the justice system as a yeah, whole, but is again, Batman doesn't just let him go. Batman gives him to the authorities and the authorities lock him up, but he keeps escaping or yeah. busting out. He doesn't yeah. just go, aha, I caught you now. Off you go. Scout for a long see, ba- ba- Batman's not deputized. Batman's not inside the justice system, right? He's neither outside is, the justice neither is system. Superman. No, but they, they uh, Superman. But this is the same argument for both of them, right? But by letting these people go and then these people murdering other people, 
indirectly, it, it, it's on them too. Like, well, that's the whole crux of this story. And you that's what annoys no, me. No, it's not. How is it on them? You're a vigilante. You're already breaking the law. What, you want them to be a murderer now? They get to decide. Well, Superman is authorized. So this is the thing. By their logic, they're already doing deciding justice, right? They're, they're not letting justice handle Well, so, I would say this. Superman is, no, is authorized. No, because citizen's arrest. Superman is authorised, though. Like, he is actually authorised by Metropolis, and he isn't a vigilante such as Batman is. Like, Batman technically, if it wasn't his relationship with Jim Gordon, could be arrested. Superman is actually authorised, you know, to operate. I would like to see a comic where Batman feels guilty about how many times the justice system has failed and how the Joker has got out. Well, and I can tell you, Dion, when, when Batgirl got crippled and raped by the Joker... Yeah, what, I read that. They do... Not in that storyline... But in Aftermath storylines, they definitely touch on a lot of that with Barbara Gordon saying, how could you let that happen? Also, Jason Todd, when the Joker killed him and he came back to life, he very much said, how could you let him live? He very much directly asked him that question. After all, everything he did and he killed me with a crowbar, very brutally, how could you let him live? My argument was... If I was Batman, I would kill the Joker because I think that would save a, a, a countless lives by doing one bad thing. Yeah, but if they do that, the character's fundamentally changed, you know? No, I, I totally get that, but I, I do think that's where I see the no, character's very I, I, I agree. Okay. And, then, and then what happens when Batman decides to start killing all the criminals and then he starts killing innocent people because he's made a mistake or a first-time offender or... Like, where, where does he draw Well, if he does that, he becomes the yeah, punisher. But, if, he, if he starts but, killing criminals, he's now the punisher. Richard, Richard that's, that's, um, that's a logical fallacy you've just said. Like, you, Batman doesn't have to do that. Batman could kill, kill the Joker and then kill criminals, um, and, then, and then you could have a comic where he accidentally kills an innocent person and has to, yeah. has to think about that. Like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah but again, that's because you want it to have an ending. Yes, oh, I love ending, ending. And that's not going to happen, so you're not going to no, get I, it. No, I, none of this is going to happen, Rich, let's be honest here. Superman, I think, is a very different character in that he's an alien, so you have to treat him differently because um, he's not human, right? He's So So he learns humanity. Isn't that his whole story? Like, he's not human, but he learns to be yeah. human. He's brought up in the Bible Belt by, you know, yeah. two older Midwestern parents. So I can parents, see and... why, why he doesn't want to kill people, and I can see why he's an upstanding gentleman of society. So I do get that with this comic. And I, I did like that. Um, Batman, not so much. He's literally a brooding fucking emo guy. I don't see why he's literally, he's literally the guy that reads the computer and then takes the AK-47. Dep- depends on which Batman you read. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. So, um, but like, I will say this, the, the whole, like, I like this, this comic a lot. And this was very much um, at the time, in the early 2000s, this was the time that Warren Ellis was doing The Authority, which was basically, imagine a softer version of The Elite. So The Elite dialed down a little bit, you know, where mm. they're, they're not... The Elite here are borderline just evil, but The Authority aren't evil, but they definitely do take preemptive measures and et cetera, et cetera, and all that. Oh, yeah, they definitely kill people. Yeah, they definitely do that, but it's all for a greater purpose. Now, this the conversation at the time was... A lot of people were saying, well, that's how we want our superheroes. We want our superheroes to basically, you know, enact kind of vengeance. And a lot of this was in the fallout from 9-11 and stuff and all that kind of stuff. It was all factored in. Now, um, Joe Kelly 
comes at it from a different position, but I think still raises the question very well. Even though he's firmly, you can definitely you know, like read this comic, and he's definitely on the tone of Superman is right, but the way he phrases the question, I think, is very interesting. Um, and in fact, he, after this, he wrote Justice League Elite, which brought back the uh, Elite um, working under the auspices of Superman, which I actually think we should do at some point on the show. Um, and I haven't read it, but it's meant to be very good. Um, but I, I think it was an interesting... I, I like, in, in this comic, you can tell where the author's bias is. He's definitely pro-Superman, but I still think it was a, it was an interesting question. I mean, I, 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 for me, it's one of my favourite comics, definitely one of my favourite Superman comics. As a one-shot, I'm giving it 9.5 out of 10. Uh, Dion, what about you? Um, so for me, like when I said my comics, it was, I was only halfway through and, and, and that steel thing really threw me, I'll be honest, because yeah. I'm like, I don't know any of these people. I need intros. Um, not that I needed them. I'm just like, at least say his fucking name. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but after what you guys said, all right, it kind of makes sense. I should have probably read a few more. This this is kind of a spin-off of a different series, I guess. Um, I don't know. I'd give it a seven. Okay. Seven out of ten. Fair enough. Um, and Rich? Uh, again, it's a, it's going to be like about a nine out of ten. I mean, what I love about this issue, and and tied in with the movie, because John uh, uh, George Newburn does a fantastic performance as Superman, mm. uh, which is why I recommend the movie because the the speeches that you read in that is delivered so well. But what I what I love about it is it's Superman teaching them what it feels like to deal with someone who doesn't care about their lives. Do you know what I mean? They were mm. like, ah, ha, ha, we're going to kill the people and blah, blah, blah. We're going to dispense justice. And the moment that, that Superman says, okay, fine, let's let's see how you feel if I play that game, mm. they start freaking the fuck out. Do you know what I mean? They start shitting their pants. And I think that was what the lesson was, is he was trying to show them what it feels like when you decide to take yeah, the someone's life into your mm. hands and, and dispense your justice. And... I love it, uh, and I've watched the movie probably like seven times. It's a really good movie. Oh, I'll give it a go, Richard. You, you I'm excited to watch it. It's called Superman versus the Elite. It's, I used to love. I as a kid, I used to watch the animated show, like the animated TV it's show. A good show. It's a damn good, good show. Yeah. Well, it's the same. So the the animated show was voiced by Tim Daly, and when they did the Justice League cartoon, the the spin off, the Justice League show cartoon show they changed it to George Newboon, and he's the one who does the voice. So it's the same Superman voice from. The Justice League, um, what was it, five seasons that they had, I think? Yeah. I think it was five seasons. I, I tell you what, moments I liked in this too is when Park Kent and Park Kent saying to him, you can beat him, can't you, Clark? Like he's so confident, but people in people in Smallville are even, are even sort of going for the elite. And then also Lois in bed and she knows that he's going to go. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought the Lois one was actually really good. Good I, I really liked that because it, it, showed, it showed a little bit – my issue with Superman is always he's just so perfect. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? For, from my understanding, I'm sure in some comics he's not, but I think that was a nice moment. I'm like, oh, he, he's actually he, thinking he, about in this. In general, he's pretty perfect. <laughs> but No, no, but but, that, but that's, where, that's where you have to think hard and tell interesting stories like this. Sure. Yes. Yeah. It's not about where it's like, yes, people see him as perfect. People see him as boring. What happens when you've got these guys who come along who don't mm. – uh, have the same value for human life that you do or use their powers to to decide who lives and who dies uh, yeah that, that's when superman is at his most interesting he's not you know not 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 um trying to like 
not make him perfect, but how does he deal with situations when he's supposed to be perfect? Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there's the moral stuff, which I, I enjoyed that part of the comic. Yeah. I really uh, did enjoy that. The, 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 Superman's a funny one in that you can read a lot of mediocre Superman, but when he's done well with good writers, and there are plenty of good writers who've been on Superman, he, he really can be an interesting read. He's never my first choice. But he's he's a character that a good writer can do a lot with, and some writers who are really famous, like Denny O'Neill, were really intimidated by Superman and really felt like they didn't have story. You know, he, Denny really struggled with Superman, Rich, even though his Superman is really good. He couldn't mm. wait to get off the title. You know, he's not for everyone, not for every writer. Well, um, you might, yeah, because he's good, but he's probably like I can't think of stories every day. To, that was like, that was what Denny was saying. Guy. And Denny's and and back in the seventies, what's hilarious, Dion is in the modern version of Superman, he's actually been slightly depowered because back in the day, like in the fucking forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, he was just ridiculously powerful. Like there was almost. What do you mean depowered? Like how do they depower it? Well, just in wreck. Like literally, they did a storyline. It's so cheesy. They did a storyline where DC were like, he's too powerful, and they took away a third of his power. And it's like, even a third of his power, Superman's still pretty powerful. And yeah. then in the 80s, they rebooted the whole line in the mid-80s, mm-hmm. and they made him less less powerful, still very put powerful. It, okay, put it this way. Back in the day, Superman had whatever power he needed. Yeah, it was like, yeah. He's got super... Yeah, you, you just, I've just got a thought now. Um just go back to the original, like we spoke about three hours ago, with rebooting series. Richard, why don't they just do a run and then wait a few years and then reboot the run instead of churning it out all the time? So, you know, do a run of Superman in the 40s and 50s, he's super powered, and then reboot him with less power in the 80s or, six or you know, 70s. Give it mm. like five or six years between. Because then even for a casual reader like me, I know I can just start this series. It's got to start. I don't have to worry about the rest of it. Because they want, they want, to, they need to have product in the stores every week. There, basically, like it's. Look, it's it's yeah. tricky because um, if the, the ideally is you want to have someone have a long run on a series, yeah. right? So, like uh, when they rebooted uh, or relaunched Green Lantern, Jeff Johns, the writer, had like a ten-year run on the book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you if you were successful enough to always pick the best writer, you could have like, oh, here's ten years of Batman under this writer. Here's ten years of Batman under this writer. Yes, but some writers have a poor run over there, maybe long run, mm. like Tom King. Mm. And then there's other writers who they're not working out, and so they replace them after like a year or something sure. like that. And and then you know maybe they they're struggling to find the and the writer, and so you almost go through ten years of like very up and down. Stories, but I mean, I think what they're chasing is that ideal thing of like having a long run where you can give the character to someone for like 10 years, mm. and that way you basically have a, a cohesive storyline for 10 years, and then you get to enjoy a different take or a slightly different take. But, or, or how does what, that guy come in and take over for the next 10 years? Well, that would, would you be agree, ideal. Rich, in this period of time, which was the late 90s into the 2000s, Superman was actually in a pretty damn good place. They had Joe Kelly and Jeff Loeb on action and Superman and they did a really good job and it was it was a good solid Oh like, Superman was yeah. pretty damn good up till yeah. New Fifty Two for sure. Yeah, it was they, they had a good run with Superman. They were in a real groove, Dion. Mm. Um and this so this was from a this was this was from in the middle of a very good run. Um but like recently they you won't know the name, but there's this guy Bendis who's a big 
was a big, big, big Marvel writer, and they lured him and like he'd done all this Marvel stuff, and then they lured him over to DC and to do Superman, and it was just mega fucking bland. And mm-hmm. and he basically, you know, after two years, is now gone, and now they have to pick the pieces up, don't they, Rich? And it's all like, you know, you can just almost see them just rearranging deck chairs of the Titanic kind of thing. Actually, Dion, if you if you want to have like some fun, mm-hmm. where it's not like thousands, thousands of issues, is what Dave's talking about in that period is read the Batman Superman book. Yeah, yeah, it's the team up of the two of them, and you get a lot of inner monologue between the two of them on how they work together, how different good. they are, yeah. and they have these... Um, yeah, some of the... Again, because... Jeff Loeb. It's good. Jeff Loeb's got some good stuff. Again, they are... Because it, it, it's it's um, mini-series. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You'll enjoy it because it's a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. It is a good series. It is See, good. I like graphic novels, I'll be honest. I, I yeah. don't mind the odd graphic novel. Well, the, no, this isn't a graphic novel, so this is a collection. Because yeah, it yeah, was no, a no, series, but what they would do is they would bring a, a writer on every now and again and just tell his story. He just takes the two characters and and pretty much does like um, comes up with a, a cool adventure or storyline that the two of them can go on. So it's yeah. almost like episodic in a sense. Yeah, but that's a really good read. If you like Batman and you want to maybe get into Superman a little bit more, because you will really enjoy that Superman Batman. It's really. I think there's pl- plenty of good. Tra- I think there's plenty of good trades that you could hand Dion, and he could read it that are quite enclosed. Do, do you know what I mean? Like the way they do comics, Dion, a lot of the time is although it feels like you have to read from 1940, you don't really like a, a, a normally a good trade. You'll be able to read, and it's relatively enclosed, and it will have, if not a definitive ending, it will have an ending for that story, and you will get some closure. There's a, there's there's definitely some decent ones. Um, but I, do, I recommend that because, one, he is a fan of Batman, but Batman, two, this yeah. might just give him a little bit more of a, um, appreciation for Superman. Because it's it, well-written it, Superman. It is. It is a, it, I, I, I second Richard's. Um, I would actually also recommend the City of Tomorrow trades that cover Jeff Loeb's and Joe Kelly's run, of which this is No, nah, I'm going to listen to Richard. I don't want your recommendations. Okay, well, it's, it's the same <laughs> fucking... It, it it's, the, it's the same time period, and it's one of the same authors that I'm recommending. No, I agree with Richard's recommendation. All right, so we've all given our scores on this. Now, finally, to wrap up this, like, seven-hour show, we'll quickly do Punisher. I'm not even sure what number it is. It's the checkout issue, uh, Chuck's one-shot with Punisher in a supermarket. This, for me, is, in terms of Punisher, I, I consider it a real highlight. Chuck Dixon was fantastic on Punisher. This was early on. It was one of his first issues on Punisher. Punisher in a supermarket, kind of diehard situation, killing some wildlife druggies. I love this issue. I love its black humour inside of it. Um, we'll go to Dion last, because I already know what he thinks. Um Rich, how are you on this one? Because you know what? Everyone knows I love my Punisher. For me, this is a 10 out of 10. It's one of my favourite issues of Punisher. Uh, Rich, where were you? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, it's it's a nice little um, standalone issue. Mm. You know, just uh, he's doing the grocery shopping and then uh, there's the hold up. It's the whole, like, you know, every almost every, like, cop show or mm-hmm. or, 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 or something has a, has a bank robbery episode <laughs> where one of them is caught in the bank or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's, it, it is, it is a little bit funny. It does have a bit of dark humor in it. And I'll be honest with you. I wasn't even sure if he ran off with the lobster, or the money at the end there. No, I wasn't. I, I think, think it was supposed to be the lobster. It was the lobster. Yeah. 
Yeah, but they didn't make that very clear. I, I think no. he deliber- <laughs> I think he deliberately left that open for the reader for a second, and then it was answered when he said that he he's bringing the lobster home for micro. But he didn't pay for it, so he literally is a thief. Yeah. Now. Well, one thing yeah, pun- look, one mean, thing Punisher will do is special about this issue. It's yeah. it's just a, a, a standalone fun Punisher kills people and and makes some jokes. I like it when he so, says, I, mean, I, 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 "I can't let these lice." Get in the way of where I shop, and you know the way he's talking about the way he's talking about them and stuff. Like I dug it. I also found it kind of comedic how stupid the robbers were. They were just like total. And, oh, they're probably high. Oh, very high. Although they weren't high, that was their problem. Remember, they'd run out of cash. They they didn't have any smoke, no dope. Yeah, nothing. no, no. But I'm but it caused damage, Dave. The oh yeah, that's centerpiece of use. Um, now finally we come to Dion, and I am dreading <laughs> this. Dion, remember <laughs> whose show you're on and how much I love <laughs> Punisher and Chuck Dixon before you comment, please. Now, what are your thoughts? Look, so, I mean, I don't really like the Punisher as a character. I never really have. I mean, it's Why? literally, well, lots of reasons, but mostly I find him a very simple character, like just black and white, uh, and I don't like, oh, the mafia killed my family, now I'm going to kill every criminal, and there's literally... He's, he's he's actually the opposite for what with Richard like like he just kills without even really d- d- even thinking about it. Yeah. So he's 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 kind of the other extreme. Mm. So I don't I don't like extremes is what we're really getting at here. Anyway, uh, I found this comic really boring. I found it um, as as I said to you, I'm like Rambo did it better. Um, I'm just like all right. So he got the story is literally a crazy fucking ex marine goes grocery shopping. Some druggies burst in, he steals a shotgun and kills them all, and then steals a lobster. That's the fucking comic, <laughs> right? That's what happened. Um, and for me, I was just like, what? Like, I'm like, there's no redemption arc. There's there's no arc, really, even in, the, in it. And I'm just like, like, there, there, was a, there was a beginning, middle, and end, I guess. But it was like, I don't know. It was just really simple. It was a bit too simple for me. That's all. Like, I thought it was it was uh, told well enough. So, hang on. So, I, I'll explain it to you in a term you'll understand. This is a filler issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it felt like it, it felt like filler issue. But see, that, to me, as it a It felt like, like an issue I would skip. It is, a, <laughs> it is a filler issue. But funnily enough, everyone knows I love my Punisher. For me, this spoke to the heart of Punisher. And I want to bring out one line here where he says, uh, sometimes having microchip is like having a wife. And then the bit where he goes, no, no, he's not. I remember having a wife, having a family. And he's like staring at the farm animals, like at the like it's 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 literally how hollow and burnt out Punisher is that attracts me to him, I think. Why did he take the farm animals? Um what was the significance of the farm animals? He was looking at, he's looking at them and he's thinking of his kids. Basically. Right, right, that's what I thought. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'll be honest, you, uh, last time I was on for the Christmas special, you had another Punisher seri- uh, uh, comic book. That was much better, the one where uh, there was like a hotel or something and he held people hostage. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, I think it was uh, from one of the holiday specials, yeah. Yeah, it was. that was much better. That was more like um, Die Hard. Yeah. But, oh, I have a quick question about Batman. Why the fuck was uh, the Men in Black in Batman in that issue? That was weird. In Superman? Yeah, in Superman, sorry. Uh, why just, the hell was the Men in Black in there? It was I super just, weird. I Obviously, just think, uh, it's, not, it's not, sorry, it's not, that's, that was, that's, a, uh, that's, so that's the, um, 
Was it like they a joke? have their own version of that, but I think the, they just did that as a joke it's just to a make joke. them look yeah. like J and and K. Right. I was just trying. I'm like, this is weird. Like, I really threw me as a casual reader. No, they're just no. they're just doing a bit of a joke. I think they have their own agencies that are similar to that. I think. Yeah, of course. Just a little. That was just a little um, Easter egg joke of just right. making them That's look what I like that. It was this one too. Back to the punch. Uh, yeah. So I found because like I don't like the punch as a character, but. At the same time, I get it, and I actually kind of like him killing the mafia and stuff. Yeah, uh, I, f- I found this issue just a bit bland. Okay. Because it's a filler issue, as Richard said, and I found it very much a filler issue. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I, I The reason I, I brought it into the rotation is not just because one of my favourites. I thought the simplicity of it might be attractive. Like Not to me. Okay, but you're always going on about how you want a very simple story, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, No, no, it's uh, not know. that I, I don't want a simple story. I want a well-told story. That's the difference. Well, this story was very well-told, in my opinion. But it was too simple, though. Like, it is like a simple I, story. It I is a simple write story. I could a story on half a page. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it is. It is. It is. I, but sometimes I find elegance and the simplicity. Yeah. For me, it's one of my favorites. I'm going like, to give it a 9.5. If, if, if this was a short story without any of the art. Mm. Nobody would like it. Like it wouldn't do well at all. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So 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 in this in this medium, it's okay. But I I just think I do think there's better comics. Oh, there's yeah. I mean, See, I like the Killing Joke. The Killing Joke's great. The Killing Joke's a good story told well. Has a bitty wheel in it. Yeah, different different format though. That's a prestige comic. This is a one shot in a monthly comic. Yeah, yeah, you know? of course. Different character too. Look, one thing Chuck always did, which I love, on top of the action of the Punisher, he wasn't afraid. Every now and then, you'd really get a sense that Frank was almost ready to put the gun in his mouth and blow his head off. You know? Yeah. Like he's he. It's a very nihilistic Punisher, um, which I like. I always found attractive. I like that that burnt out, just death in the eyes kind of style Punisher. Um, Rich, where were you out of 10 on this? Oh, it's a 7 out of 10. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. again, I, again, it's one of those things, as I said, like, it, it you got to know how to look at the comic that you're reading. Like, you know, um, th- this would be like, you know, you're watching your favourite TV show and then the one episode is just them. Mm. It doesn't tie into an overarching story. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that one sort of, like, not throwaway, but like like a bottle episode, a like a bottle episode. So, so yeah. the, my understanding with this comic though is somebody like Dave, who likes the Punisher, reads a lot of the Punisher, would like this sort of issue because he's bringing all that backstory into it. Do you know what I mean? So he's bringing uh, you're you're bringing all that story into this simple story uh, about his his life and backstory and well, all that. So that's what they would usually do for a filler issue. Okay, so yeah, which totally makes sense. A filler issue would just be like, oh, this would be a good jumping on point for someone because you get a little bit of the character and then you boom, the next issue you're on to the next storyline. Mm. Yeah, um, because back in the day, which they don't do so much these days. But back in the day, they used to take into account that someone might be picking up a comic for the first time. First time, yeah. Which is which is nice, and which is why I think, for me, I struggle with comics because issues like this, I'll I'll be like, I would have read this, and I would be like, I, like I know who the puncher is, obviously, but if I hadn't, I would be like, oh yeah, cool, and I wouldn't read the next the next comic after reading this. Mm. Um, you know, but oh, you might because you might read up and go, Jesus Christ, this guy just blew away three people in a. In a in a convenience store and ran off with a lobster, you might go. See, What's I that actually think I, that's true, Richard. That's true. I, I I think this. Funnily enough, I actually think this is a really good advertisement for Punisher. If I had to, if someone said to me, 
give me five comics of Punisher. This, it nails the character. For yeah, sure. that that's why I think it's such a good advertisement. Um, and you don't even see Micro, who's really his buddy. He gets yeah, mentioned. That, that threw me because I'm like, who the fuck? Yeah, is who's Micro? Micro? But now, that being said, obviously I figured out that obviously if I keep reading, I can find out, uh, which I liked. Out of ten, do you? Uh, probably six. Okay, well, I'll take a six. Jesus Christ, it was it was worse than that when you were talking on Facebook. Fuck. No, it, it wasn't so bad. Like I kind of, I, I didn't, I didn't hate the comic in that, in the mm. sense that you know I'm, I can't finish reading this. Mm. Um, and I liked that it was short. Um, but yeah, just just as a comic, I, as a story, I, I found it too simplistic. Fair enough, and it is a sim- it is a, it is a very simple storyline, which is part of the attraction for me. All and right. also, he stole a lobster, which means he's a fucking criminal. Uh, well, one thing about Punisher is he will Mate, also... Mate, that doesn't make him a criminal. He's just killed three yeah, people. Yeah, he, he will also... <laughs> one of Punisher's things is when, right? he, when he kills the druggies and stuff, he'll take their money to fund for the war. So he, yeah, yeah. you know, Punisher crosses a few lines, let's face yeah, it. But I'm saying, if he ever gets caught, I don't think he's worried about the, the lobster. No, no. But yeah. I, I liked I lo- I liked the nihilistic view that the Punisher does have and yeah. that he's willing to sacrifice his body for it. Yeah, um, I swear you've made me read an issue where he's like old or something and he can't walk properly or something. I don't know. And he's still going. Yeah, I think might, I might it have actually. like Batman. No, I might have yeah. given you, Dion, I may have given you the paper comic at some point in our friendship. There is an old man Frank one. where, where Yeah, maybe. Like yeah. Yeah. But the thing is different between Punisher and Batman, Richard, is that Batman actually is like does detective work, whereas I find Punisher just walks in and just. The Punisher actually mm, will act, Punisher no, will, act, Punisher will actually say, I hate detective work. He actually but he does, that. but he does do it though. The, he does oh, do it a little bit. Yeah. He has because he has to try and figure yeah. out shit. So I mean, he's no, he's not on the level of Batman. No, he's yeah, more of a cop <laughs> level, but he still has to do that because yeah. he's got to figure out where he, people he are. He does do a bit of it. He hates it, but he definitely does do it when he has to connect the dots to break down the drug dealers and all that kind of stuff. Man, when was Punisher made? What year? He debuted in about nineteen seventy four ish. So do you um, think Rambo was made off the Punisher? No, I can give you the story. So basically, Jerry Conway, who we've had on the show, created The Punisher. He was very inspired by, I believe, The Executioner, um, which was a very popular vigilante character in novels um, Mm -hmm. in the 70s especially. Um, And there was a big craze at the time, movies like Death Wish um, with Charles Bronson, and crime in New York was crazy, and vigilante justice was, was very much a popular fictional kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So he was very much born of that period, and he was like the soldier fighting a lonely war. Originally, a, a technically a villain, although a kind of misguided sort of henchman. Um, but then he was so popular that that Marvel kept putting him in comics. And then in the eighties, he really broke out when the, when they brought him in. They did a limited series in about nine eighty five six, and it was so popular and sold so much that they just greenlit the series straight away off that. So, yeah, cool. he, yeah, he came very much out of the, the Death Wish, uh, Mark Bolan Executioner uh, period. Oh, Mac Bolan, I think it is. But, yeah, no, it's um, it's cool stuff. Um, pre, I, I think Rambo First Blood, uh, obviously the movie came out in about 79-ish, but I think the book had been out for a while. I'm sure that was written in the 70s. Well, very good book if you haven't read it, First Blood. No, I haven't. Yeah, good I book. Good. I read it, in, I read it um, when I was at school. Uh, really good book, actually. The first blood, the first, the first book. Um, David Morell's the author. Now we're coming to the end of the show, Dion. I want to say thank you very much for coming on. You've actually been very, very good, and you are more than welcome to come on whenever you would like to, with Rich and myself, obviously. Oh. 
I'll think about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you, and <laughs> even when he says that, Richard, he goes, you know, he, I, I pay him a compliment and he almost makes me regret it. Um, <laughs> no, Dave, Dave, lay off, right? Yeah. It hurts when he thinks too hard, so he needs time <laughs> to think about it. Poor Dave. Um, That's right, Richie. That's right. Rich, as always, a pleasure. And uh, thank you, both of you, for putting up with some technical glitches this week. Uh, this week, Funnily enough, in, in our final like hour, it actually seems to have gotten a lot better. Um, I do want to say thank you to all the listeners. Uh, we have the Patreon, um, patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. One of the features of the Patreon is Cinema of Doom, and getting uh, a little Lord Dion to actually attend to Cinema of Doom is quite a chore in itself. I had to Wait, rope in Richard. We're, we're, we're going to do it. We can do it. We can do it. We when... can do it remote, mate. We... All right. Oh, there we. I, I don't like to do a cinema remote. I like when Dave we'll, comes. Like, we'll do cinema together. remote this time because because your mum's going to be coming over, so we'll do a remote cinema. But we did have Richard. Uh, you came on and we did a uh, uh, cinema of doom recently, didn't we? Yeah, he usurped me. He usurped you. That's uh, right. A couple of we- a couple of weeks ago. A couple yeah. of weeks ago, it was it action in the North Atlantic, wasn't it? Yeah. The, the the Humphrey Bogart. Gee, I wonder who picked that. <laughs> um, Dave, I've got your next pick. You should do that Superman movie that Richard told me I should watch. Oh come on! This is from the same guy who wouldn't stop complaining when I picked a Superman movie one oh, time. But that was a terrible Superman movie. Terrible. That was okay. Richard. The that death and so- return of Superman. It was, it was right. so bad, Richard. Which um, one was it? It was the death and return of Superman. Um. Oh yeah, that one is not great. I, we enjoyed it, but it wasn't. Cinema no, no, Doom it's not, it's not yeah. terrible, but yeah. it, it's it. That's the one where um uh the uh, the that Baldwin guy is doing the voice, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they cram too much. Like yeah. It, yeah. It, the, the the death and return. I think they did it better in the comics. in the most recent ones where they did it in a two parter. No, that was the one. That was the one we did. Yeah. That was the one we did. Oh, no, so because oh, they've done two different versions. Yeah, so the, the original. It's an older version. The, the the original one's I think called Doomsday. Um, and, oh yeah. And yes. then they did it in a two parter. But what they actually did was they put it together the two with a bit of extra footage. Um, but Dion hated it. Well, I'll put yeah. it this way: it's, it's better than the Doomsday one because the Doomsday yeah. one is very bland. Yeah, well, don't tell Dion that because he, you know, only serves his argument even more. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, that's that's the that's that that's it really for sure. I but, do want to say but this, thank- this next cinema is going to be great, guys. So you should totally sum up the Patreon so that yes. uh, you can hear my dulcet tones. And we're going to be doing Boondock Saints. My knocky voice. We're, do- we're doing you know Boondock Saints. Hang on. I thought you were going to say my adolescent voice. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Dion. Only sometimes, only sometimes. Um, we're doing Boondock Saints as well. Finally, Brian Biggie at Inner Demons is getting his choice. He's only been requesting it for about two years. Um, I also want to mention we're proud members of the collective. You've got people on there like Connor and Ray on Last Sons of Krypton. You've got Into the Night with Ray. You've got Capes and Lunatics with Phil and Charlie and Luth. Um, you've obviously... Got stuff like um, oh, Ghost Spider Groupies, uh, Tombs of Evil. There's lots of there's lots of stuff going on. Um, have I said Into the Night with Ray as well? That's yeah. that's a big one. There's there's a whole there's a hell of a lot of stuff. Um, but I, I love Inner Demons with the writer with Brian Biggie. I, I mean, I I always say, and we'll ask just before we go, Dion. You know the Ghost Rider, you know from the Nicolas Cage movies. Yes, and a ghostwriter. Okay, you know ghostwriter. You made me read one of his comics. I fucking love the writer. Now, we have a debate on Signal, and a debate with uh, Brian Biggie, one of our, you know, um, biggest supporters. I always say the writer out there on the open road, Dion, feels like freedom. But other people say it's a curse. What do you say? Well, 
well. I don't know the character that well. Come on. But uh, it's 100% a curse. Jesus, Dion. Like, like he's literally a flaming skull. But he's he running around solo, man, just dispatching. But he can't die, right? I don't think so, no. Yeah, but, that's the... But, but <laughs> Dave, can, can I just point something out to you, right? <laughs> yes. You do know that it's not you when you're the Ghost Rider. Oh. Uh. You know that the Ghost Rider <laughs> is a separate entity. Not really. I bet you sort of you as well, though, isn't it? Like, if I no, was the rider. Basic, no, you take a back seat, man. Like, the ghost rider uh, becomes. No, I want to be the rider, man. I want to be the rider. I like the yeah, rider. Yeah, no, but wait. Yeah, so just reading the Wikipedia, because obviously. Uh, yeah, so you actually you give your soul to Satan, and so the ghost. Yeah, so you're a demon when you're the ghost rider. <sighs> yeah, there's a demon that takes Zathras or something, his name is. Listen, uh, he's asked every single person, and pretty much no one agrees with him. Okay? Yeah, because. So He's just trying to find one. Well, what did Jay so Let me let me ask this then. Do you feel that when you're when you've been, your body's been taken over by an entity uh, and you have no control, okay, do you feel I, that's I, freedom? No, what I, uh, James DeMatteis slightly supported my view. Half. He, he gave you a pity half agreement. Yeah, but I'll but take that. No. I'll take that pity half agreement <laughs> no, from James. No, no, explain your argument. Why is it freedom? Out there Why on do you the feel open, Out there on the open road. But you're not. Out there on the open road, driving around, no attachments, nothing, man, okay. just, just I'll roving. I'll give you this. The demon has freedom. The demon has freedom. The actual yes. ghost rider is imprisoned inside his own body and mind. That's pretty so much what JM no said. He said the riders, the, he said the demon's having a great time. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Maybe I want to be the demon. And, here, and here's the thing, Dave. You just <laughs> want to ride out there. What freedom? When you're in your human form, you still need money to pay for food, for eating, I really like the demon, more, the more I think about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to be in the demon part. Well, keep serving the Dark Lord, Dave. Um, well, you know, you know Ghost Rider? That's what you look like if you do Frenzied Flame in Elden Ring. Your head looks really similar. Oh, really? That's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, Did you finish that ending as well, um, Rich, where you get the Burning World? Oh, I haven't done that one yet. Yeah, what Dan's done It looks like the Ghost Rider. It looks more like a, a pumpkin. No. Yeah, well, it's got the like the flames, and it looks like a, it looks like a portal, really. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. It looks like a portal. Uh, it's it a does, weird ending. It looks a little bit like a, a much rounded version of the Eye of Sauron. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Um, what was your favorite ending, Richard? Uh none of them. Oh, interesting. I like Rani. Rani was my favorite ending. Well, I mean, I feel like they're all bad endings at the end of the day. Yeah, oh, me being Elden Lord was a good ending, I thought. No, me. but the thing is, when, <laughs> if you choose Elden Lord, though, you're basically just, um, uh, you're just, like, perpetuating. And yes. You, you, like, you're just creating a new problem or no. sustaining an old problem. Then, obviously, if you choose the ending of the world, you like, you're fucking destroying the world. And then the Rhiny one, I don't know. I don't trust the bitch, so. Ah, so interesting. Um, well, I've, I've uh, got a bit. I've got a bit of gameplay before I have to make those decisions, guys. Jesus. No, you got a lot of gameplay. Yeah, no. you got a lot of gameplay. Mate. Well, I, I've I've got yeah. I think I've got like 160 hours of it on on the gameplay. That's about how many I did in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That's roughly. <laughs> it is. Ima imagine if you had taken that and played a good game like Elden Ring. Yeah, um, but but Dave, I just want to point out he finished the game three times or four times in that news. Only finished it three, once. Three in that I did the expansion pack as well, Richard. Thank you. Excuse I'm me. I'm just Richard, saying that's one playthrough yeah, of yeah. hundred. Richard, three times with two different characters. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, look, guys. Thanks so much, and I want to say thank you to all the audience and good night. Good night. Good night.